Hey, everybody. Before we start the podcast, I just wanted to let everybody know that Reggie will not be on the show tonight. Uh, He had a major problem with his heart this past week and is in the hospital. He got rushed and flown for emergency surgery on his heart. Uh, He is up and down. Uh, The last bit of news that I've heard is positive, very positive, but there's always this little bit. uh, He'll laugh when he hears this, but it's like MC Scat Cat. It's, you know, two steps forward, two steps back at this point. And I just want everybody to, you know, if you're listening to this, if you're part of the Get Fresh Coop, beep boop, uh, send out some vibes, good vibes to them. Uh, If you pray, then pray. If you cross your fingers, if you do whatever you do when you want to, you know, get somebody some good luck who deserves it because he really does. Uh, Reggie is is a brother to me and Eric. Uh, He has been since way back after he fought with my wife on Twitter and started calling and starting writing into the podcast, pretty much yelling and screaming about how it sounded like crap. And finally, uh, usually I end up, uh, you know, ignoring people like that or fighting with them. Uh, You, anybody out there, you might be one of the people that I fought with in the past, but I ended up uh, talking to Reggie and then we became friends and it, it, it was a crazy deal. And this is way back, and I, I don't think, you know, I, I think that the podcast would still be going on if Reggie wouldn't have written in or ever listened to it, but I don't think it would have been as good, and there definitely wouldn't have been the Get Fresh crew because Reggie was the first one who kind of opened my eyes to actually become friends with people, and uh, because of that, you know, he really helped me and help this podcast and help everybody that's listening become part of this family that is the get fresh crew and i do think of it as a family so please you know our brother reggie's he's having some problems right now and please just you know take some time to think about him and stuff like that and he'll he'll be back though i know he'll be back and when he comes back we'll we'll have a big big podcast celebration thing and and we'll make fun of him and he'll probably yell at us for being upset about him but you know just send him out some love and uh we'll talk to him soon but we're going to get on with the podcast and believe me even when he hears us talk about his books tonight you know me and eric are joking around and stuff like that it, it's sad for him not to be here. So uh, enjoy the podcast. And again, just please send Reggie out some good vibes because he needs them right now. You can do it what you do. Cuts for the Get Fresh crew. You review the books. Get shaved and dirty looks. Now that wrong turn, just say poo-poo. Poo-poo. Who's looking to talk about some DC comics with all you fine people out there tonight? I am. I am. America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Werner. And this is episode number 229 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Ah, uh, yes. We're almost at 2.30, which I would almost. say would be a milestone. Well, you'd be Eric, wrong. You're, yeah, I would be. Yes. <laughs> so welcome to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Uh, we have a longer show uh, for you tonight. I would say from last week. Last week, there was not my books. We got a little more books. Uh, I do want to give the shout out. I have a little thing before we got on tonight, giving everybody an update on Reggie. But I do want to say that if you want to... 
call or record something is mainly what you need to do. If you want to record something, a little shout out to Reggie so he'll be able to hear that, uh, send it over to Weird Science dccomics at gmail.com we have a couple tonight that people had asked if they can be but i also had some other people asking about next week i think that i'll have it on the show but with that you can uh, support us by going to our site as we say but also our patreon account which is patreon.com slash weird science why i say that in conjunction with the shout outs is next week it is going to be Patreon only. If you are annuals not on the Patreon, Patreon only week, yeah, it is an annuals week. So the entire show will be on Patreon, and you have to join up to listen to it. And it's a big, it's a it's big, a big one. Yeah, you got a lot of big books, so hopefully you'll want to get in. Now, I will give you the little shout out here is by the time the podcast comes out, it will be June. And then if you want to get on to it, then you just join up and you will not be charged right away. We don't charge right away. And you'll have the whole month of June as a free trial. If you quit out before July, you will never get charged. Hopefully you'll like what you hear and we'll need more, I think so. more, more. And one of the things that you would get is the DC Comics Patreon Spotlight that comes out every Thursday. It's the Patreon exclusive spotlight. And this week it was Flash number 71 and the Silencer number 17, the penultimate issue of that series and a series that has been pretty much solid, Eric, on on the Patreon account. Yeah, and it's been picked by the badass uh, crew, the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, Beep, boop. You know, almost every time that it's on. So speaking of them, Eric, if you do become a badass, then you get to be on the badass roll call. Here we go. I can't oh, hear it, Eric. Yeah. I'm having problems no, with good. my Keep system. Going. Is it on yet? Is oh, it's this on. on? Is this on? Why we have yelling? Ken Halleck, Francisco L. Rock, because I can't hear. Christian Falls, Lady <laughs> Abby, Matches Balone, John Jack, Nick Adams, Mark Jagger, T. Funk, Josh Ramillion, Aldrin Stoja, all new. Dave, Mark, Batman Beyond Mark. I'm having problems, Eric. David Fink, Manship, Brandy Murray, Bobby Bain, Reggie Hancock, Speedy Saunders, Dave J, Andrew and Belfast, Comic Boom Rocky, D-Man 3000, Ryan Reading, Carlos Segui, Ian, Chester McJerk, Brian King, Jolly Drew, My Man Pete from NYC, Polly P, Right Said Fred, Too Sexy for Eric, Eric G, Cellar Dweller, Luis, who we'll hear from later, Ulysses Jones, Akeem, Double A Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, our man, Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf, Marvin, Ruben. Ruben. Is, this, is it still going, Eric? You made it, I baby. Here. You made it. I made it. I did it. I did it. And I helped. It's shaking bacon. I helped, Eric. Oh, my. Good? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. But yeah, just again, next week, it's pretty low. I know. Pretty low, Jim. But pretty yeah, low, it's annuals Jim. week, and every pretty single low. annuals week is a Patreon only show. I believe the next one comes up in like July. So I we're going to so. have a couple in a row. Uh, so that's pretty Give cool. Give them back yeah. to our patrons. Yeah, and we have fun. It's pretty much the same podcast that you'll get. We, you know, we try to stretch our legs, Eric. Stretch our legs, we do. But there's yes, not the a ton, legs. There's not a ton of books. I'm kicking. I'm trying to hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why did I have to use all these phone books to get up to this desk, Mama? 
is what I say. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have that podcast going on. So if you want to get involved, go over to the Patreon. But we're not going to waste any more time here. We're going to mm-hmm. go off right now to the books. And it's time for Jim and Eric's reviews. Oh Here my. we are getting ready to do some stuff. We're recording a little different. It's driving me nuts already. It's two <laughs> seconds in. My mic is broken, so all it can do is actually record my melodious tones, Eric. You like that? Do you like that? You like that? I'm telling you, things are delayed in my ears. I can't hear myself, which drives me nuts. Uh, yes, but uh, I can actually, luckily I can hear myself bleed through to your track. That's always great. Oh yeah. It's the greatest thing ever. I hear myself a second behind what I'm saying. It's awful. Awful. But we're here to talk comic books that aren't exactly awful tonight. Last week, we had a very positive week. I don't think it's as positive. Yeah, you even said people were telling (laughs) you in the chat that it was way more positive than they'd ever thought. And we kind of mentioned that. You you responded something. I forget who was saying stuff. I don't recall any of this. I think uh, you're full of... We were negative, Jim. We're always negative. No, we are not. And if you want to read our reviews and other people's reviews, you can go over to our website weirdsciencedccomics.com read all those reviews and even more than what we're talking about tonight but we're going to start with what usually we start with at this point is detective comics and uh it seems as if with this batman stuff with tom king all that going down uh detective comics probably will be reverting to once a month again as well as all of them they said all of them will it just is a timing issue they announced they will all go back to that but there's some sort of other announcements to go. But DC did say this would happen. Uh, So when we get to that, I I even said in the Slack, sometimes with these books, just having them every other week, it doesn't matter if they're good, bad, and different. You just kind of get sick of seeing them pop up every two weeks (laughs) and reviewing them and talking about them. And so I think that that will make us, you know, kind of, Get us a little excited for some of these as well. Now we're going to start with Detective Comics number 1004. Can't say that I'm very excited about this book anymore. I'm Why really not? not. I'm really not. Uh, written by Peter J. Tomasi. Art by Brad Walker, Andrew Hennessy, Nathan Fairbairn, and Rob Lay. Out, uh, after the Out of Nowhere reveal of Astrid Arkham as the Arkham Knight, I figured the real mystery was who she is and why she's doing what she is doing. Well, Obviously. we're pretty much given that stuff this issue and it's thrown right in our laps. So that isn't the mystery. It's 
just told to us. There's no a mystery needs to be something that unfolds. Oh, y- I thought y- you're talking about the idea of a mystery. I'm telling you, the whole thing with the mystery aspect was who is the Arkham Knight, and when we found out last issue that like okay, it's no. Astrid Arkham. We don't know this character now. The rest of the story is we're going to find out who she is and why she's doing this. I don't consider that a mystery at that point. That's like okay, it's time to find out who this new but character is. We found is. that out. I'm telling you, but this was made out to be a mystery. What's the mystery now? The mystery was who it is. It was revealed, and then the yes. next issue in one page why she's doing it and and all of that stuff. That, to me, was going to be the mystery of trying to figure out why she is so triggered to do this against Batman. We're told. We're told right through this, through narration. Uh, it, it really threw me off a little. But uh, it's also the a timeline of these events uh, upset That is me. the and hardest part. I don't think it's the hardest part. To me, the hardest part is Batman looks like a real jerk. I mean, hundred percent jerk throughout this, and is to me this combined with the regular Tom King book or whatever. I don't know what our Batman has gone to because pretty much I'll even say what it is. Uh, somebody died here. There was a riot at Arkham. He he left the scene without even going back and talking to Jeremiah Arkham and seeing if everybody was okay. He left. There, he, there is no any sort of clue that he ever even went back in Arkham to see if anything was okay or he would have seen what had gone on. Didn't. He just left. And I know it's for the story, but to me, that that's just ridiculous. See, I don't These know. People- this, this early on, this whole right from the get-go, the whole timeline of events where we have an Astrid Arkham who's around – I don't know, 15, 16 years old. Whatever you want to go with. We had to make some hard choices yeah. when the New 52 happened and find out that all of this stuff happened within the five years. Somehow we have four Robins within that time and a Damian Wayne who's, you know, 10 years old, nine years old at that point. It never quite made sense. I guess we're going to have to open up for this whole idea of Ash Darkham where she's 15, 16 years old. And for whatever reason, within that timeline, before she's born, we have all of Batman's rogues already yeah. set out in Arkham, already there. including already Harley in Arkham. Quinn, Joker. Yeah, all makes this, no and, sense. But this idea, though, where Batman, there is a riot in Arkham. Everybody's breaking out. And Batman has left the scene to go after the other escapees who have left the grounds. He's got Batman to do. At this point in his career, he would be this urban legend who is not just walking around announcing himself to everybody and stuff like that. So no, I don't they have knew a problem him, though. with that. There is a, he's not. He is announcing himself. They all know who it is. There's batarangs going around and things like that. He's fully out announcing himself. And with that, he goes to get these escaped prisoners from Arkham. He's not going back with them to Arkham. That's where he would go back. So why is he sure talking? I'm sure he turned them over. Why isn't he talking? But you're saying that he – who would he turn him over to if he's not involved that much as you're saying? I, I imagine would, be, they're hung upside down outside the front gates yeah, of Arkham. I, I don't get that. I would think that he would go back to Arkham and, and ask if everything was okay. He never goes back. He never – and uh, all these years, them 15 years through this, not one of these villains, nothing has been said to him about this little girl that was born while they think he was involved. I, I think it's complete and utter rubbish, that it's just garbage, that it, it, it this doesn't make any sense timeline. And the idea that you're just going to throw in – Batman had to go chase some people. That's why he never found out anything about this for 15 years. And he's to blame. And then Jeremiah Arkham is as well because he lets, you know, Astrid think Astrid it was Batman's believe fault. believe it was Batman who killed her mother. But really, he kind of is. He went there. He's throwing, you know, batarangs around. They're just laying around. People are picking them up, throwing them. Uh, again, it doesn't spell out that this is the beginning of his career, which is a no. – 
you can go by that because of the rogues and things like that. But I think that this is fully playing out with Jeremiah talking that Batman's well on his way to being a career. It doesn't make sense with what, how no, old like Astrid said, the, is. The, the timeline in my mind is the biggest problem with that. But even with the idea of the timeline, like that's not something I'm ever going to be able to reconcile with myself because just none of it adds up for what we're dealing with right now. Even though it would add up to the older continuity and stuff like that for how long Batman had been like, in my mind, Batman had been before the uh, flashpoint happened probably around 16 years i think for like a thing Man. but for all of these villains at this point for how old astrid is it's to the already same get, as it's jokes and riddles again yes exactly is, is what it, it just, is that'll never be able to play but when we get into the whole astrid arkham idea where she is born she's pretty much raised in on the grounds of arkham asylum because her father is jeremiah arkham he's running the show he has nobody else so she is he's keeping her pretty much pretty close here to where he is I like seeing the softer side of Arkham. I don't know why. The idea yeah, I, that I don't mind it. I think it's a little bit. I, it's so forced that it's, Joker it's would whole, be there. That that they would all go back to their cells. No, it's no, nice that, to think that. But it, it, it is it's, nice to think that the whole idea, though, that everybody is already here. That what seems to be ever part of the Batman's Rogues Gallery. Like I want to know, like you know, where are these like Victor Zaz kind of people coming in who like aren't going to just be okay with a little girl like everybody else seems to be. Like there's going to be new people coming in that might not want to follow the program. Like look, you you better not touch this little. girl girl or something things or some bad stuff's gonna happen to you it's just everybody no. is down with astrid arkham and i'm like i needed there to be a little bit more something to that idea where she has complete control over all of these inmates but her growing up in arkham i'm telling you this whole juxtaposition where we have the good guys versus the bad guys batman the dark knight versus the the, the crazies of arkham asylum and then we see through the eyes of a little girl who believes this Big bad Batman is the villain while she's all around us being taken care of by her friends and pretty much her family. These people inside Arkham Asylum who are the, I like, that's a cool way to flip everything on its head for what we know of Arkham it's Asylum. It's okay. It's the, the thing that I got that, that is, again, to me, there's a couple of forced things. You're forcing the idea of Batman having to leave to chase people down. There, I mean, who is he chasing down? You have the biggest rogues that are just kind of sitting there. He's just chasing regular people. That's forced to get him out so he doesn't see what's going on. Uh, then as you go on, it, it's just, you know, forced where she ends up seeing this, you know, the video that only shows the Batarang. So there's right. that. But it's all, all this is forced. And even the idea that she's living in an, ins- you know, an insane asylum that now appears to have no other doctors or nurses <laughs> involved she's just walking around <laughs> again everything forced so that batman could not know about her at all for 15 years you would think that maybe poison ivy would bring it up you see all the people involved now maybe they wouldn't but it just to me is everything here is just forced to have her be mad at batman and batman not know anything about her even to the fact that it looks like she only found out about batman when she was like 13 14 so she's been raised for years and years and years until she even goes to look she looks like an older girl when she's looking at the videos uh so you know and then she starts training to eventually go against batman but in this you're waiting for joker to say something that shows that well, he is not quite as good as he thinks and things like that but, but you that's never kind get of that. pushed you aside. get the softer side the sears here this entire but time i don't for- even get the sears because even later when you have damien in arkham she she's not letting him out of the cells and stuff 
they're screaming and yelling. That doesn't seem to to fit as well here. I, I don't know. It's just everything here is just thrown at you. Now, my and biggest I thought problem, it was so forced. Besides for like we talked about the timeline already, but the idea where she is this Arkham Knight, she has decided she's going to put on this whole crusade against, you know, what she believes to be the evil of the world. It's the man who killed her mother for all she knows. But where do we get to the idea where she knows Batman's utilities, like his, his costume, the I armor guess that's that you're supposed to know because of the villains that had come in and they would have filled her they're in. Not, like, they're hey. not doing that stuff. I don't, I don't yeah, see no, the I'm villains saying that they would say like, stuff. no, not make. I think she made it with the yeah. stuff, I guess. But uh, no, I'm saying that she's like, well, when you throw this, did that go into that? And they're like, no, no, it bounced off. And then she's trying to figure it out. I bet you you'll even see that things are left behind. She ended up probably looking at those batarangs and assuming that these were something that if she can figure out something to get into that, I don't know. I don't know. To me, everything was forced. Everything was forced just to make here is Astrid who's pissed and here is Batman who knows nothing about it. But this is the same thing that I said, uh, you know, and we'll say next week again, probably in the Heroes in Crisis. I hate a Batman story where the only way you can set up a mystery or set up something like that is to make Batman be an idiot. And so it's Court of the Owls again. I mean, how many things does Batman have go on where he is oblivious to it? He goes to the sanctuary. Well, I'm saying so do I. But the whole concept of him not knowing anything about it is then you have League of Assassins. Oh, I I don't know anything. League of Shadows. Yeah. And all that. But yeah, the League of Shadows. So why do they have to set these up where it, it seems like Batman since Rebirth especially what does he do? He doesn't know anything. He has no idea what's going on. And that's why I don't like the setup of the story. Because again, you have to assume Batman's kind of a guy who just looks the other way, doesn't look into things, doesn't prepare, doesn't look. And so that's the setup because I would think by now he would have heard something, seen something, done something to see that there's a little girl running around, you know, Arkham Asylum. It's a place that he's gone in and out of. Then you kind of, then you kind of sit there and think well what's going on with bane and the batman but but you can't do that you, you <laughs> it just... turns out bane loves that little astrid as well she can yeah. go do what she likes in her bane yeah, everybody just, loves like little I astrid said, i i hate when a mystery in a batman book is set up with batman looking like he just doesn't know what's going on anymore and so that that's one of the things but other than that i mean we can talk a little there's not much to this issue you're well, just basically too, getting the have... background yeah, the whole background where Jeremiah Arkham is explaining the Batman and Robin, who his daughter is and how she came to be one. She he talks about his, you know, his love, Ingrid Carlson, who wasn't like, you know, a doctor going around. And she yeah. was so compassionate that all the inmates of Arkham Asylum loved her so much. And I like this idea too, where you I like have the these, idea. these killers, these madmen, these just despicable human beings and monsters. And the idea that, like, you know, we're always talking about Batman makes his own villains because he does the most horrible things to these people and just throws them inside this asylum. Like, what makes the monsters? Is, is it society? Is it him? Is it institutionalization? When you see you give them a little compassion like Ingrid does, her mother, Astrid's mother, they are pretty decent people to the point where they are going to protect their, her daughter. Which I'm sure some people, lives. it drives them nuts because <laughs> I, it's really cut and dry uh, with that. You have some guys in this that are just completely insane that this would not be something like that. But uh, I can go with it. I could go with liking that part. Um, but yeah, just other than that, though, I, I really think that. But it's so it's forced really, in that timeline. 
It's just forced with the timeline. Plus, you know, before we go, I mean, what else do we need to know about in the story? I mean, what what are you looking for with this to continue the, this story? Uh, just you personally. Personally looking forward, like going forward with this whole story, I'm going to need to see like the whole realization. Because not even with that, the cult factor of the story is the weirdest part for me for how she has these uh, Knights of the Sun. The whole idea of like exposing the truth and like not being shaded in darkness anymore like Batman lies because that's where the evil lies in her mind yeah she does talk you know while jo- uncle joker is reading her bedtime story and stuff like that which is completely like you know he's reading the princess bride like you brought up to me earlier in the week but the yeah. idea where she doesn't want to be the princess story she wants to be the knight because she is going to be the hero of her yeah, own like story that. but how does that go from all right i want to be the hero of my own story arkham asylum is my castle too I'm going to have a lot of of people under my watch who are going to go blind for some reason for what I want to do. And I'm if people do, like don't do what I ask, I'm going to have other people no. kill them. Like it gets really dark to the point, like, you know, for what we've seen already to like, I don't know how you justify this for the yeah. character that you want to be this, this being of good and truth and light. I'm like, you've gone a little bit too dark already, Ashton. So I need a little bit more background on this cult atmosphere okay. that she's already created. That, and that's the thing I forgot to mention in my blurb. Penultimate issue, Eric. It ends next oh my issue. God. Yeah. So that's <laughs> I, just set, I just set you up. That, that's all I was doing because this is what I'm saying is we're we're taking this whole issue that seems to just be to justify why Batman doesn't know and why she's upset. It ends next issue. It's oh over. The, the story's over. <laughs> and I know that we can't – you can't rate this or judge this story based on – that idea, you know what I mean? As you're reading, you can't, you can, but you can't. We're we're rating it as one issue, but it's yeah. all over next issue. And this is my thing too, is what I said at the in my blurb. If I finished, because we started talking, I don't even know um, if you did. <laughs> I don't know if I did. I said still there are parts I liked for the story, uh, but it seemed to be pushed as a huge thing, and it's not ending up so big. And why I say it's pushed as a huge thing, I mean it was part of the Detective Comics 1000. Yeah. So this is pushed as the big bad story here it's only four issues and it's ending next issue and that i think that we're like basically where's the fireworks factory because not only are we not getting there i don't even well, know the if we're sphere in the of same lights state. coming you know the sphere yeah. of light because that goes so with basically everything we've talked at, about. at the end it's just looks like it's going to be set up for batman to come down start fighting her now again i think that maybe She'll be thrown in Arkham. I don't know that she's insane, but maybe. No, no, no. Look, the idea that she can look upon the city and envision her castle. Eh, That's just imagination. eh, That's like an Eric Shea. Exactly. If people dove deep into my mind, they might lock me Eh, up too. I don't know for certain, but the idea that she is going around in this cult fashion like this, almost like a brother blood for what she believes in. She's getting locked up at the end of this for what she believes in. I'm saying locked up, but is it Blackgate or is it Arkham? no, oh, this is Arkham as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, she well, is a Looney Tune. And is it one of those things that uh, the best part of this near the end is what I was telling you? And and this is funny. This whole story is kind of funny to me and you because I was saying a month ago or so that I wish that somebody would have a story that really shows that Batman has screwed up Arkham Asylum and really <laughs> made it this crazy place and somebody come and reform it and things like that. There is bits to that here. Yeah. And there is bits, especially with the idea of, hey, if you're nice to these people, prisoners maybe they won't be so bad or at least they can have their time in arkham and not just be angry you know brutes and and it's there's actually healing to be involved that yes. you just need to respect them a little and they'll respect you and I maybe like learn aspect. from that i love that aspect i told you when it this first came in 
and I started reading it, I only got like halfway. And actually, yeah. I only got to the part, exactly the page of The Princess Bride reading right. to Joker. Up until then, I will tell you that I did like this. I did like the idea. Yeah, the timeline was off, but I liked the idea that there was somebody. And I could go with this almost Look, we, being- we all made compromise in the New 52. We can make some compromises here for the timeline if we and need yeah, to and, at this point. And I'm telling you, I would have even liked it maybe a little better if this wasn't told from Jeremiah's point of view. I, it was told through Astrid so we could even have that little mystery of, is she seeing things right? Because oh, she's kind a of little, like, like you said, the Looney idea of the tunes. Joker's daughter when she was first introduced, yeah. Roy. You know, she's telling the story and we're seeing different things happen yeah. within that from what she's telling yeah, because I, I would have liked that probably. Rocker. But yeah, uh, the whole thing is basically the villain is Jeremiah because when this Batarang did get through Clayface and, and go saw in, it on the video. and Astrid saw it on the video, he went with that because oh, he yeah, said. Did and, it. and the worst part of this is is the idea number one that Batman is kind of a you know frequent flyer here in Arkham, so he's going to be coming in and out. All Jeremiah had to say was. It was a guy who picked it up. It, it doesn't change the Don't narrative. Don't worry, baby girl. Solomon Grundy popped his head off. He, it's, I know. It's all good. I un- and I understand the idea that he says, listen, I just blamed you because then I am off the hook. And she can say it. I don't mean like off the hook. Uh, she could. It's, then she could say, well, why didn't you stop? I can't stop Batman. But it still could have been this other person. This whole thing wouldn't have went on. But he basically set up his daughter to just be obsessed with Batman because right. – even the other thing is there's a, one other loose end in this whole deal, and that's the guy who really did kill her mother who got his face smashed in by Solomon Grundy. <laughs> so that ends that. That's what I'm saying. Everything is forced in to just – Happen. See, that's the thing is, the things that are forced, I'm okay with to get to the story of Ashton Arkham and what drives her at this point. I need to know some more, but when we get to the end of the story and Batman is just knocking on a pipe, pulls the pipe off, finds a yeah. map of where Ashton, I'm like, now you get into a little bit of forced area here and then this shows yeah. up. I like and that the whole he's thing, like, the he goes over to the pipe. She has just way go. too much technology for what yeah. we're dealing with because, you know, half the time it looks like, you know, the Arkham Knights themselves, the, the the Knights of the Sun, it looks like their suits of armor are pretty much, you know, repurposed football gear half the yeah. time. But now yeah. we have this thing that may look like a bomb that's going to do something ridiculous. This idea of the sphere of light. I'm like, if we're doing – if I'm 15 years old and I'm playing make-believe like this and I have this whole – I'm not going to have anything more than a no. tennis ball inside this glass cube that I'm holding with these people who for yeah. some reason I've blinded because I'm a mad person. Here, there's only one little thing, one little thing that I think he's going with is the idea that he, uh, Jeremiah does say, yeah, she was going down the catacombs and found a bunch of treasures from our ancestors. <laughs> these must be it. She must have treasures from them that are just ridiculously and, and- advanced and can specifically go after Batman. There you go. And also, another thing, I don't know why Anton Arcane is here, even though I enjoy yeah. seeing him. There's no yeah, reason I in like my mind somebody, uh, an avatar of the rot here is in Arkham. Yeah. I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't like yeah, that. You said. got your unman. I, I like you seeing got the you, unman. That was cool because yeah. at the end, you do have Astrid go out, the Arkham Knight, and just said, you know, forward, Knights of the Sun, take your positions uh, to burn back the dark. You have Anton Arcane, who we haven't seen in a long while, create long his unman. You have a little bit of a thing, too, where it does spell 
spell out what you wanted to know about these other, you know, soldiers who don't have eyes. Their eyes were burned out, so they were blinded. So that was kind of a a nice thing that you were wondering about. Yeah, Dr. Phosphorus. I though. (laughs) I know. Well, you have Dr. Phosphorus, who is, you know, pretty darn cool. I always like seeing him. And then there's Batman and Robin show up for the big battle. Total Eclipse of the night, Eric. <laughs> and uh, y- you have that. And the art's great throughout. The art is, is stupendous. Even I, with those glass eyes of Damien yeah, and Batman, yeah. it's, it's still great. Yeah. And like I said, I usually, you know, complain about narration boxes. Boy, it's narration heavy, but it works oh, it out sure for is. that. Yeah. When, when somebody, yeah, when somebody is telling the story like that, and it's not this grand, you know, thing that we always get in JLD, which, you know, surprisingly, we don't actually get much of this week later yeah. on in the podcast. Um, I don't mind because I like the story. Yeah. It is kind of a shortcut to just go with it. Like I said, you, you get the idea why you're getting thrown in like okay the mystery is who it is here she is this is her backstory this is why she's doing it final fight there's just not Gosh, a lot of I room for it yeah that this there's was not a lot of room for now. it it's crazy um but yeah that's what we get but uh, because of all this i did like the art i'm still i'm going like a six five i can go as low as a six i'm gonna go positive six five I, I don't think I can go higher than that because of the force deal. I, I know a lot of people are flipping out. We're not really that upset about, no. say, a Joker, you know, being nice there, I'm or sorry, a Harley. Are, it's I mean, a the, nice, the nice little the thing. The nice things I have no problem with. It's the idea that they're there how many years yeah. ago. Um, no, I'm telling career. you, That's most of the people with. I see having a problem is the nice part. They're like, no way would Joker do something like that. I'm telling He's you. a complicated me, character. No, I'm saying Joker <laughs> might do that just on a whim. He yeah. he may just do that. I'm really shocked. It gets though. boring in Arkham. <laughs> I'm really shocked that it wasn't Joker or one of these villains who spelled it out and lied that it was Batman. And, you know, have Joker like that might have been bat. a good turn. He did that, and, and even so, they may not all know the truth. Even though Solomon Grundy went and just popped the head uh, of the guy, <laughs> but I, I actually would have liked it more than a Jeremiah. What does Batman do from here with Jeremiah? You know, he is Nothing. pretty much – I'm telling you, I think that he gets him arrested for child abuse. I mean, he's had a girl raised with free reign of Arkham Asylum just running around with the idea that she's training to take him down. It, it, it's just crazy. It, it really is crazy. I did like uh, – you have uh, Damien with a, a little joke, Eric. He, he had his joke there. <laughs> aren't, aren't we all upset at Batman at one point or the other? <laughs> I kind I actually – the thing is, I kind of like the idea that it even almost broke the, the fourth wall. Kind of looks, <laughs> looks at us. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. But yeah, six five. What would you give it? I'm ended up giving this a seven out of ten because I actually really had a fun time with the backstory of Ash Dark and with some force that, like I said, timeline you can't avoid that at this point. It's not going to make sense no matter what. But the ideas that it was you know giving me during the read, the idea of the compassion, the kind of the turn the Arkham Asylum stigma on its head and like you know show you a different side where Batman's the bad guy and these you know crazed lunatics are the good guys, the family members, the friends of this little girl in their life. I liked all of that, but. It's just not enough in this issue to really justify everything that it did because, you know, I can't go higher than a seven out of 10, even though I still really enjoyed these parts because there was a lot of forced things here. And I'm really, I'm really yeah. disappointed that you told me there's only one more issue nah. left. Yeah, it stinks. It stinks. But we're going to move on to the next book, which is one of yours. 
Action Comics number 1011, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Steve Epting, Brad Anderson, and Josh Reed. Superman and Lois have come face-to-face with Leviathan, so naturally, Lois wants to write a story about Spiral. Don't worry, though, it's because Tiger decided to give her all the info on the organization. Besides that, though, Kate Spencer is a wanted woman, and Amanda Waller escapes from the Fortress of Solitude. But Jim, uh, what what I want to know is, what happens tomorrow? What does happen tomorrow? Maybe Jimmy will get out of the fifth grade because, boy, <laughs> he's a, he looks young. He's a guy. I love where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm a veteran war photographer. I'm, what war? The war at last <laughs> the week's at recess? Yeah, you dodgeball in your last gym class? I mean, really, he looks like he's 13. Uh, I also laugh where I'd love it if, if uh, Tiger, he's like, this is all the stuff. It's all a spiral secrets. Here, take it. And then Lois gets it, and she's like, Clark, sh- should I release this? And he's like, really? You released all those confessionals from the sanctuary. Really? You're going to stop now? Like, really? You're hey, stopping Lois, now? Lois, remember, if you, if you can think back before Superman Reborn, remember when you revealed my identity to the world? Yeah, I'm telling you, this is her M.O. She's only there to ruin everyone's well, that's day. that's the thing. Is she, she only asks because she knows that Superman will never tell her no. That's true. That is true. She it's keeps a, her conscious I, clean. I'm telling you, I forgot about the secret identity. She she has no qualms you know about releasing doing. anything. Yeah, it, it, that is. That's like, you know, when you get the question from your wife or girlfriend or whatever, or boyfriend or husband, whatever, and it, it, you know that it, they're going to do it no matter what. It's like, really? It's when Tanya comes, she's like, I really want to paint the, the kitchen purple. Uh, you like that idea? Yeah, I better yeah, like that fine. idea because it's happening either way, and I have to just decide <laughs> so where, I, where I'm picking my battles, just like Jimmy. You know, Jimmy there. Yeah, Jimmy. For some reason, Jimmy picked his battle against Amanda Waller, though. I love he picked it against Amanda Waller. He's like, I don't know. I like I love that I, I picture all the characters, a lot of times written through the guy or girl writing them. I really think that Jimmy's just Brian Michael Bendis. Like, I don't know this thing they call the cloud. <laughs> you, you have a, a guy so who is based up. on tech and all this stuff. And he, he, he kind of says it in a way that he's not quite sure what this means. The cloud, they say. And I, I guess that's okay, Supermans, because you can fly up there and get it for me in you, the cloud. You want to talk about people not knowing things. I don't of nowhere in this continuity we have kate spencer living in metropolis and not only that yeah. this is the last time we saw her she was in seattle she, she was, was Oliver seattle. Queen's personal lawyer Hard with her traveling son there. heroes afterwards Ex- she was gonna be the lawyer she exactly was. and she was she represented him of course she even took like you know was this personal lawyer it seemed like after he got you know queen industries back but yeah. for some reason here she is in manhattan and it's like well, i'm not man i'm metropolis and in the last issue we saw that you know it looked like kate spencer wanted director bones of the deo and it turns out to be talia was she attacked talia. him trying to get in Information, but she was under disguise as Kate Spencer. So now Maggie Sawyer and the special crimes unit of Metropolis have broken in, and Maggie Sawyer, she wants to go after Kate Spencer here, but has no idea. Hey, you're under arrest, manhunter lady. Lady. Like, and then what? later she does end up saying then, okay, lady manhunter. I'm like, which <laughs> is it? Yeah. And then, hey, Kate Spencer, manhunter, do it's, not it's, run. I'm like, it's really? It's such a weird idea. To, like, I know we saw Kate Spencer, you know, a version of her, you know, tally under in disguise last issue. But yeah. to have Kate Spencer here in Metropolis for no explanation, no reason, the idea that she has been manhunter for some time that she can be called manhunter lady – but yeah. 
What happened to what we lady. had before lady. the Green Arrow series? What happened to her son who it Where's seemed like she was son? doing all this work for to make sure that he had a good life over and there again, in Seattle? And again, if we saw what's going on, maybe he's with relatives, maybe she's dead, but I don't know because I don't know. I, this is she's where I here. said before, this is where I said before where when you get these writers from different companies or just new writers in general, you're going to sit back and I think that Brian Michael Bendis, and I forget when I said this, how or what, what book we were talking about, but I really do think that he thinks that we're supposed to trust him 100%. I think I might have even said it during Young Justice. Might have. Where we keep seeing these things that are off of the continuity and and off of the reality that we're dealing with now. We're not talking in this being something like a, uh, you know, something from 15 years ago. We're like, well, why does she? She used to be left handed, not right handed. It's not like that. What we're doing is saying stuff like we even had when he calls Seattle Star City in the Man of Steel. He even has that that here in his little PDA at the beginning for his little cute thing yeah. he likes to put in there star city i'm like stop saying star city there and when no that star man of city steel right mini mini series yeah. we ended up having you know uh robinson, robinson good. good i believe yeah. showing up and saying yeah i'm from star city other that and we're like okay we can't trust you yet we don't no. know if you are messing up or you have something else uh up your sleeve as this is going on the only thing he seems to have up his sleeve is more continuity errors I think that this is all he does. And so with that, we don't care. Kate Spencer, you know, manhunter, manhunter lady. It seems funny when, <laughs> when it's said. But, yeah, where's the sun? Where, give us a little bit where if you're in the know, there's a little wink, wink that we see like, oh, man, yeah. this guy knows this stuff. Now, if she's and, come to Metropolis from all this time and it's become manhunter, which we didn't see her do that any time before in Green Arrow. That's cool because there are some manhunter Kate Spencer fans out there. So this whole thing where she comes out, takes on the entire special crime unit and then jumps out the window as man i'm like that's gonna be really cool for a lot of people who are into that character before who haven't yeah. gotten a lot of kate spencer but it doesn't really jive as well as brian michael bendis makes it feel like yeah. it should and 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 the, with this just this is a little bit of a spoiler later on you'll hear us talk about something in the batgirl book that is exactly what we're talking about but done right and you'll see how happy and impressed we are with that oh, so and, and oh yeah and that's it's something so little that yeah you can overlook that if you're not if you weren't reading the green arrow book you'll never even know that even happened uh but if you are reading all the books or most of them you like to see these synergistic things going on this little connective tissue and when we don't get it it, it's something that almost always 90 percent now it's brian michael bennis writing the book that we don't get it in and even it even continues with this with tiger exactly doesn't even sound anything like himself oh no but the the thing is even they even said the last issue when we presented the tiger the whole thing when you know Chaz and Andy which really went nowhere for this whole story but to get to Tiger here and find out that he is just an agent of Spiral when all before this ever since Grayson he's been the director of Spiral he is the the, like a I can't even think of the word because it was the matron. And so I guess it she, was he's the, the matron. Pa- he's the yeah, patron. the patron. <laughs> yeah, he is. Now, with that, it's funny because you bring that up. He's the patron of Spiral, not just a Spiral agent. And then Brian Michael Bendis goes one step further to go talk to Huntress, who was the matron yep. before Tiger and just says, you, you used to be part of Spiral, right? You were an agent. No, no, no. She ran 
the whole entire thing. There's always Tiger been problems with Tiger, though. The whole but... entire thing. But yes, since Rebirth started, you've gotten like, must be Spiral Reborn. Yeah, I'm telling but, you, but... T- Tiger has such a convoluted backstory because I'm telling you, he was an agent, then he was a double agent working for Checkmate. Yeah. And the next time you see well, him, he is the director of Spiral. And, Who knows what's going on with Tiger? What? He's been demoted, apparently. Well, what this is pointing out to us, and to me especially, and you, it should, if you're paying attention, Eric, is I have trouble. Brian Michael Bendis Pretty is poor. jumping on with all of these organizations and they're a wreck in the continuity because yeah. you have bones his deal has he been, be, he's no. been in out in out <laughs> in this actual rebirth storyline since supergirl uh, he, you out. say he's a skeleton i think he's made a teflon because nothing oh sticks my to god him. nothing does and the skeletons <laughs> in his closet are just more of him that is in charge of the do he's been kicked out of being the director of the do over and over <laughs> so and over. Many even times. even in this continuity in the supergirl book and, and the other continuity is the same continuity but i'm saying yeah. even since rebirth if you want to go with the Bat must Woman, be Superman Supergirl. reborn, all yeah. this, this was after that. He shouldn't be. So <laughs> all of these organizations where Brian Michael Bendis is trying to make this big story with all these organizations. And we're realizing that these things have been left alone and in shambles since, uh, you know, every time we see them, nobody knows what's going on. So I understand he's trying to make it work. And he's trying to make it work in ways, but you can do it different ways. You don't have to just completely go against stuff. Again, though, this is stuff that we have an issue with with Tiger. You can kind of get past that and have him just be a part of Spiral so that he can hand over – uh, the you intel. know the card. Yeah. I get, I get really scared later though. What when we have Guardian and I, oh, I the Golden really, Guardian, yeah, yeah. I, I really have a feeling that that might be Auto Nets. I, Maybe. I'm telling you, I'm telling I you have that. some weird ideas. We'll, we'll get, that we'll get to crazy. that point. So a lot of people just believe because I believe it's the same hospital as Sam Lane's, and that is just a question. But I don't believe that yeah. at all because I don't think he would leave Sam Lane's bedside even with the Wonder Twins either. showing up or not. But this whole thing though. This issue wants to be bigger than this because we have Leviathan rising. It should be a big deal because it's all leaving, leading to the Leviathan special and then event Leviathan and all yeah. this stuff. But we had all this strange kind of little bits of lead up. Because like, last issue, the whole idea was we got to become our like alter egos, Chaz and Andy. Adrian's has spiraled in order to get the tiger. Now we've gotten mm-hmm. the tiger that Chaz and Andy is just – getting rid of okay we got the intel from tiger hey perry i i'm calling you up because i have all the intel uh from spiral from the, the yeah. like agent you know this tiger over here what's your second source lois well i guess it's off to gotham because now i have to talk to huntress for my second source all we're yeah. doing is going from a b to c without yeah. really learning anything new about leviathan no, and, or anything with this, this except this for something- the bo- idea of the bodies is this anything in this? I, I know kind of you're just introducing Huntress in this, whatever, but is there anybody who's going to call out if, she, you know, Lois is like, hey, I have this card here with all this info and it, they went with it. You know what yeah. I mean? It just seems like, why are we going this next step? I mean, where was Lois's, uh, you know, second source? Was Superman the second well, source for the, the sanctuary no, no, that's, leak? That's this whole thing, too. This whole source where it's like, you know, like, Lois, do you have a second source with Intel? The, the Intel is the source itself to yeah. Perry, but like, he doesn't yeah. go with that. I'm like, what, how do you write this up, though, for your sources? I have Tiger, Agent of Spiral, and I have Huntress. 
Well, yeah. who's Huntress? I'm not allowed to tell you. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh. Like, yeah. how does that work? I mean, she could just be like, yeah, I just called somebody. There you go. You know, Lois, she fudges the, the numbers. Uh, but yeah, you, you end up, they go to Huntress again. And I think that this is Brian Michael Bennis kind of be like, well, they were the last two people that I see that were big in, in Spiral. So we'll just it's throw them out there. such a weird idea, there. though, for everything that we talked about with the idea of what Superman and Action Comics was going to be once Brian Michael Bennis took over, where Superman was going to be more of the Superman kind of thing. Well, Action Comics is going to be more of the Daily Planet. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're actually spending time to work on how a story would be told through a newspaper with your second source here when it doesn't matter overall to what we're dealing with yeah, with Leviathan. Yeah. It's yeah, such a weird yeah. idea. I'm like, I, you I are actually, patting this out, BMB. I, I am actually really shocked that they don't end up flying to Bloodhaven to talk to Rick Grayson. And then in one panel, he's just like, I don't remember. And then them leave <laughs> just so bad. Look, look, I, I did it. I did it, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, you end up where they end up going like, hey, uh, and, and here's the thing. How many people are going to talk even amongst themselves and themselves with the what? You left Amanda Waller alone at your house? Oh, no. It, we've already had that scene. They go flying back. And, that's and this where is we after find out. Leviathan yeah. has come back and taken Tiger back yeah, to wherever. Yeah, it looks like Tiger's where, wherever gone. Wherever people go when you blast them because that's the whole big idea of the conversation of this issue is that this blast goes off it's not an explosion it's more of an implosion but when everything is said and done whatever was there is no longer there there's no bodies it's not like people are dying and kind no, of like which the saw, question did ask follow exactly, the bodies the there bodies? isn't bodies yeah we, we kind of saw this though before it seemed like in the dc's uh years we did. ago in special we saw it with Batgirl. when Batgirl, exactly she yeah. was taken to some dark place and was talking to who we assume would be the actual Leviathan. very very reminiscent of what you know happened with tim drake and yeah. And, uh, you know, Mr. Oz and stuff like that way back in Detective. But uh, yeah. not only does Leviathan's Blast take away, you know, people, places, things, it also takes away curly hair and a beard on Superman yeah. when he is a part well, of that explosion because there's it. no Chaz no more. Well, and you don't understand right now is why there's such a delay in the story. Right now, Leviathan is interrogating that beard and that mustache. <laughs> he, he's not – nobody Look, said I'm Leviathan was – Smart. <laughs> Batman's not going to get this chance. Green Arrow's not going to. But beard and curly hair, I'm going to give you a chance beard, to change the world. Curly hair, listen to me. W- you and what's Batgirl. going on? What do you think? <laughs> this is a hairy situation, isn't it? He's, or he's not saying there. much, are you? I'm, I'm telling you, he's now wearing the curly hair and beard and dancing around wherever they are trying to pick up the men in the lake. It looks he, like he is kind of boring in that <laughs> void of darkness he's in. I'm a pretty boy. He's just dancing around with the beard on. It. He's like, hey, Batgirl, what do you think of this? This pretty good look? She's like, I really don't like it. Oh, uh, I, I guess, can you call me Chaz? Can you please? But yeah, I, now, I don't know. This whole thing, when we go back to the Fortress of Solitude, though, and find out that Amanda Waller has indeed escaped using one of the yeah. lifeboats that Batman keeps Batman there to get man. out of the you know the Bermuda Triangle Fortress that we have now. Amanda Waller, she's a big deal. But for some reason, the idea of her knocking out Jimmy, dismantling Kalex, and finding a lifeboat, a Batman lifeboat. It's a little above her pay grade is what and you're then, saying. And then disabling the tracker so Kalex can't even figure out where she is. I'm yeah. like – it's a little much there for all she, of Amanda Waller getting out of the fortress. She's a smart cookie, but she's more, she of a, she's more of a bureaucrat, though, to me. She's more of a person who plays the game, not yeah. somebody who can rig things. Now, again, I guess maybe she can, but it's maybe. a little above it's the a little deal. Much. Yeah, it, it is a little much. And Jimmy's just upset. 
he's, you know, he got knocked out. He feels bad, but he did say, well, I I basically just went up to her and said, I think that you're the Leviathan and took a picture of her. They're like, really? Why would you do that? I don't know. I I was in the wars. And he looks like he is 12. He looks 12. And, And he like, I love when he's like, uh, Chaz and he, he like peeks out. I'm like, what? What happened? Do you get? I want to get to this fortress because it obviously deages you, and I need that desperately. <laughs> desperately. Um, that my favorite part of this though actually is Jimmy, and I like when he's like, hey, it's such like a. You, you almost want him to kick the the ground and say, oh shucks, oh, shucks. every second, yeah, because he's <laughs> like, well, you know. uh I know that this isn't really your, you know, you have a secret identity. And, uh, you know, shucks. I, you you needed to tell me, somebody. You, you could, could trust me. You could tell me sometime. You could trust me. I mean, I just took a picture of Amanda Waller. It's in the cloud. Uh, Jimmy, and I to like protect that. you, that's the only reason I keep anything from you. I, I trust like you completely. It's Boy, so funny. you know, I really needed to hear that, Superman. Yeah, the, the best is where he's like, well, Jimmy, uh, the only reason that I don't tell you my secret identity is because you're important to me and I want to protect you. Right away, Jimmy is shit. Oh, okay, it's Clark. <laughs> it's like I'm here with Lois. And even that when she yells over because like she, she's already writing her spiral story inside the Fortress of Solitude with a crystal computer and yells yeah. over, "Hey Krypton, here's yeah, a question." I'm of- telling you, that, and that's Brian Michael Bettis being kind of funny. It's like, well, you know, Lois <laughs> yells and says, "Hey Smallville," she seems to really go with where people are from. She's not helping uh, his I'm secret identity you, at all. Just the idea that it's Lois there and. and yeah, we play around with the idea that, you know, Superman and Clark, they do what, but it's Jimmy. He's right there. He knows the voice. I mean, this is a best friend. And he's like, I just have to protect you because if you knew, oh, okay, Clark, wink, <laughs> wink. And then the next thing he kills him, he's like, oh, you're no. going to the cloud, buddy. Uh, one of the big things in this too, though, right before that, uh, is that we saw when Leviathan, when he grabbed Leviathan, I, I kind of like the way that Brian Michael Bendis describes this. He's like, I treated Leviathan like a bomb. I flew him up in the sky yeah. pretty much to me, was trying to throw him in the sun, <laughs> which he time. does everything. <laughs> There's even the idea that Jimmy, you think they teleported into the sun when he's talking about Leviathan, but he does say, when he blew, I kind of super speed. I kind of got away from that. And I purposely I do see, experienced it in super speed. Yeah, yeah, I did see, though, that, you know, it's an emptiness that people are going to. I think that they're not being killed. They're just not there. So well, it's you like, get that. As if the energy field just made things not be. I'm like, yeah. dude. I know you experienced this in super speed. That's a weird thing for you to say to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just like, though, that they're talking about all this. And that's when Jimmy's like, well, you know, maybe maybe they teleported them into the sun, all these people. Oh, oh, Jimmy, don't get so dark. I'm like, I think Clark's like, that's, you know, or Superman's like, huh. that, that's my thing. Don't you dare You're saying suggest Leviathan that stealing Leviathan my thunder. is stealing my thunder. I am the guy who throws people into the sun, not Leviathan. But yeah, and then you have uh, the other scene, as we went, that we said Golden Guardian is there. Jim Harper, yeah. Jim Harper, he is in uh, the hospital where Sam Lane is and like you said some people are saying it's the question it might be but I don't know why you would though, to have the, the Golden Guardian show back up here when we haven't seen him since we're dealing with the Red Cloud Secret yeah. Syndicate organization which we like kinda, it's just there to remind you that it's still I, going on. I guess on. that's the thing is like the whole idea is we have the Leviathan going after you know these organizations and the spies and the people and even like you know uh, Lois asked the question this issue why aren't they going after the other organizations that make us think you know it's like these really yeah. specific kind of deals the terrorists the cults 
of the organizations, but like not the actual American government and stuff like that. Yeah, they're going after like the tools, not. So the I'm wondering if the secret syndicate people. with Red Cloud, if that's going to be a target at some point, because I'm like, it might be. I think that Jim I Harper think back here. It's <laughs> such a weird thing. And I'm telling you, it basically might as well be this doctor who, again, it could be the question. It, yeah, it, it may be. be. Um, come in and then pretty much – I just much, don't know why the question would come in dressed know, like this. I know, and leave that. I don't know why you'd have to have the you know the spy-type deal going on when it's a question. I think, he could come exactly. in and a question. The whole, and you would, we've already seen the question, so there's no reason That's to really hide the idea yeah, of the question. Yeah, there's no so reason we, to ever hide we have, this. There's, we have this person dressed as a doctor walk in to talk to Jim Harper, and Jim Harper says like – how are you doing that thing with your face? And as soon as I read that, all I imagined was the spiral, like, we you know, face We do think tech. of that, but we haven't really seen that in this. No. So I wonder if that's going to be a reveal coming up. But with that, it, it might as well be this doctor, whoever it may be, coming and say, Nets. hey, hey, uh, Golden Guardian, tell me exactly all the things that we need to know going forward, because it's <laughs> such an odd conversation. I want Golden Guardian to say, this is the weirdest bedside manner of anybody I've ever seen, Doc. Because well, I, you know, this, I'm hurt what, what here. This pers- what this person's talking about is essentially the kind of conversation that we had with who we, you know, assumed to be a Leviathan in that void with Batgirl yeah. in the DC Year of the Villain special. Yep. The idea, like, we can make something here, a, wor- a world that you've always fought to have. You can be a part of this, and Jim Harper, maybe stuff that's like that. a big deal. Maybe you're going to something that this is actually Leviathan and yeah. he is actually, you know, swirling his face as well. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I'm getting the idea that Red Cloud, too, that that whole secret, you know, uh, the mob deal, the silent mob or whatever, they're they're off. They're counting their blessings. They're like, boy, yeah. we thought we were in big, big trouble. I mean, it seemed like thank, Superman thank goodness was Superman's on our busy now. so much. He gone. I mean, we, we could just do whatever we want, I guess. You know what? I'm going to start saying things out loud because I can now. I've been wanting to say Superman for so long. But yeah, it, yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, you, you just kind of end with a big splash page then because they're trying to figure well, the out idea, you know, the truth, you know, if, Eric. If, if Leviathan was able to do all of this in a day, what happens tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. And with that, you know, they're like, should we release that info? Well, we have to release the truth. And then at the end, you have Superman just standing there and finally asking the hard questions. Who is Leviathan? <laughs> and what do they want? What do they want? And what happens tomorrow? Well, tomorrow, Jimmy, is your 12th birthday. I I'm believe. You, if you're on that last page where they do that, just look at Director look at Bones him. being wheeled away on the left-hand yeah. side. Just, uh, like, <laughs> so I don't good. know if he's dead. I don't know if he's alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, he's, he's a skeleton so on a gurney. He's so great. I love him. I love him. It looks like he's screaming. He can't scream. He's a skeleton. <laughs> he can so scream. Good. And I, I, I wonder how many people... Uh, reading this to be like, oh, man, that's a weird look for Batman on the right because it's Golden Guardian yeah. there. You have the Lady Manhunter or the Lady Manhunter. Just Manhunter. Yeah, yeah. Just I man always want the Lady Manhunter. And, and, and uh, just to throw something out there, <laughs> it does look like Amanda Waller has crashed <laughs> the jet and is now wading through water in, in some sort of bad back. I, I would I would believe that's the bayou and like she's to heading back to Louisiana. Like, I like to imagine it's just a lifeboat that she had like a, on rockets on it just rammed it right she, into the dock. Here and just waiting she, to the swamp. In my mind, where they say the Mexico, I think that she is heading back to, uh, you know, Bell the Rev. Uh, Bell Rev in Louisiana. Yeah. And so she, I'm telling you, alligators, 
to go get her. You better watch. But it looks like she crashed the thing. It makes me laugh so much. There. I'm like, what did you do? That thing was probably a trillion dollars. Batman, I'm telling you, we should. We had. We need that whiteboard of every bit of Batman tech that gets destroyed. Bing, bing. We we had Batman. DC we Comics questions about how much they think oh, this would be goodness. worth in the yeah. universe. How much is this worth? And we're like, boy, that guy has a endless supply of money. He, he does not know how he got so rich, Eric. It's troubles. Ah, uh, yes. But what did you give this? Uh, the thing is, I really love the art in this, and there's a lot of good moments. I do, before, too. You know, kind of up the ante of what's happening. But for the most part, I found a lot of it to be disappointing because, it, like, in my mind, it wanted to be bigger than what it was. Going to these different locations, showing you different guest stars and cameos and stuff like that. This is more of a wow factor in my mind that I actually think, you know, might fool some people to think it is bigger than itself. To me, I just kind of found well, it like a hindrance to, big, to, the, so, to, the, uh, to the idea, though, that, like, this is the – the last bit here, this is Leviathan Rising Part 5, and like we're going to go right into the big stuff, but we didn't really do much Eric, in this issue. Did, did I tell you that this is the penultimate issue of the Leviathan story? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the best if it was. Well, I that, know. That, that the would Leviathan blow your mind, right? next week, so I could deal no, with that. But no. That does not – that's not included. That's I've already looked nothing. at it. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, uh, it is trying to be big, but and it's supposed to I'm be big. You, but yeah, just the idea that the you know, I'm telling you, when I got to the page where we're going back and seeing Superman take on you know a bit of that like you know imploding energy of Leviathan, yeah. and just knowing that's what took away his beard and curly hair, I'm like, yeah. there's, there's not much yeah. happening in this. But no, it in the wish, end, though, it no, whisked it off. It was like when you had the bearded Superman in the New Fifty Two action comics. He went to Bizarro World, and it ended up the <laughs> little elves. They took it. They actually went and took. He didn't shave; it just got taken. This is what but, happens uh, with with curly hair and beard on Superman. There, there's a lot of cool parts in here, and I think there's enough for a DC fan to really, you know, get into the idea with all yeah. these characters involved. And the art is amazing, so I give it a six point five out of ten. Yeah, I'm actually more positive. Uh, I'm giving it a seven. I think the art's great. It's so uh, good. Yeah, there, there's things that as we go through this and have fun nitpicking with uh, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, but. It, it is a big story. I mean, it, it's starting to – I agree with you, though. It's not there yet. It's more of a, hey, look, we're big, not being big yet. But I see it becoming big. I like seeing Golden Glider there or Golden Guardian there just because we haven't seen them. So, okay, no. you're getting that piece in. I really thought that what I really like the most of this besides Jimmy being 12 is that Superman knows – where that these people aren't dying he knows what's going on with that yes it's a forced way it seemed very hokey the way he finds out but i'm glad that that is out in the open now yes. and not something we just know from reading that special you know the free comic book day or they it's almost week like they before go to a that. phantom zone yeah yeah it's very similar so we'll see how that is but uh yeah i'm gonna go more positive with a seven but yeah I, i'm i hear you you're you not that ne- well i hear you <laughs> do you hear what i am saying <laughs> you uh you're not exactly down on this you just want no, there, more i mean that's i do the want thing. more for this whole event like i'm telling you we had five issues here and besides for a few organizations going down i really don't know much more except well, for the bodies go someplace else which i actually learned from the dc year the yeah. villain special and uh yeah and i don't know about you but if red cloud gets taken out just by leviathan and 
and we never Amazing. have anything more. <laughs> You've done it, Prime Michael Bendis, because I really don't care if we ever get back to that. And maybe How that's weird is it going to be if we ever do go back to that I'm at this point? I'm waiting for us to go back now, next week, and I'm going to be like, oh my, not next week, but next <laughs> month. I'll be like, oh, I'll murder somebody. But yeah, I hope that that ends up getting swept under the rug because of this. Just even um, having Robinson Good in the like the uh, the Daily Planet when Lois calls yeah. Perry being there talking about what Lois has. But what you have too, Robinson Good? Why aren't you red clouding about? Uh, God, Trisha Q. Is it Trisha Q? Is, yeah. is she the – yeah, we're, we have the gossip, the gossip co- columnist. We don't need that. There's bigger things going on. You had these things working in the back. Get, get to this. This is what we want, this story. So, And we have Kate Spencer. We like – don't know where that kid is. That poor no. kid. He's off with Jelly Bean. I think his Bean. father got custody. He's off with Jelly Bean. You don't know Blake's the father. Blake has a lot Blake of Blake got around secrets. back in the day. Uh, because He's the honor uh, had yes. secrets. Blake's yeah, the one really. with real secrets. Uh, yes, he is one without honor. But yeah, we're going to go off now, Eric, to a book that we actually really, really, really like. Freedom Fighters number six, written by Robert Venditti, with art by Eddie Barrows, Eber Ferreira, Scott Hanna, Adriana Lucas, and and World Design. Our Freedom Fighters have Uncle Sam back, but now that the Ratsies have unleashed their ultimate weapon, I don't know if he'll be enough, Jim. That's right, Overman is back. I don't know either. And and he's looking to kick freedom to the curb with machine accuracy. Oh, wait. Yeah, there's a big (laughs) twist in this, and it's funny because uh, just to start this off, everybody, you know, it seems reviewing comics and whatnot, really, really love that, you know, and it continues on the Robert Venditti Hawkman book, and that seems to be getting a lot of, you know, a lot of hype and things like that. Where is it for this? I don't I, know. I, this needs to be re- – and I'm not just saying reviewers as well. I'm talking about on Twitter where there's a select few. I mean there's people in the Get Fresh group. Beep, boop, boop. Love this book. But other than that, I, I don't see any They're not showing up to the comic book shop for themselves. Well, they are. I'm saying we need more. I'm telling you, either that, that is a bad thing to say about the uh, size of the Get Fresh crew or whatever. <laughs> but they're not there. The people aren't getting this book. The sales are pretty much abysmal. And they shouldn't be. This is one of our favorite books out right now. This is one of those two that I I really, I know these aren't connected. I know that this may not make sense, but I think when you read it, it might a little. If you are upset and like, man, that doomsday clock, it never comes out. It never comes out. This, though, it's not connected. It's a really nice way to slip in a book every month that kind of has a different feel to it. little Alice World flavor. Yeah. So you can kind of go with that. So when you're not getting your doomsday clock, Go and buy this and enjoy it. If you like Robert Van Ditty's Hawkman, go buy this. I like this a lot better. Way more. I think that the pacing is way better. I think that the story is more intriguing. It's great. Plus, here's the thing. You don't – now this – it's even crazier because this issue actually ties in some things that makes one Eric Shea very happy. Oh, my. I was on cloud nine this week. Please, please don't think that if you're listening to this – and you haven't read the first five issues and you think to yourself, oh, man, I, I don't know what's going on with that. that. You can start from number one and you'll know just as much as anybody else. This is and then a pretty much an Elseworlds deal. You realize you've got some other stuff you could be reading yeah, if you wanted yeah. to or not. But even so, it, it's not necessary. No. It's not. There's nothing in this. At this people, point, we talked about the multiversity of Master Men being a spiritual successor. Though This one just says, you know, this is a straight up sequel to Master Men. I'm like, all oh, right. Yeah. He said yeah. it. It's good. And, and with that though i think that a lot of people are thrown off by this thinking that they don't know the freedom fighters that this is a new team you don't need to know anything from the past now i'm saying that 
I, I can't go down the street. Hey, buddy, you like that Freedom Fighters, meaning the old comic? <laughs> Nobody's going to know that either. But it, it's one of those things I think that this book is stuck between, you know, a rock and a hard place when it comes to getting people. There are newer characters of the Freedom Fighters team, which is an older team, right. but not many people know about it. So you might as well go about it as this is a new deal and it just doesn't seem like people want to get involved and and it's a it's a real shame well, it's such a it's weird a idea shame. too i was thinking about it before we got on the record night the idea like we have this entire multiverse which we rarely get to play with and whenever we do play with it it's usually somebody destroying an entire planet like, oh mm-hmm. my god you just you just destroyed all the toys before we ever got to play with them this yeah. is actually extending the history of earth x and in a way that no other like you know planet in the multiverse no other earth is actually getting to do right now i'm like this is amazing in my mind because we have yeah. all these things to play with why are we not doing it thankfully earth x is here to tell us and, okay and, oh well. no the nazis won <laughs> Yeah, and, and with that though, even Maybe with not the that, planet. you're sitting there and you're going like, "Boy, I wish that I love this. I want some more, uh, you know, Calvin in uh, Earth Nine. Yeah. Oh man, I want that. You know what's going to happen though? We ain't getting that no. because nobody's buying this. This is one of those things where you you get there where it happens in all sorts of media and things like that where people beg for something new. People want something different. People want something unique. Unfortunately, when it happens, nobody buys. And then that's where the company points to happens in video games, a lot of things like that. People, music, everything where you get a book that goes a little against what the normal books are, has some fun, really good. But it's only sales numbers that are going to allow these sort of things to continue. And the sales are like I said, they're abysmal, and they shouldn't be. The, We're not going to get the Captain Karen the Zoo crew Earth? We're no, not going to get there and do those well, things? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but even with that, though, it, it just we need to support good books. No more Red Rain Batman? Just go with that. Go with we're going to support good books, and this is one that deserves some support. And we're going to Not even just for a story, but the art throughout this entire no. issue is amazing, and it always has been since the series began. I'm gonna, I, I had to go unplugging. I'm plugging into the reviewer robot uh, X sell beep, boop, boop. this is a perfect combination of art and story you beep, said it boop. robot there you go it is it's true we always say the cliche the reviewer 101 uh, this is it <laughs> this really <laughs> is it <laughs> i'm telling you i laugh because I, I just we end up not liking a lot of books a lot of times and at uh, the directions and things like that and we do every book so this is and when we get a book and we're like boy this is the greatest thing ever and nobody's reading it so i feel like we're trying to talk about a book that everybody's just you know pish posh and pushed aside it shouldn't be it really shouldn't what's that freedom fighters book i ain't never heard of that before no, that's the thing. It's like, and I, I even said th- to myself, uh, you know, I'm in the show and I said, you know, self, well, I know this the one lie. thing about this issue is you can tell they have Overman in there and they're making them even on the cover. So people will just at least go by and go, what's that crazy Superman what's doing? That I mean, they're Superman desperately doing? trying. I don't even know that they're going to get Nazi from that symbol because <laughs> of the way it's kind of a fashioned SS deal. But yeah, which is very clever again. It is. But uh, you have the, what's that? And maybe. Somebody will give it a shot, but you know, why give it a shot at six and not one? Please, everybody go buy this. But uh, start it off, Eric. Tell us about what's going on. 
Well, this issue starts out seeing that this is actually in continuity with the Multiversity Masterman written by Grant Morrison back from like 2015 or 16, whenever that came out, because we are given the idea, the Doom Planet, Krypton, the desperate scientists setting their last hope of the, like their child away and being taken, like, you know, when he hits Earth in 1939, being found by Adolf Hitler and yep. becoming the Overman. And we see this point right now, I thought this might have been, you know, we talked about the idea of a spiritual successor to the Masterman and that whole story, not really knowing if it was going to tie in because we had some of the same characters of the yeah. new freedom fighters that was uh, that I presented there but we didn't know where we were in this this one actually just spells it out it's it's a little bit disappointing in the fact that they are talking about the idea that that was part of the story and uncle sam who was a big part of that yeah i don't remember none of that i'm like oh, you better start remembering stuff because yeah, i need to but, have this but connection they, br- they do bring it up and, and they bring it up in the way that maybe he'll remember it but if he doesn't i understand it's one of those again you're tying into a crazy book from years ago and but it actually we like it because we so read it well just because the idea of in the mastermen we had you know the the world taken over by the nazis and the freedom fighters yeah. as i talk about here we're trying to resurrect uncle sam which we saw them do because uncle sam was in that book but we had a bunch of our characters like uh captured in that and in the eagle's nest the nazi watchtower the satellite in space and we had the whatever you want to call them the new reichsman or the jail yeah. axis that those characters the evil versions of what we know they were trying to figure out what human bomb was and they didn't, they thought he was just had a healing factor and stuff like that. Not yeah. realizing that they thought he was a suicide bomber that survived from a healing factor, not realizing that he was the bomb himself. So he, he was blew the, bomb up the eagle's nest. And the big way to get back at Overman and stop everything was the, uh, the jail, like the, the eagle's nest is was crashing down and actually destroying all of Metropolis and Overman yeah. not being able to stop this. And that's where we pick up here, finding out that. Yep. The big reveal of our story is that Overman, he's not in this book because apparently after those events of Masterman, he left Earth. He just took off like freaking yeah. Superman Returns style. I well, just like and, the and idea. with that, it's even Crisis style because it looks like his Overman, oh, you over, know. Gr- like Overgirl? Overgirl, yeah. Yeah, that was a died. big part of the Masterman where he just yeah, kept mourning so, the loss of Overgirl. Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool. But this is something where if you do – and you could still wa- read this and without just go that, without yeah. knowing that. but knowing that, it after boy, I saw it. Crazy. Was in continuity, and I was having a great time. And, and the best thing is when we reviewed that way back when, Eric Shea did say <laughs> that what he needed more of was more Hitler. Years later, Eric Shea it. gets his wish. He gets his <laughs> wish. He gets more Hitler. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that they wanted that but you, and you got it. See that you are coming up rose. What I have everywhere. is Adolf Hitler Jr. and the I third. mean, really. I, but still, though, you did get some early. And, and even with that, you, you name the signal. You tell everybody that Leviathan's a man. You get more Hitler. What is the next <laughs> wish on oh the lips my, of Eric Shea? I mean, really, this is one of those things where you get these wishes and people are like, why would he wish for more Hitler? <laughs> was, but hey, that's how good, it runs. It's a good bad guy for that's the story. What do you want from me here? That's how you roll. But yeah, so it really all ties in and it, it, it took six issues to fully do this. But if you were reading that multiversity, which which is crazy, and and you as a Grant Morrison detractor, yeah, you talk about that book all the time. It you was one of my really favorites outside like of yes. Thunderworld as well. We you know yeah. looked at the 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 Fawcett City comic world. Yep, yeah, and so yeah, it is one. And again, all these things are in the DC Universe app now. So if you even if you're listening now and didn't realize this, and you know you've read some reviews, they don't mention it and all this. Yeah, like Eric did, go back and read. You know 
the Masterman deal, and it's really going to open up a lot more of this story for and you. That's and really just the fit coolest in. idea that we have this twelve issue maxi it has a limited time to do what it wants to do with you know the new Freedom Fighters are established, they're taking the world back, and then issue number six, halfway through the story, we realize, oh my, there's already more story out there. You can go check yeah. it out. My, I got so excited just for the idea yeah. because of even when we go to here, but because we have Overman here, we saw him in the end of last issue, like he was in that solar He's been tube, programmed. being programmed and brainwashed yeah. over and over and, again because it's really, been a while. He's being programmed. Yeah. Wink, and that's wink, the thing is, Eric. up until this point, <laughs> not knowing that this tied in the Masterman, we just thought this you was know. Overman, and he yeah. might have been on ice here just being programmed over and over again since like He might have been put into stasis. Exactly. Was, yeah, that was something that we have actually, if we hadn't mentioned it on the podcast, we were talking about this when we talk about this book, just me and you at work and things like that. And yeah, this was a question like, are they going to deal more with what, how this Overman could be this? We thought maybe at one point we were and kind of thinking that because you're having, you know, Adolf the second and then his, uh, this might be a clone. It might be well, something that, else. But, that's but even never the best did if I think that back, it was this. Oh, the cyborg overman. Which yeah, we get the and Heinrich that's crazy. Hen, uh, Henshaw. I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you are expanding on this mul- this multiversal history here, and I'm really digging the idea behind it. But what I like it too because – this is a programmable, you know, it was a, about a Nazi candidate, Heinrich Henschel, who was combined with cybernetics and Kryptonian DNA from stuff they had from Overman yeah. to make the perfect soldier. Because even Overman at the end of that Masterman story, he was starting to question, you know, his loyalties and what he's been doing yeah. all these years. And even the, uh, you know, the other new Reichsmen like Leather, uh, Leather Wings and Underwater yeah. Men, they're like, we're, we're not going to follow this alien. He's, he's saying some weird stuff that we're not no. down with, you know. So the idea that he leaves after Metropolis is destroyed, I'm all right, this makes perfect sense. And the idea that the, the like you know the new Reichman or like I said before the jail axis, whatever you want to call them, they're all gone. So what we have now yeah, is pretty gone. much just the Nazi doing the Nazi. their you know their their super like robots and stuff like that. Their and, war weapons. And Adolf Hitler's grandson, who's completely and utterly insane. Oh yeah, and a psychopath. He's, Billy so he's, the, he's he's their big deal now. With this also. I I mean, is it pretty obvious the wink, wink, nudge, nudge that at one point they're going to have to go find Overman to join the side? I don't even of, know about finding him because no, the thing I is, think they're I going even, to. I Why would they even, even bring if, it up and say at the end we got to find him? I, I think they're going to find him, and he's going to join even, Uncle Sam. They're going to find some plastic men. That's the next phase of their plan. No, I don't I'm know saying if I think they're him. going to find. He's going to join them because there's no way they can bring down this Overman cyborg. They even say I, this is fully spelled out to me that they're going to go. And wherever he is, they're going to get Overman, the original Overman, on board because Overman, when he left, he left because he's like, this isn't right. I'm leaving. Uh, you know, everything's destroyed. I'm getting out of here. I think that it's 100% that they're going to get him and bring him back to the I don't know if they have the time or technology to go search space for Overman at this point. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to get him some way. I, I don't know how, what, or when, uh, wherever they figure it out. But I don't think that they would spell out that he left and then mention it again. Uncle Sam mentions it again. Uh, it has to be that they're going to go and try to figure some things out. But I don't know. We'll That's see. the thing is, too. If the Freedom Fighters come together, in, even in the whole idea that they inspire the American people to you know come together and you know overthrow their Nazi uh, you know m- masters at this point, I, I like that better that the cyborg Overman, this new creation, would be the villain of this instead of actually bringing Overman back into it. Maybe you could say that for another story, but dealing with the cyborg Overman right here, I think, was a really cool addition to the story. Yeah, that I I'm just saying, undercut. why would you have them just sit there in a full half of a page? Man, if that was a cyborg, what happened to the real Overman? 
Well, I, I think that's that, a question that's, everybody would ask at that no, point. No, I'm saying, but yeah, but you're not going to ask that unless you're going to tell it. They have six more issues to tell, you know, that deal going forward this. I, I bet you, uh, you know, a pizza for lunch that they will within before issue 10, they will have found or at least found out where he is. And I don't think it's going to be as crazy as we think that, you know, he's not on Pluto. Uh, the, I think that he's going to be around. I think that they're going to need him to kind of go against his. Well, it seems that they actually have team. a plan right now that they don't want to get away from. Because even at the end of this, to talk about the phase two of the plan, we got Uncle Sam back from doing all our outrageous stunts, stuff like that. To, to get the people to know that the Freedom Fighters are back and the American Dream is still alive. So we awakened Uncle Sam with that. It seems like the second part of their plan is they do have to get one of those SS plastic men for whatever thing they have planned for the long run. So I'm like, all right, at least we have a plan going forward because they do have to go the stealth route now. It has to become, you know. Uh, solid snake about it because this cyborg government he shows up immediately and just puts the hurt on everybody to the oh, point yeah. like all right we're we're at the we're at the end of the first leg of our story and this guy just ripped our team apart this is yeah. not looking good yeah, and with that, yeah, they they think they're fighting the real Overman. Yeah, he blows up and he, it doesn't even phase him. It just rips off his flesh, which he just says, I'm going to rip off your so flesh. Good. And this is also, you, you do get a little bit of a deal here because with uh, Uncle Sam waking up, you end up being able to introduce the team again, yeah. uh, you know, to him in a way that makes sense. You know, it is a little recap. It is a little the hey, idea look, that, you know, the that, team. that team that we had during Master. And once we find out, you know, that was in continuity, like I said, you know, we lost the raid during that battle. We lost Doll Man and stuff like that. We lost that former human bomb that took out the Eagles. That's, this human bomb is the son of that human bomb. I'm like, okay, you're, you're doing a lot of cool little expo, uh, ex, uh, exposition here. And I'm yeah. like, I didn't expect this at this point, but all right, this is all coming. Because even if you go back to these characters were created by like a, uh, a Nazi Dr. Savannah who was like, you know, yep. not kind of cool with this. So he was actually given meta powers for the freedom fighters here to become this team to take, you know, overthrow the Nazi regime at this point. So I'm like, I wonder if Dr. Savannah's going to tie in now. He may. I mean, and with that, you have all these things going on. And yeah, the, it's a very quick issue. Yeah. Uh, at one point, action packed. Overman comes because they, you know, last issue they crashed. Their their plane had crashed, and the so they're tra- yeah, they're trying to fix that. And he gets released. The Nazis are like, okay, and I like it too. Where you have that crazy, crazy grandson. It's like, remember, I'm the one who gets to attack. He just wants to murder and kill. He wants to torture, murder, yeah. and kill. He like, scares okay. me more than Cyborg Overman. And, and I was actually shocked because Overman goes out and he's like, all right, I'm going to check things out. I'm going to look at. It. And this is where, at the very beginning, you do have a pretty cool thing where, because of how this World War II on this planet, on this you know world, this Earth went. Um, it, it went different, as we know, and the Nazis have won. But this is almost the Overman, again, is like the atomic bomb. They're trying to decide, should we do this? Because if we let him go, oh, my God, th- this could be the worst. It can end up everything, whatever. Uh, they do let him go. And I thought there was going to be a little more of like him searching them down. He finds them right away, oh, pretty yeah. much. They pretty say much as that, if he's Superman. <laughs> yeah, and they say even, they, they give him one little wink of, hey, uh, they went down here. Go see if they're around. They couldn't have got far. Yep, found like them. State radius, found him in 10 seconds. I mean, really, there is not any, you know, (laughs) meandering about. He finds them immediately. Even the idea that's presented at the end of this issue, the whole thing where Overman leaves after Metropolis destroyed 2016, and the reason that, you know, this whole new scientific thing that was a cover-up to hide the truth that they haven't, the Nazis haven't lost their ultimate weapon. I'm like, I like this whole kind of propaganda science where, look, we're we're doing this just to prove that, like, you know, 
our weapon is still here. The Overman has never left. And like, we are still as yeah. powerful as we are. I'm like, that is a really cool explanation for why you would go and do this. Besides for the obvious, yeah. because you want an army of Overmen. Yeah, yeah. And and you just, you have to do it now, especially because now it, it is the deal. And, and for people who haven't been reading it, the way that you bring back Uncle Sam, who is the character, the big character here, yeah, is to get the spirit of America yeah. up. And what they have done is pretty much guerrilla warfare, spreading the word, blowing up things. They even show in this they are well, telling you know, Uncle a, Sam. a bunch of flyers left behind with uncle says picture i want you to try to yeah, like inspire yeah. everybody and so see they, they even say like this is what we did we had to do this and it took a while it took a real long it time took six issues uh, to get, to get, <laughs> i'm not even saying i'm saying the years in their world it, it was a very long you know already you know task that they're doing this and uh yeah they they get him but he's not he you still need more Oh, he and he's still weak more. because, you and know, the, the whole, thing, yeah, the whole idea of the people believing in America, that's what's like, you know, fuels him. It's, there's not a lot of belief at this point. There's enough to awaken him. He's still groggy, well, and, though. And the, the, the problem with it is, you know, Overman being out and about again, that kind of will squash a bit of that belief or at least, oh, you yeah. know, put it back. And I, I, in my mind, the belief is not just, just belief, but it's the, I'm going to go in red, red, white, and blue out, out in the town. And I don't care what they say. And, you know, kind of going, against the deal and this is gonna squash it so they're gonna have to do something very quick to try to do something to you know get the spirit up as well and go with that but boy it, it, robert venditti does a good job because when overman shows up he goes into the blue tracer you end up having a portal that he goes through but and i'm like oh that's cool he's probably at antarctica no oh no he's like no, he's three feet what- away I don't tell you, they did, a good, they did a great job last issue to set that up where Phantom Lady needs to see you, her target to open up a portal to see you where it goes. They actually talked about that last issue. So it really, because yeah. I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, where did she tell? Oh no, it's 10 feet away. And that yeah, makes sense yeah, for what they did. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going to yeah. die. It's, it's, it's not far away at all. I mean, you can, it's a stone throw away. It's 10 feet. And then he ends up getting attacked. I'm, it's funny too. They're like, no, no, don't portal him. And I'm like, no, no, don't portal him. He, he can port, portal him, but you know, at least give yourself some time. But yeah, he comes back and attacks. And as they're going, uh, human bomb ends up pretty much again, like you said in the mastermind, he's like, this human bomb kind of a, a sacrifice type deal yeah. where he's being left behind. He's going to go out full out human well, that's, bomb. That's the worst part because the human bomb can't kill himself human bombing. That's the thing is where, and we were told that like in this issue that yeah. like over, Overman's going to go out, but he's not allowed to kill the freedom. But he has to bring them back alive yeah, they, for they interrogation. They want to make sure that they interrogate him and pretty so, much use him as an example. You Just would like his daddy too. I'm telling you, the, the rest, he sacrificed himself so the rest of the freedom fighters can, can get, get away from cyborg overman he's so he's left behind and he's going to get interrogated just like yeah. his father was and, which, and it know, was killed a really him the last cool time. it was a really cool way to set that up with the grandson the, the furious grandson where you know you know what's going to happen because even to, bad, well, if we get any things. prisoners i get to interrogate him first like oh, oh no. no you don't want that you don't want this is a guy who if you haven't been reading would show up in scenes with people's thumbs coming out of his pockets Oh, no. Eyeballs, blood uh. everywhere. Just yeah, he's awful. He is awful. So yeah, by the end you, you get and really again the uh, Heinrich Henshaw. Uh, that's perfect. It, it is so good. <laughs> and so good. Even with the idea 
I think it's even a little step more that's perfect for me, whether while it is a cyborg overman, it also has a little metallo little things in it as well in my mind because of the way that they're making them for the government and things like that. So it's it's pretty much it's cool. It's it's really cool. But it's cyborg overman. He he is bad bot. And and with that, you even had the idea that at one point the freedom fighters did look like the combo of them doing their thing, you know, distracting them here, going there, actually looked like they were getting somewhere and, until he just decided they weren't. And oh, yeah. he is just, he's so over. I mean, I'm telling you, when he turns to look at the human bomb's fist, that after they kind of get out and they go, it's one of the best panels. I mean, that really shows you the idea of a evil Nazi cyborg Superman. And just at that point, Superman, he looks so good. The whole thing looks great. The art, the art pops off, too, because of the colors. It's just really, really well done. And, yeah, they're going to go get some plastic men. You know, plastic man, and uh, that seems see to be how the that next goes. phase of the plan to get an SS yeah, we'll plastic man. Yeah, see what goes man. on with that, and see what they're going to do, and things like that. Um, but yeah, we'll see if I'm right later on in the deal, or if you are, or whatnot, or we both are. But what what did you give this? I ended up giving this a nine out of ten because I really love the art and I love the story and I love the fact that it ties in. Finally, you know, it came out editor's note and said, "Hey, let's go see this backstory and you know, Masterman." I'm like, "Yeah, I think and I you will." Editor's did. note. I think I will. But <laughs> Thank no, you, editor's I, I, note. I think I will follow your advice. I'm going to go. I love continuity, and even with that, though, them saying it is, there are some things from that to this that don't exactly pan out for what they're saying. Even the idea that Uncle Sam doesn't remember because it won't work exactly the way they want it to, but. It's enough, and I had a lot of fun going back and reading that and reading this issue, which is this this is one of the best books that DC's putting out, and it's a shame it's not selling as well as it is. I agree, and and when people are complaining, they're complaining about, well, I don't really get to know the freedom fighters themselves, and I I can see what they're getting at with that, but we're getting enough, and if you know what, like you said, now you you know – you know, the archetypes of these characters. So you know what they are. And we're learning more as we go in a way that I think is well played out in this because you're in the middle of a war. You can't just stop to be like, well, you know, I used to like picnics and walking on this, you know, on the beach. You're not going to get that. You're getting, you're getting all (laughs) their stuff through what's going on in this war. Like I said at this, no, I would never go on a picnic with you. You would have the whole, I'm telling you now, I I ended up (laughs) listening to some old time radio and they were talking about picnics. And I I think I mentioned to you this before, and I I think you said you'd like it, but it was a big thing. Oh no, I'm, it wasn't that it was a Brady Bunch episode where they went camping (laughs) and they went camping and brought out a picnic basket with fried chicken. I ain't eating fried chicken on a picnic. That's disgusting. What you're talking about. It's amazing. That I is not everybody grabs fried chicken. Crappy yeah. fried chicken. It's like days old at that point in a basket. That basket ain't refrigerated. Why do you think it has to be days old. In yeah, a I'm basket? telling you, Cindy that was in charge of keeping the, the, the fried chicken, she ain't watching it. Who knows what's going on with that fried chicken? And, and that was because the boys were out. They were out fishing. And and they had Mike Brady and, and the Brady boys. They have a rule, Eric. When you go camping, you eat off the land. You don't need no fried chicken. And so they ended up not being able to catch. They didn't catch fish because the girls messed it up. They got all tangled up, fell into, I think Cindy fell into the water, may have drowned. I'm not sure. I I don't think you're watching Brady Bunch anymore. They go back to the campsite and that's where, you know, Alice and Cindy and they're like, look, we got the fried chicken. And and I think it was like Peter's like, 
Dad, we're not allowed to eat fried chickens. Actually, I think it was Greg the pish. He pish poshed it, and the girls are like, "Hmm, this is such good fried chicken." There is some fried cold chicken. fried chicken. I oh, specifically my got I cold to eat cold before we got on tonight. Chicken can't stand it. That's, hey, that's not fried chicken anymore. That's cold chicken. Soggy chicken is what that is. But yeah, they ended up, the boys ended up eating the fried chicken. That's the end of the story, which is way more important than this Freedom Fighters ever was. What? The Brady Bunch eating the fried <laughs> chicken. You. That's a 10 out of 10, Eric. That, that is what but that is. See this? you and never. This is a 9 out of 10. The same thing that you yeah. said, I thought right it's away really reading book. this. I, I mean, if you had Cyborg Brady Bunch. Superman. I'm just saying, Cy- Cyborg <laughs> Superman is one of my favorite villains of all time. And just to have the Cyborg over Man on Earth, which I'm, I'm sorry, I think I might have seen something in the solicits about it. I'm not sure that at this point, though, but it still struck me by, oh, like, caught me by surprise when it showed up, even though I might have seen it somewhere else. I'm like, oh my, the yeah. Cyborg over Yeah, it's awesome. Was, was there camping with the Bradys here? And now I'm confused. I I've confused yeah, no, myself. It's like, dun, 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 dun. here's a story about the Ratsies. I, I could come up with some right now, but I won't, Eric, because I don't want to get people irritated with me on a spotlight or whatever, because I, I don't know. What, I'm, what am I talking about, Eric? But that is the end of that section. I think uh, basically what we're saying all in all is please buy this book, because it, though it is going to go to 12, they're not yeah. going to cancel it before no. 12. You have to buy something like this if you want something else like and this. And I do. And, and I do as well. I, I would love to have just an anthology, multiversity, bring that back, but do it as a monthly book where you kind of go and, and pick and choose each thing, kind of like that DC Presents type right. deal where we can have, you know, six issues on Earth 11, six issues on this, and, and you know, change creative teams and stuff like that. I think be that would be sweet. awesome. But the way this is, it seems so clever you know that that they're doing a, a maxi series that was a spiritual successor now is tying in more and and it's like it's doing everything right except selling oh. that's the most important thing and so maybe we can get uh the rallying uh cry going get it out there we're gonna bring well, back i'm gonna uncle cry sam right we're gonna bring back uncle sam get it going but yeah we're gonna go now off to some mail Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, let's hear Hello, everybody. Hello, love. Hello. We're going to be doing the mail here. What's a little spot of mail, as we say down at the docks. And docks. if you want to be part, yeah, um, I hang out down at the docks and talk oh, like sense. that. Fresh in a drink, governor. I'm from the streets of Sussex, I am. That's what I do, Eric. That's what I do all day down at the docks hmm. here in Quakertown. All those docks yeah. here. And what I'm talking about are doctor's office. I'm trying to go and, and get myself some prescriptions. Yeah. Hello, love. You got the clonopan, does ya? 
I, I don't know. Does you? you I'm sure you I do. No, uh, but this is the mail, and if you want to be part of the mail and become a star, all of your own, Why you have you? to email us at weird science at g weird weird science dc <sighs> comics at gmail dot com. That's one of, you know, a bunch of things I have to remember and I always forget. And you will be just like our first person who mailed us in, and that would be Luis. Luis says, hello, get fresh crew. I don't really have anything to say. Goodbye. There, that'd be great if he just wrote. I don't have anything to say, so all just right, I'll see you later. Just wanted to check in. But I just saw the news. Tom King off Batman in December, finally. I can start reading my Batman again. He was my favorite until Tom King started what I think is one of the worst Batman runs ever. I agree. I like the first few books. Then it just shit the bed like Jim's dog. He will be on Batman and Catwoman book, but who cares? That's the best part of it, though. I I mean, I really do think that a lot of people arguing, complaining about this, are not seeing some of the genius of this. On the surface level, if you don't care – the Batcat stuff, you're, it's not hijacking your Batman book no. anymore, and whoever wants to go and does that. What I did say on the Patreon news, though, Eric, how many times do we hear, we just heard it again with the Outsiders book that just came out, how many times do we hear, oh, great, another Batman book, like we need another <laughs> one of those? You have not heard anything of this. This is a no. sneak attack. <laughs> this is their sneak attack to give us another Bat book, because and, and all in all, with just numbers and sales or whatever, you're you're getting everybody who should, you know, pretty much has been it's so reading funny Tom too, King. The idea once, you know, this whole thing goes down, we're going back to the monthly shipping of Batman, but are we with a Batman Catwoman no, book? No, we're not. So <laughs> I'm telling you, it's genius. It's not my main Batman book. Uh, who would you like to see take over the book? I've said it all along. It would be Tom Taylor's I who I want. And see you in seven, he says, and on the sevens. But yeah, there, there's a bunch of people. I really hope that it's not Brian Michael Bendis, not because I think he wouldn't do a good job. It's just he, he's too much too soon, right? It's he's coming it's so on funny too, too strong. because a lot of times, like we always talk about Tom Taylor, we both love Tom Taylor, but like another person that we both really love is Jeff Johns. And just because of what they did, I'm, I'm just saying with Batman Earth One, which I'm not a fan of, I don't want to put Jeff Johns on a Batman just because I'm afraid he'd go more that route, which I know. It's it's different worlds. You Eric, can do different they things. said monthly, not yearly. How dare I you? mean, that's the big problem. If he's on that, it'd be crazy. You would you would think that by then, though, the Doomsday Clock would be over. Yeah, and uh, you go and whatever. Maybe he could keep a schedule. Are you telling me that that's Jeff John's fault, not Gary Frank's? I think it's both of their faults. I don't know. I, I'm telling I you, it's, it's got to be both. Holding things back until things calm down all around so they can release the final know. issue. I don't know. I, I think that you're thinking more into it than there is. I, I think that it's basically they, they ain't caring and <laughs> they're, they're the taking too me. long. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be – you know, speculation of people saying, oh, I, I saw one guy. He's like, I need Ram V on this book right away. I'm like, really? Ram V? That's the first <laughs> like thing that Catwoman popped into issue. your mind? I mean, really, though, Batman? Uh, but yeah, I kind of when we sit there and, and you look at the exclusive writers, I don't know if I want any of those on Batman. I mean, you could put a James Tynan on there. He did Detective. Yeah. And I think that that's not it's not enough sizzle. Now, what I would actually like that. to do, because I think he did a half-decent job, I'm not say half-decent, it's kind of a backhanded compliment, but a decent job doing Batman in the Flash Batman crossovers with Joshua Williamson, and then take Batman Superman away from him and give that to Tom Taylor. Yeah, but even so, is that sizzle? 
I, I would think that they want to get some sizzle here. I mean, <laughs> you looking for uh, them to bring that sizzle and steak over I, at the Red, I, Lob- yeah, Red Lobster? I, I, yeah, really. It's a fancy lunch for you and Lady Jessica <laughs> with the sizzle. Uh, I don't even know that Tom Taylor is quote unquote sizzle. At the sizzler. Um, you know, I, I have I have a weird prediction, but I'm not going to say it now. But just so everybody knows, it would be the um, it I'm would not be tell you, but I'm going to the initials. <laughs> Last name be- first name begins with an M. Uh, Eric, I'm tag I'm tugging at my ear now. Mm-hmm. Sa- you're supposed to say sounds like. Uh, I'm not we're, doing. We're, it. I'm not playing. We're games. playing over the podcast charades. You I cannot just, see me. We're gonna play the charades. Okay? China Melville, got you. Okay, no, no. I'm tug. <laughs> I'm tugging my ear again. You have uh-huh. to say it. You have to play I'm along. T- sounds I'm like. Tugging it. I just pointed at you. Uh, and now it sounds that now the problem is I set up this and I don't really know that I'm going to be able to do this. Okay. Um, did you get that? I'm pretending I'm spraying so <laughs> an aerosol can at you and then pretending to be a bug that's fallen over dead. I, I don't know what we're playing anymore. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm tugging my ear again. What are you Eric. doing? What Play are you doing along. right now? Why, why, spraying, what is your nonsense? I'm spraying this. It's, uh, <laughs> people people could maybe guess what I mean better why than Why can't you just say it? You're not very good at the charades is what's going Especially on. Especially when I can't say it. <laughs> no, because I don't want to seem like a dummy when somebody goes, oh, man, they're Marvel exclusive. And then I look like a dummy. I didn't look into this. Eric. I'm playing games is what I'm doing. But, yeah, there's a Marvel writer that I'm very worried might be on the book uh but some people might like it last name um, starts with m that's your clue no no first name starts with m and then i was last. doing the no i said the first name and then i was trying to give you what the last name sounds like but you weren't playing along uh that's yeah, Luis. that's so on me <laughs> we're going with andy next and my buddy andy that i talk to occasionally i haven't talked to him as much lately uh he does some reviews andy. over the batman universe he says hey guys just curious about how many hours a week you spend either podcasting or editing etc and my first answer is too much yeah. I take it to be Wait a minute I think it, it it's be very time consuming With all the podcasts you do I listen to all uh, of both the DC and Marvel shows And love them oh, both Keep you. up the great work I actually got this earlier today and Or maybe yesterday I can't remember But today I went to go watch Rafe play football right. And I was thinking of this And I was adding some things up And with the Patreon included obviously yeah. Recording, I think that normally I am at around a 22-hour-a-week recording. E- editing, you you know us. I mean, especially me. My I editing, lickety-split. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm telling you, yesterday, me and Eric recorded a bunch of books. Eric went out to smoke while he was smoking. I edited and published yeah. the uh, f- uh, the uh, Freedom Fighters uh, deal. And I know lollygag when I got to smoke. I'm quick as hell. Yeah, and I had it all done. I'm telling you, at the end when we're doing the Marvel podcast, when it's me, Brandon, and Double A Run, we're talking afterwards, just kind of shooting the crap and all that. By the time we're done, I've already published that one as well. I mean, I I basically, me and Eric, yeah, me and Eric, that's the thing. There's no editing, really. The editing for me is just shoving things together and then publishing it. We do not do second takes. In fact, besides things going completely wrong, I've only ever done like one or two times where we would have, you know, redone something. But most of the times it's because something failed and we have to. Uh, Remember that time when I kicked the computer? 
computer and I, I knocked everything out. We were screaming at each other and I kicked the computer and you thought that I quit. It was Convergence Suicide Squad. <laughs> you thought I quit. Number you one. thought that I had done. Yeah. I was walking out, not doing so anything. angry. Oh, I was so angry. And I ended up like swinging and kicking the computer. It knocked over, unplugged everything. Oh, it was a disaster. But yeah, I would say with the uh, editing and stuff, I'm probably at about 25 hours, 26 hours a week standard uh, for that. But Andy, you didn't ask the important thing as well, is how much of that do we like? Oh, my. No, actually, I I was going to say that doesn't include the preparation stuff of us reading the books again and stuff. It's a lot of work. And also doing the written reviews and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I talked to my man Mark today, and he actually asked because we were talking about some books. And he's like, hey, how many times do you read these books? I'm like, "Eh, sometimes like three or four. It all depends. Uh, It all depends because if I'm a dummy and read them real early – I still have to read them the day that we record. I always do. And so I sometimes I screw myself, but I would like to think that, uh, you know, it does us some good to read them a couple of times. Then we go into work. We talk about them. And and at work, even with the whole idea of editing it, we discuss the book. We sometimes will say, boy, that would be funny to talk. And we forget about it. So basically at work, it's just just a plan bits out. It never works out. And and so when we're at work, we're just discussing the books just like we would just discuss them. They're, we're not really planning out the podcast or some Most of the stuff that you hear, I mean, like podcast charades, Eric, I, I can't tell that anybody would realize that this is off the cuff and not thought well beforehand. Obviously. I didn't think that out beforehand, Eric. That's why you get some nonsense like that, right? That's what happens when you do stuff like that. But yeah, and that's we do a lot of a lot of work. That's yeah. what I, I'm going to. We're recording right now. It's Saturday night. We're going to get done this. Then I have to go and record stuff with Brandon tonight. Then tomorrow we're going to be done. Oh, it's nonsense. Well, I think nonsense. we got some back issues on Monday. We, we got do. some New 52 review on tomorrow, Sunday. Tomorrow, New 52 review tomorrow. We'll finish yeah. that. But we had fun talking about that. So. Had a lot of fun. Why can't Batman realize there's venom involved there? There's a little hint for it's people. Anti-fear. Huh, huh. They're really bulked <laughs> up in this this substance, this venom, you might call it. My eye. Oh, my God. Uh, the next mail is, is Jay. And I, I just want to let Thank everybody you, know, at the beginning, we, we spelled out that next week you could, you know, write in or not even write in, but call in and give some, uh, you know, shout outs well, to wishes. Reggie and stuff. Yeah. We have a couple this this week as well. So we're going to have one mail section and then a couple shout outs, but we're going to go to Jay next. And I think that Jay is going to think about Batman a little differently than say, Louise. Really? Yeah. What up, Jim and Eric? I apologize for up, not Jay? writing him for a while. I've been slacking on comics. Well, I've been binging manga and it's not like I can manga. ask you guys what your favorite Bankai is. If Bankai. you've ever even I read did that Bleach. Once. The series, not what you want Tom King to drink, and I would never say that. I did what? also. I also heard from <laughs> Mark today, and it's Mark that's on the uh, the Legion podcast. He used to be on right. the Nation of Nerds podcast, and he said that he actually one of the last times that he went to a convention that Tom King was at. He brought us up, me in particular, and Tom King just said, why does that guy hate me so much? <laughs> and I, I said to Mark, I've been I said, asking the same question. I said, I said to Mark, like, I don't, 
This is the problem. This is the problem we always have. We're just reviewing books. It's nothing about the guy, their personal deal. Yeah, they may drive me nuts or whatever when I'm, but I don't know these people. So who are these people? Yeah, it seems like this Tom King debacle has the internet in an uproar. I can definitely understand why DC has done this. Roar. King sells. He's saying that this is his spin. They're doing it because they think they could sell more because of Tom King doing the thing. King sells well with this maxi series and a focus on the dynamic. That has been told us the best part of his run does sound nice, but it's hard not to be upset. That is, if you're a Tom King fan, I think you get the best of both worlds. I mean, Seriously. if Sammy Hagar is going to sing right really now. Nobody's really losing here. Sammy Hagar is going to sing best of both worlds, right? The best of, and don't you dare ask me who sings that. I know you, <laughs> you guys all me. seem to hate it, but it Let really him. bummed me out. Both worlds. It, it really is unfortunate they're <laughs> doing this so late into the run. And this is what I'm saying. You're not getting ripped off that much. And the, I'd be more upset about how much you were ripped off in the interim here, but getting to this point. Like I said, when people are like, man, Tom King got fired. I'm like, what job do you get fired and told you have seven months to clean out your desk? It doesn't make sense. It really <laughs> doesn't. A promotion. And then give it a promotion on the side of that. And I hope he gets the real estate to finish the way he'd like. Now, th- they're not going to give him not that me. much That's real estate. That's a long draw no, with no they're story. They're not going to give him that real estate because the reason he's off is almost 100% from what we're told. The higher-ups oh hate what's going on. They are taking away the real estate. They've sold it to a flipper and got the heck out of town. They're like, get out of here, buddy. You're now living in a uh, mobile home like someone I know. What else have I Mama. been reading? <laughs> Mommy! Justice League continues to blow my mind. I love it. And Jorge Jimenez is a legend. I say he's a gem. Red Hood's callbacks to the New 52 are amazing to me. Detective is enjoyable. Naomi's amazing. I I don't. I really, Jay. I I love Jay. And and, uh, how can you love somebody that every time he opens his mouth, you lose respect for him? How is that? I don't. don't. Yeah, really. I don't. I'm glad that he likes these. I like Naomi. I want more. And I'm so glad I bought those singles. The first five issues are already selling for over $200. It's insane. That that is going to be one of those. The bottom's going to drop out of that nonsense. In other news. Sell, sell, sell. My raps are one win away from the finals. Who are his raps, Eric? What are his raps? I don't know. I, I'm Jay, and I'm here to say. No, he would not be like <laughs> me. He would not rap. That's the Raptors. I know. You what better it is. believe I'll be glued to the TV tonight, along with the rest of Canada. Oh, Canada! Isn't there a hockey game on? When you read this on air, I'll either be very happy or anxious uh, about Game 7. Jim, you'll understand my frustration here. There's a self-proclaimed big basketball fan at work. I asked him who his favorite player is. He said Kyle Korver. I was like, okay, unorthodox. That's cool. It's the core. I told him that Leonard could end up taking my number one, but for now, my favorite is still AI. Turns out he took my number two. He's a turd burglar. That's right. He's like, who? Alan Iverson. He looks at me, who? He's like, come on. God darn it. I was telling him about game one of the 2001 finals, how it's my second favorite game of all time. After our game seven win over the Sixers recently. Sorry, Jim. Yeah, that 2001 finals was a lot of fun. All of a sudden in Quakertown, you could have went from one day to the next where you walked out of your house and were just overtaken by the deluge of those car 
uh, little flags that pe- it seemed like people in Quakertown were giving them away. Everybody had them. People who I never even knew knew what basketball was. I'm sure Eric doesn't know what I'm talking about, but I was, was messed big. up all of 2001. He was saying he can't. Well, what happened since then? I mean, really, yeah. has it changed? He was yeah, saying he yeah, can't watch that far back because the game was slow and boring then with less threes. Are you kidding me? What? Yeah, that's nonsense. He's saying that he needed more three-pointers. That that does not. AI just freaking driving the lane against Shaq. I mean, AI. I'm just saying three-pointers in my mind does not make an exciting game. No, and, and I'm telling you, AI was three foot one. I don't know if you realize this. He's a small fella. Ah, uh, these young whippersnappers. I guess I'm getting old. Heck, I had to look up what the the heck finna means do you know it's the like, context is like finna makes some burgers for dinner tonight Jay. was he like three when 2001 yeah he might have been but he goes back he goes way back he he knows what the internet is he ain't talking, no, he he ain't talking practice <laughs> what's your least favorite slang word and most favorite i have an affinity for f a f eric f i don't know. Oh, i, I, I as f i got you yeah I, I thought that his would be A. Yeah, you know, he's Canada. He's Canadian. Yo, that's he, boss. He, he be Canada. Yeah. Hey, salad. We it's were talking fat, about salad the other day. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Bad. I know. Yo, I man. Know. You, yeah, bad. you bad. You oh, fat. My. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't say that. Yeah, you can anymore. Uh, you start getting know. yelled at. I, I like salad a lot. Now that you bring that up. You like digging salad. It. Yeah. You like digging it. Uh, I do. I, I don't know what I like. I, I don't like anything. That's I mean, my. I problem. like a lot of things. I don't know what I don't like because I don't talk to enough people who throw slang at me. I mean, say, is, is what up, bro? Is that is that? Yeah, slang? I don't like that. You're is right. That I don't like that. Hey, <laughs> hey, bro. I like that. Right? Hey, no. Hey, here's the deal. I'm saying this, and somebody out there has to be like Jim. The minute that you heard the term "shade," you haven't shut up with that towards term. It like I nothing mean, else, I have gone to that. Shade term. might as well be the sun because like, you're freaking oh getting pulled right to it. I have not been drawn to anything like the term "shade." Uh, <laughs> it's and so also, funny too. Have hey, when you started using this word, I was, it was like, on you know, the pop culture. It was. Well, I ended that, up not like, knowing for, what for, it was. Four or five months after you started using, I hear like the, the new year, the idea of this radio show was talking about things that you want to change with the new year. And the idea was <laughs> leaving, throwing shade behind. Let's not use that term anymore. I'm like, you're going to have to rip that from Jim's cold dead yeah, hands. I'm saying you are not taking that from me. It took me all that time to find it. Uh, I, I will. I'm, I'm telling you, I will use the term triggered a lot. That's kind of a slang. I don't use it yeah. as much. One thing that I was getting like all On of a sudden, Street? I'm like. Yeah, I was just going to say, where the heck did that come from? All of a sudden, from, and I'm done with it. I, I actually have made a uh, pull-out deal of, I'm not going to say Front Street anymore because I'm using it too much. <laughs> we also had, by the end of the day, these are more sayings than slang, but kind of the thing. Dancing and really, Mike if you live in shade. our town, you don't want to go down the Front right Street. Right there. I just said, Dancing Mike threw shade at me. I can't get rid of it. It's the best thing ever. I love it. But yeah, he says, take it easy, guys. Much love from Canada, Jay. And I, I do have respect for Jay. I was yeah. just joking earlier. Don't mean to throw shade at him. Oh. I don't know what. What did I do before that it. word? <laughs> I'm telling you. Man, my they life, was really angry with me. My life was not complete. Those were the dark ages of Jimmy Werner. Was without it just you saying oh, they, they were talking trash? And they, I, no, it, it was probably like, oh, they hate me. That's it. He hate me, I said. Where, where's Rod Smart? Uh, but yeah, I, I I love that term. 
I, I can't I say it every single day at least a thousand times. I, I can't get away from it. Dancing Mike's next. I really wish and you'd laugh. stop throwing shade or people would stop throwing shade at you so you wouldn't have to say it a thousand times That's a day. That's true. It, really, if we all could just get on Front Street together, we'll That's be what fine. That's I'm saying. I'm digging <laughs> I, it. <laughs> digging it. Uh, you, you like dig them. You don't even Is need a shovel to like? dig it. Yeah, really, you don't. Hi, Jim. You're bringing me down now. You're bringing me down. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Do you want to play charades? Aaron. Get yeah, out of the, town. the idea that you knew the shade right before I said it is the same uh, idea in my head of when I go to a restaurant or, you know, yum yum to get coffee and they know me now and they know my order. And that it, I'm telling you, people think that that's a bonus. That, that is a, a bonus. negative to me. And I never go back. It's, it's I don't only need... because you asked for 17 Splendors. No, that, even now we ended up, me and Logan went. And, and when we go, we want to start a YouTube channel called Getting Douchey with Sushi, where we go and we vape. Now, Logan's a little young, but this is his, we're going to vape and <laughs> do sushi. Take it away from you. We're going to be douchey with sushi, but we end up going and getting sushi a lot. They're, they're recognizing us now. So we go in like, oh, oh, come and sit here. You know, you you haven't been here in a couple of days. I'm like, we are coming here a little too much, Logan. And when we left the last time, the lady at the taking the money and stuff stopped and like, you guys are here all the time. Uh, you know, what's your favorite sushi? We know everybody knows you just get sushi. I'm like, that's it, Logan. We're done. I'm never coming Why? back again. Eh, they're, they're getting a little too familiar. I need to keep them on their toes. I do. Oh. <laughs> I, I ended up trying to you keep them when they, when they started recognizing us this last time. I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep them on their toes. I'm going to do that hibachi grill part of that, right? I'm going to make the guy. He's going to make me the noodles with the beef on it and uh, the stuff. Uh, the guy didn't ask me anything. Full garlic on there. And they were watching me, and I ate it anyway. And boy, I had some diarrhea that day. Hey, it was a challenge. They were looking at me like, yeah. I, and I'm telling you, you know me so well, <laughs> do you? Why is there garlic on this? Seriously, you don't know me. You don't know me. You're their best customer. They will do anything to please you at this point. Don't mess it and, up. And, and I just imagine they're sitting there, and they're like, you know what? This guy and his son, best customers. This reminds me of years ago. This big fat guy used to come in. He too used to drink the broth from the wonton soup as a life drink. Hack. Yes, life hack. Dancing Mike says, hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello, Mickey. So hello, first of Mickey. all, big shout out to the Get up, Fresh Crew. Be booping a big bunch of prayers and positive vibes for Reggie. Be for that as well. Everyone knows I'm not his biggest fan, but I don't wish health issues on anyone. Oh, no. So, Reggie, get better as soon as you can. He's like, get better as soon as you can. And I still won't know because I don't listen to the parts of the podcast. Now, he says, oh listen to your doctors and don't rush it. it. That to me is like he's thinking, boy, I get to listen to Green Lantern now. <laughs> it's that, that's, the, that's about the best advice I can give you from my few months in the hospital and physical therapy back in the day. And yeah, things are looking better for Reggie and I hope they just keep going and you know, we'll yeah. see how long that takes. Obviously, Yeah, and he says, so I got three books this week. Let's dive in. Detective right. Comics number 1004. Still liking the Tomasi run, hoping he can nail the landing on this story, but so far I'm loving his Batman and Damien and the art. Definitely my Batman book I don't know if you right know now. this, Mike. There's only one issue left. Yeah, yeah. Well, he suck. knows he's going to stick the landing, I guess. I, uh, I'll also There's more to than admit, me about it. I was so irritated when we started that section about me not being able to hear anything that I might have been a little more negative to the book. I oh, took you? it out on the book. Yeah, this oh. is what I do. I get mad at something there, and I yell at my kids. I get yeah, mad yeah. at the recording. I take it out on the book. 
I didn't take it out on you this time. Usually I do it on you, but I, I, can, I can barely hear you. How am I going to take it out? I'm on Front Street with all this shade. <laughs> Freedom Fighters number six. Holy crap. Didn't see that coming. If Me you're either. not reading it, neither did Jess. Oh, my. Gross. If you're not, I'm saying she wasn't there when it happened. <laughs> I'm cracking myself Gross. up. Chatter, chatterbait, I'm telling you. I'm ashamed. Yeah, yeah. If you're not reading the series, you're missing out. Jump on board, people. I fully agree. Fully, fully agree. And in fact, I said, if people don't notice that we've had that, uh, the spotlight, the regular feed spotlight. And I said there, I want the spotlight so that people can jump on that don't want to listen to the full podcast. But I also want it to be the positive books. And really, when we started doing that, we only did it last week. But I had that pegged, pegged, Eric, for (laughs) pegged, I did. Uh, for the Freedom Fighters because we liked it so much. And that was before you even read it. So Batman Beyond number 32, great issue with one caveat. What the heck did Terry refuse Melanie's help? I don't even know what's going on in that book anymore. He just tried to help him. He said no. He got his ad handed to him and had to save Matt, save him with a very convenient bit of lazy writing. Was it ad? Uh, Dancing Mike said later that there was a- Some some, autocorrect stuff going on. Yeah, autocorrect. I think it is going on here. Here, a convenient bit of lazy writing, and somehow he thinks that means he's got it figured out and handled. What else? There's a good line, right? What else? The thing about Batman Beyond at this point is I actually don't like the main crew, but I like all the villain stuff going on in that book at this point. I just think back the last time me, you, and Batman Beyond Mark talked, and I said to the Joker everybody, was still alive. I said to everybody, spoiler, I said to everybody, hey. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. I will never read this book again. I am a man of my word, Eric. True. Besides that, in the end, I told Eric when we talk about sometimes people, yeah, sometimes people will say like, "Oh, what would you do if you stopped the podcast? What would you guys do?" I said to Eric, "I would never touch a comic again in my life. I'd be done. I would never touch it because I'd want them to go and do the podcast again." Besides that, in the inconsistent art, I'm glad this series is still around. I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Mrs. Dancing Mike and Mr. Dancing Mike are at the most magical place on earth. And I'm so jealous. Yeah, yeah. It's not Neverland Ranch, Eric, as I know that you wanted to say. What? The place where dreams come wrong true. With you? The vacation capital of the world. I believe my medicine is what they call kicking in oh. in Lake Buena Vista, FLA. Yes, it's our short trip to Walt Disney World, and we have a theme park view room at Bay Lake Tower. Possibly also seeing a nude guy shoot baskets, and maybe somebody saying they like to eat. A, uh, you know, deal. So we're uh, we're going to have a great view of the Magic Kingdom fireworks from our balcony at night. So romantic. And we might drink a beer or two. Yeah, right. Obviously. That's a lie. That should be we're going to drink a beer or, you know, probably 15. Anyway, trunks. Anyway, I'm wrapping <laughs> up this email. <laughs> so we can go to Epcot and maybe, see, and maybe see a bass player in a mariachi bin. Hey, I'm telling you, a lot of people, they get drunk and blame it on that. See, you know, you had Millie Vanilli. They blamed it on the rain, Eric. I'm going to blame it on my medicine. <laughs> Hope it's not hate speech if I tweet a picture of him and that is a bass player. In a mariachi band. And in fact, Dancing Mike went and saw a band that's like the the British Invasion, I think they're the called. Lords it's of like, Chaos, it's called? It's like, no, it's like oh. British songs from the 60s to the 90s. Obviously, you're going to get a heavy dose of the Beatles, Rolling Stones, The Who. But I said, did they play Wonderwall? Because I need some Oasis in there. He's like, no, no. 
but they played uh, Blur's song number two, which he really liked, Eric. And you know, uh, I can do my woohoo indeed. He actually <laughs> tweeted that. Uh, he says, until next week, support patreon.com slash weird science. Keep it weird. Get well soon, Reggie, and see you in seven. And Thank thanks, you, everybody who uh, oh, was in that, yeah, that extra special long version of the yes, mail thank you, there. Everyone. And we're going to go off now to some more books. I just did. All right. It's time for the next section of books. And we're going to start with a book that it, it makes me sad because this is a book that you and Reggie usually talk about. As I said at the very, very beginning, things are looking better for Reggie, which is great. I yeah. need him back so I can make a sandwich. <laughs> How dare he make me talk about this book? I mean, that's that's nonsense. Um, now, with that, we do get an issue here that is not as heavy with the narration it's also not heavy with the forward progression, as this book always Ooh. is. So I, I'm not going to be as negative as most will think. I just, when I have to talk about this book, I just never know what to talk about because not a lot happens, though I do believe. You want to talk about some more drill? No, I do believe I want to talk about the fact that Mira actually must have been Thanos showing up. He must have snapped in there because people are disappearing and falling apart. I'm like, oh, it, it was the snap. Do you want to yeah, talk about really. some Blue Devil? Blue Devil? Yeah, we're going to talk about it all. Give it to me. Give it to me, Eric. Justice League Dark, number 11, written by James Dunn in the fourth, with art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno, with Raul Fernandez, Brad Anderson, and Rob Lee. Magic's in danger, and it's up to the JL team to save it, Jim. Yep, same old, same old. Magic's in danger? What is this, something new? We have the majority of our team run from the Lords of Order, only to come face to face with them again while Satana and Wonder Woman have a side, a side, a sit down with Mordru so that they can even the playing fields by becoming Lords of Chaos. Yes. Yeah. I have a feeling magic is in trouble, right? Oh, no. Right? And you start at Mira, and you are getting this idea of, you know, you could kind of stop a lot of this, what's going on. You just have to give up magic. Well, that's and, the thing, is we know. had that in the last issue. It's kind of a, yeah. just a recap of what we ended up with the last time. The idea, look, we're all here. Everybody who's a magic user, we will take your power away from you. We will take the knowledge that any of this has ever happened to you away from you, so you won't even have to remember that you had this power one place, or you can die. Yeah. Those now, are the options that are given. And now, what yeah, do we do? Yeah. We run. Yeah. Yeah, we run. That's what I do. I always have the runs. Aaron. Oh. When you go then into the, the, the Hall of Justice, was this 
seen the what we get here with the announcement by the flesh was it in this book that we got that the first time or was it actually in the justice league or I don't one recall. of the no justice or whatever because that whole narration of barry with the hey and as batman says don't touch anything just kidding folks this is, <laughs> this is something this is something we've had before in one of the books and i'm i'm hoping that it was actually the justice league book at one of those points when they went in yeah yeah i like that and it should be a synergy between these because of tynan and and scott snyder being such buds and these books kind of going together and eventually leading into something bigger i don't think we're getting that synergy from (laughs) the jlo and and now i i want to just call it the jl Oh, oh no oh <laughs> is what i i call it but i i do like that if we saw it in this book then i'll get a little irritated but i think it was the just i don't deal. recall that situation yeah, i actually at all. thought it was funny the last time that we saw it uh it might have even been in like i said no justice or whatever but i think it was just in the just league book but as they go it's because basically what we were told all these times the scavenger hunt that wonder woman and zatanna had been on is they have to go back back home yeah they, they have to run back and i'm thinking that you know wonder woman like i ain't got no home well, I just figured, a, no, is she I'm gonna go Dracula's. to that, that beach house that steve trepper built for her in yeah. virginia are we going to satana's home because her home is the road i don't know yeah. what the heck's going yeah. on the I idea just, of going I, back to the hall of justice though i thought was a really cool idea just because we have as she puts it one of the most dark like you know dangerous dark magic users there is and he says you know one of you know the whole no. idea that he actually has a magical bar inside the hall of justice that's hidden in plain sight because of the magic I'm like, you know that's kind of cool I like that idea that home I have no home do you like that, that no. good? I can't hear myself talking either I'm yelling like an idiot uh, but yeah Yab Mordru is basically hiding in plain sight Eric I had problems hitting that and I'm hearing myself through this thing and it's killing me but yeah he's there in the hall of justice he has this little bar being served I would not drink any of those beers he's being served by by zombies and dead people it looks like I don't need that haven't you gone to bars you're usually served by zombies and dead people home I have no home there you go. Yeah, really. I mean, really. You, is it- I, I would. I, we got done recording last night. I actually went out for a walk. Ended up going to the bar and having a couple beers. And bar. while I was there, people were watching <laughs> the Phillies game. They were all dead yeah. inside. I could see it. No, they were dead inside. I, I just figured what you were saying is this guy and the meth head that was probably serving you last night just looked the same. Actually, you're looking there and you're like, what's that? I, I was upset, though, because at one point I went outside to go have a cigarette during my beer. And there I smelled the gigantic whiff. Of marijuana, where people are just oh, smoking marijuana outside on the sidewalk of this Why bar. Like, what is going Eric. on anymore? Cats, you know, kissing dogs. I don't know what's going on Chaos. in this place. <laughs> it is ca- home. <laughs> ah, but yes, I'm not kick. I got a kick out of that. But yeah, they go and see more Drews there in, in plain sight. <sighs> Eric, I'm just going to lay on these what things. Are you I, doing? Can barely, I can't even hear them. That's my biggest problem. I can't hear anything in this. All I can hear is you. It's my worst uh-huh. nightmare. It's my worst nightmare. I can't even hear sound effects. Uh, but yeah, you end up where Mira's going to get destroyed. And this continues 
it's just the whole thing that I've had a problem with this. You're just, you keep throwing things at us that are the end of world things, but yet next issue, they just get kind of glossed over. I mean, I'm, I'm worrying about Mira now. What the hell's going on? I'm not worried about Mira. We finally finally got rid of Mira. I'm cool with this. Not only that, everybody who belonged to Mira because they're all a part of this magical world. Once the Lords of Order were done taking care of Mira, all those people that were probably all gone. I don't have to worry about even the power and the night sword all gone. We don't even have to, worry about the night master yeah, anymore jim looks son it's all gone without mira the night master sort it means nothing so all that's wiped away now is this just to get it out of the way or are we going to get it back who knows well, that's the mira, i'm not we, real concerned we keep about running from like you know mira to the oblivion bar back to mira to try to get away from the Lord's or now we've left mira and gone to core the birthplace of magic on earth and now here we're going to we go. hide out here hoping that we yep. can like you know the magic within these this place is going to be able to hide us from the lords of order for a short while it's not it's pretty short while because they show up pretty much right away yeah. and realize at this point everybody in Mira starts disappearing because they've already taken care of that. And when Blue Devil, who is you know kind of the guardian of Mira at this point, realizes he's done failed, yeah. he goes after one of the Lords of Water and just gets turned to stone immediately. I'm like, well, yep. well, it's not like Blue Devil is doing much in this, but I don't think this is going to stick. I don't think we're no, just going to have and, a, and that's a statue of Blue Devil sitting at core for, forever. Is Nanda Parbat going to be destroyed forever? Is Constantine going to be dead? Is none Phantom of these Stranger things, as well. None, yeah, I'm Phantom Stranger. None of these things feel he like they're going to stick. But you know face. what I'm saying? But he's gone. But yeah. it, these, these things, they, they're too big to really stick and yet in the book they're not even showing you the ramifications like what's what's going on with the uh you know the the parliament of flowers i, I mean, flower really? stuff and they they you know jumping around the flowers i, I don't they know sunbathe. i want to see so when you have mira go down i'm like okay well nobody cares about exactly, that exactly i'm telling you the best big, part of the book no and and i would love to say that this is pretty much the walking tour of the DCU, you know, magic universe. Yeah. But they're they're not walking; they're doing too much talking, Eric. That's what it is. Did, it's did the you, talking. Did you core. like looking at the ruins of Core? Yeah, no, no I, it, didn't, it didn't do I, it much. Was it's okay. just a place. It's just a place. It, it didn't okay. really serve a purpose except for us to run from one place now, to the other while Mira was destroyed. And you're halfway now. I do. I love the way Mordru uh, was was uh, character. You know how he he wrote his dialogue and things like that. Yeah. But overall, not much happening. Well, I'm though. telling you, it's, for the most part of this, like the majority of the story, it seems to be like you know Zatanna and Wonder Woman being wrapped up in you know magical vines, sitting down at the table while Mordru monologues and. Yeah. Demoralizes our heroines here, and I'm like, yeah, you're a big bad guy, but the idea that you're just gonna stand there and slap Wonder Woman over and over again, I'm like, something bad is gonna happen to you so yeah. bad, Marjorie. Yeah. But and Wonder Woman, yeah, she needs the power that you're gonna infuse the Ruby of Life with. But when this is all said and done, she's gonna make you pay for those slaps, Marjorie. Oh, yeah, and 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 Zatanna's gonna be mad, and it looks like she's in the Nightmare on Elm Street over there. <laughs> she can't yell; she's having problems here. Oh God! Um, when, when he makes her face suck and like she's become arse face from preacher, I'm like, oh, yeah. that is the worst. It I was just wish, funny too. I just wish it was depicted a little bit better because when you have the close up shot of it and like it looks great, I'm the, the art in this book yeah. is never a problem. But when we actually pay, like pan out for the rest of the thing, you don't where see enough. There's exactly, not enough detail. You don't, the thing is, all you see is 
the outline of Zatanna yeah. where you just don't see a mouth line. And I, I actually didn't realize what she was doing over there. I'm like, yeah, actually, it looks like she's lost her false teeth or yeah. something. She's like going around, maybe lost the contact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's, she's, gra- she's knees, grabbing it looks like, on the ground. I'm telling you, yeah, she's in the snow because as this is going on, Mordru has pretty much tied Wonder Woman down to this table and then through magic is going through all these different places. Jungle, you know, you're, you're forest, a jungle, caves. you're in the forest, stuff like that. So it basically seems like what uh, is the idea of a George Lucas of what every planet that he's ever come up with is what they're doing here. <laughs> going Endor, through it. We're in Hoth. Yeah, yeah, we're in the Endor, Hoth. Here we go. Uh, but yeah, so through this, it basically, you've taken Zatanna out of the conversation, which I don't mind. I did really like when they first go in and Mordred's like, you know what? She looked just like your father. You know, a little bit different body. You know, it suits you well. I'm like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like shade, but it isn't. But yeah, through this, you do get a pretty tough Wonder Woman who's basically like, I'm going to get all out of here. I'm, I'm going to slice you so bad. And he's like, oh, you really think so? At points, he just laughs in her face and he becomes, you know, he he's a baddie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it, it ends up. And like you said, you're thinking to the idea of, oh, man, things aren't going to be go well for you. But by the end. He just walks away. So we're going to have to wait for that. Well, even too, this so whole that's... thing where, you know, we have Mordru, which is a name that's been tossed around. But for, like, you know, newer readers, they don't know the depth of no. Mordru, how dark he is, stuff like that. The idea of this really big, bad, magical villain, the thing where he does take time, which is a little bit too much time in my mind for our characters are sitting around yeah, like monologues. So but too. the idea that we have the Lords of Order, we see that they're doing stuff that's out of character for them. They're trying to destroy magic. It's weird. But there is, you know, the the ordered way in which they do their magic unlike the lords of chaos which more drew represents here the idea is like yeah like there's no sigils there's like chaos is different there are no spells there are no sigils you do not ask the universe you yeah, take you don't what you ask. want and the universe recoils in horror you direct that energy right back at it and you hit it again that's how the yeah. lords of chaos work and yeah, I that's love how that we take idea. our magic i love the idea that he's just basically like you know these lords of order they, they're sitting there begging for things and they have to ask not only do we not ask if if we the universe tries we, to we stop us, the, the universe we keep teeth. going. Yeah. We go over and over. We end up like you see Zatanna over there. Looks like she's trying to look for some false teeth over there. That's what we do <laughs> right there. It's what we do. Um, and, and it makes sense for Zatanna not to be able to use her magic and stuff like that. But it, it, it is kind of weird just to get her out of the equation so that he can monologue. But he ends up basically well, he's like, all right, let me get this, you know, the gem that you brought me. I'm going to give yeah, it power. The, even, even this whole thing where it actually does come down to because they need more drew to look at this ruby of life i don't i didn't really think i knew the idea that we needed to find more drew i didn't know the idea was he needs to infuse the ruby of life with his chaos magic with in the order chaos to make, that's i don't know like what the i thought the end game was i have to go back and reread it to see why they were searching up besides for the idea that Zatara wanted them to and that's I it i think but, that i thought at one point it was just spelled out was basically he would know what to do. And right. this is I, guess, how, well, I mean, how else are you going to fight order except well, the whole, with the chaos? So I, I do I like, like this that. whole thing, too, when, you know, when Mordru discussed the show, how powerful it was like, when your father came to me, Zatanna, I flayed him alive and he kept yeah. asking questions. I found his death wish amusing, so I allowed him to live. Don't mistake me for an ally. I am Mordru, the Lord of Chaos, the only true Lord of Chaos. But once again, I'm amused by this twisted mortal desire to run towards death. So I'm going to do what you ask. I'm going to give this ruby the power you need, and then I'm going to take off. And then I'm going to eat you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to end up playing you in the end, and I don't care. Uh, But yeah, you would think also that he just, in the lowest form of this, he probably thinks this is just hilarious. Just the idea, though. You have have Zatara and Sargon stuck in the other kind's dimension that, you know, this whole thing has been played out for so long that Zatara has come to Mordru to lay all these things in place. Even, you know, 
training Constantine and bringing him this whole thing up. So at one point when Zatara would be gone, Constantine would still lead Zatara down would, this yeah. path. So it's like, it is kind of cool. The you know, domino effect that Zatara had set up from the beginning, even though he's been dead for years now and just trapped in this other dimension. But, and even Sargon, even the idea that we have to get the Ruby of life over to them, they'll fuse them with the power that Mordru will give them to become the Lord of Chaos. I'm like, I do like the domino effect here. It just, yeah. it's taken a long time to get it's here. It's taken a long time. And that's just what I'm going to say. I really, really like, and, and it pretty much is right at the half of the issue where you go off to Zatara or Zatanna and Wonder Woman and Mordru. And I really, really like that. I know that I sit there, oh, they're just talking or whatever, but I really like the talk. That That's some cool stuff. The problem that I think this book has, and I've said it you know, a bunch of times, but this issue kind of really points it out again to me. There's too many characters in it. So James yeah. Tynan thinks that he's got to include them all. And he also seems to think that he has to have a world-ending situation every issue. When we have Mira getting destroyed, you have Finally. those – you could take that off of this issue. Give me a little more progression of instead of them becoming Lords of Chaos at the cliffhanger, which is a cool cliffhanger, yeah. but continue on with that. Uh, it, it could, I would definitely go better because it always feels like there's that little bit of filler that is added and also that little bit of, hey, like James Tynan is concerned that the book isn't big enough with this magic being in trouble, that he always has to have something ending or something being destroyed destroyed or something like that and it's getting old i mean mira getting destroyed like you said you don't even care i I can't wait for it to be destroyed and you know i know that people who like bobo and this whole idea of his progression you know oh no he's not the night master now but he had already spelled out that he wasn't going to be anyway uh you know he was going to go find uh, the son of jim rock yeah, and so I, I don't need this book to keep reminding me that it's huge because it's starting to be – it's almost like you say, you know, and the, the whole Incredibles, if everybody's special, nobody is. Yeah. If the world is ending every day, I can't think that it's ending. I mean it's ended seven times now. At, at some point I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't think it's ending Tell this that time. to the people of Mira. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we all know them so well. I see uh, – I'm looking. I'm seeing uh, uh, half hair there. Virgil. All I know is the ones like, Mr. Stark, I feel funny. That's what I think they said there. Uh, but yeah, you have this whole deal. That's what it looks like. a trick. I'm telling you, it looks like it. Uh, but yeah, with that, the, the Mordru stuff and past that, I really liked. I really did. And I, I like to be told. You're saying that not a lot of people know Mordru and yeah. what he represents and thinks. Hey, I'm one of them. I'm not yeah. real learned Pepsi, in but you don't get a deal. sense of how big he is from his monologue yeah. here, and how he I just it. pretty much I just takes the time the and Wonder Woman and keep them in a place. And, and I, slap I also them up. love though that it's also showing me what I love about Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, in the Wonder Woman book, we're not getting a lot of a Wonder Woman who, in the worst odds, she is that this is. One of the biggest, baddest guys in this whole universe. And Wonder Woman is talking trash constantly. She's not going to, she's not begging him to do anything. She, she's yelling at him. And I really like that. I really like how she stands her ground. And then we end up where they go out of this bar. Once he leaves, he ends up, you know, empowering the gem. He 
flips it at them. Everything's gone. They're in the middle of the Hall of Justice with people going around. It made me laugh. I thought somebody's going to kick it. Then you're going to have that sort of, you know, that scene where you have everybody scrambling for it as everybody kicks it accidentally. <laughs> they, now it's they, the beginning of Temple of Doom. That's all it is. It's Temple of Doom. And then that one guy's there. <laughs> He's shooting his Tommy gun. <laughs> See you, Lal. That's how it ends, right? But no, it ends with the cliffhanger that looks great. I'm just worried well, the whole again. Thing where they go and look at the, the gem that's now infused. Yeah. Like, one of them we've taken the orderly path so far, and it's left us close to ruin with all of the magic on the verge of death, and then grabbing the gem and being transformed into the Lords of Chaos. Maybe yeah. it's time we broke some effing rules. I'm like, you know, that's pretty cool. Rules? We have no rules. There you go, Eric. Uh, but yeah, I, I like this issue. I actually, I really like that Mordru part. And people will be shocked because That's I've the thing been down is, I on this book. I thought it went on a little bit too long. It might long, have been went on a little too just long, a little bit too but too I don't know the character. So not knowing the character very well, I like the idea. I like that. I love the description of what the chaos, because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a oh, dumb. that's cool. I don't know if you know this, Eric. I've known this for a while. I'm a dummy. So I'm sitting there and you're like, the Lords of Order, the Lords of Chaos. I'm thinking crazy things. It's like, okay, those guys wait in line and don't, uh, the Lords of Chaos, they bought Obviously, it's a bad name. I'm telling you, all I know about it is, okay, those guys, they they don't like the rules. Those guys like the rules. I I don't really have a really way to express what they do. They knock people's books out of their hands when they're walking down the halls. The other one, and then the Lords of Order pick it up. As I know, the Lords of Chaos are those people when you're trying to take a left and they stop there at like, you know, on a street and wave you in yeah. without knowing that there's another car they, on the opposite and end. They, yeah, they try to cause an accident. I, I call those people are. the Lords of Chaos. The Lords never, of Chaos. Never let them wave you in. They don't know what's happening around them. They are the Lords of Chaos. Wait a minute. What? What? There's a Lords of Chaos. He just get. What do you do? It got. It just took the the mattress. It grabbed that little tag off of there. Chaos. Chaos. That's what they do. I'm telling you. It, it walks in like you said. You're making spaghetti. It comes in. It just knocks over the pot and the chaos. And then Lord just chaos. leaves. They put soup in the microwave and don't cover it. Microwave's no, a mess now. Word of chaos. They never. They don't flush the toilet when they're done. Even chaos. when it's even when it's brown, <laughs> and you should flush it down. Chaos. I'm telling you. Now it's a uh, oh dual rules. It's now chaos. <laughs> dual oh, rules. Dual rules. Chaos rules. It just yells stuff. That's chaos. Yeah. All the things that we know. Chaos may not even use deodorant when they go to chaos work. Chaos does not chaos. wash its hands after no. it uses the bathroom. No. Even when somebody's in. In there they don't and oh they don't evil they will not. chaos will stand right next to you at the urinal and talk to you that's chaos and maybe chaos. even pat you on the back oh no chaos that that's what chaos does lords of order just sit there and shake their heads is what goes on now with this and even the Thankfully, explanation i'm a lord of order yeah i'm a lord of scaredy cat is what i am that's <laughs> the only reason i'm a lord of order because i'm a scaredy cat but yeah yeah this is the thing i just got word lords of chaos eric they'll eat and go swimming right after oh chaos. my they do it 
they they don't care. But yeah, at oh, the end of this, I'm giving this. A, what did you give it? Since yeah, really, you ended up uh, reviewing it on the, the site. Thing what did is, you give I, it? I love the art, and I do love the progression that we're getting with, like I said, the domino effect. What we have with Mordrew and stuff like that. It's just that we spent a lot of this book doing the same thing that we have been doing with the idea of mirrors being destroyed, and where the magical people are running and not really making a decision. Yeah. I'm like, that's a lot of the book. And then when we get to the interesting part. It's just our heroes being sit, sat down while monologue to, which I did enjoy, but. There's not a lot happening in this issue except for the cliffhanger where we get the Lords of Chaos, which is awesome. But in the end, I gave it a 6.8 out of 10 for what yeah. we got. Yeah, I'm going way higher than that. I'm actually going 8 out of 10. I'm actually also kind of channeling what I think Reggie would have given it as well. But I really oh. liked it. I'm telling you, this more true part, it, it actually – that's – I've I've told you all along. It, it's not the characters in the book that drive me nuts. It's There's always too many and we don't get enough – of what they're doing or how they are. So I always end up with like, boy, you have these magical characters I want to learn about and I'm not getting that. So this with that Mordru stuff, it's old hat to you. Uh, and it might be a little extended, but it's something that I've been wanting in this book. I would love if this book maintained just that small team that we started at the very beginning. And we had issues like this now and again, where you would have a full issue of them kind of explaining some things about themselves and things. We, we kind of don't get that anymore. And so this is a character I know nothing about, really. And yeah. it really, you know, even with the part where he's talking about flaying Satara and stuff like that, I, I'm like, boy, that's cool. And that, that really really shows how bad he is yet he's still gonna help just because chaos eric i mean that's all he's about so he's gonna help with chaos by giving them the ability to be chaos and you know kind of and if anybody out there who wants to see a really ridiculous portrayal of mordrew go on the dc universe app and watch the legends of the superheroes special two issues two episodes where mordrew is pretty much the leader of the supervillains in that he's just ridiculous yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's like ashton kutcher punking people right didn't you tell me that he's more of like a punk guy like a real guy does he, do? he just looks like he's almost like an Asgardian Odin who just, just kind of yells and shoots these really? awful special effects magic at people. It's all uh, he really yes. does little in that, but he, he's just sitting at the head of the chairs. Yeah. Well, that's it for uh, that book, Eric. I'm trying to push go- that DC Universe app. Damn right. I, I think that you are their mouthpiece now. You, you were against <laughs> it for so, so long. Much. Now you're there. You're, you actually, I, I hate to say it, you sound like me when I first but downloaded the Marvel, the Marvel app. app that I couldn't Someone's stop Someone's got to push that DC I, Universe I, app. I was giddy. I was giddy. I was doing it on the wrong podcast, though. But we're going to go off now to talk some more books. All right. And the next book is Wonder Woman number 71. That is written Ooh, by Kevin Wilson. Art by Esther Monaco. Monaco, Ramalo Fajardo Jr. <laughs> and Pat Brousseau. I was going to say names. something, but I, I didn't have any transition in the huh. Ramalo Fajardo. I was going, well, in colors, but I didn't, I didn't do that. Wonder Woman continues with Analadis, these, these, and the story just seems to be running around but getting nowhere. Just when it feels like something's going to happen, it's as if everyone forgets what is going on and starts all over. I, I don't understand this book anymore. It's like, hey, we're going to do this. We're all friends until they're not. And then they're doing the same thing but they said they wouldn't out. do before. Demi God, I worship you all of a sudden again. <sighs> yeah. I, 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 I like the uh, – also, oh, sorry, here's the thing. Hey, I, I'm going I'm, – this isn't part of my blurb. Listen, Wonder Woman, I'm not controlling them. I'm controlling you. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> like, what? 
what's going on? I like the art, but this run just has to pick up and maybe getting to Olympus and Themyscira back on the board is the key. Why is it taking so long know, to though. get I'm there? Telling you, I Why don't know what the book so wants to do at this point because it I seems like, know. you know, at the one point, like, you know, Ares broke free of his prison on Themyscira, which seemed to set all of this stuff in motion, talking about if, like Olympus threw all the gods out. But for some reason, we, we first started with Aphrodite. She started to join the Wonder Woman crew as we have yeah. a bunch of people to go and figure out what's going on. First, we find her, her child, Antelatiads. <laughs> Wonder Woman crew, beep boop. Atalantiads were this whole idea where Maggie finding the sword was going to lead them to this way, but it yes. wasn't the sword that led them to the Summer Grove nope. town. There was a firework, was exactly. A firework so we come down, but there's there's the child of Aphrodite that we've been looking for all along. But deep inside the house that is the temple for Atalantiads, there is a blackness, a black hole which may lead to Olympus, and inside yeah. there is a Minotaur, a gigantic colossal Minotaur, but yeah. I actually don't know if that's Olympus or not and what's going know. on anymore. I don't know. I- I'm telling you, the rules of what's going on, because even at the beginning, like, where, where, where are those, as they called them, Cupids? The when Cupids. They up? Where, where are the cherubs? They, they and even tell you, the rules of they that. They all buy the- an underwear? When we some, first, you know, diapers. We first got to Summer's yeah. Grove. We saw the people going out, you know, standing around naked, playing, you know, electric guitar without an amp. But they yeah. were doing everything that they <laughs> wanted to do, guy. whether it made sense or not, in this Summer Grove town. And they they said to Wonder Woman, "Look, you get with the program, or the Cupids they go after you." Okay, yeah. So they're obviously not in a spell; they're just under they're duress from spell. these vicious Cupids. But now it yeah. seems that Antelantiads is the one who is using his and magical there's a powers spell until that's called out to them, and they say, "Hey, look at." It's it's them. <laughs> like I don't understand. And then uses a spell to get everybody to uh, God. And then this is the thing. And I'll tell you, we're going to go through this, you know, fairly quickly. I would hope. By the end, all it takes is a kid to walk out. Where's my mommy Mom and, and daddy? daddy? Oh no, it's over. Responsibilities. <laughs> you have talked about this idea throughout all of this, and it takes a kid to come out. Where's my mommies and daddies? Oh, what have I done? That's a very good Even question. Even at the one point where you're going to go with G. Willow Wilson. Is your mother that problems. one making love to the tree over there? No. Yeah, really. Okay, no, don't look no. over there. Thank God. <laughs> don't look, kid. Uh, also, the idea of we've been saying that G. Willow Wilson is trying to get a hold of, you know, what makes Wonder Woman. A lot of right. people are going with the idea that she's got a full grip on Wonder Woman because of the idea that Wonder Woman just spits out slogans. I mean, I'm telling you, this Wonder Woman is basically anybody on Twitter who tweets out that hate is bad. Yeah. Hates bad people well, and just waits for people to applaud. And and in this one, she ends up at one point just getting the lasso, lassoing a guy. He's yelling, no! She ends up swinging him around, slamming him down and yells at him. And I'm like, what? What is going on in this book? I don't and even understand just- what the outcome is supposed to be because we do get sidetracked. We found out there is a bigger story within Summer Grove like we talked about yeah. earlier, with that darkness that leads to this weird Olympias place Again, where that Minotaur colossal to, thing is. They happen on that by accident. They don't tell me that because but, the sword before was not glowing. She had to pee, no. which, which they said twice that she had to take a pee break and then a firework but, uh, went out. Outside of that, though, I don't understand what the point, like not not the point, but what the outcome of the story is going to be, because we are trying to figure out more about Olympus and yeah, the gods. That's the but big thing. It yeah. seems that if this wasn't the case, though, that where he found this blackness, it's like, all right, Atlanteads, 
you're going to have to figure out how to make things right here. You can still have all these people because obviously now they're your worshipers, but you have to make things right. You're, you're just going to leave this demigod, this lesser yeah. god with these people Not and their lives are wrecked. I'm like, that seems but messed up. This Wonder is Woman. the thing then. By the end, you realize that we've wasted three issues with the story because by the end, they're like, oh, well, I hope we learned our lesson here. Let's move on. And, and what? And even with that, with Aphrodite in the house, uh, with Maggie. Too scared to go with seems, Maggie. Seems like it, you don't even get a grip of if she is scared at a point, if she's angry, if she knows more. The way it's played out to me, it, you get this weird confusion of, does she know what's going on and trying to trap her? Is she kind of doing it? It's almost like she's like, no. Don't go. Stop. <laughs> no, you please, know, that stop. whole deal. <laughs> and uh, when it happens, but even with that, why isn't she up? Because one of the main things that ends up in the story by the end is the idea. And Aladdis is like, oh, no, you know what? I didn't realize that having no responsibilities means that children get hurt. No, you spelled that out for two issues. You have said that. And while that I'm here talking about over. these things, I'm going to hit on you, Wonder Woman. Yeah, and, and where I'm wondering is the whole kind of concept of this was supposed to be Aphrodite going to her child and, and kind of making amends and seeing that's completely swept oh, away. Oh, at this and, point, you know, Antelope, like, there's a long way to go between my mother and I. I'm like, okay, well, really, so it's not like if my yourself. mom came over right <laughs> oh, like now, it's happening. But th- while this all is going on, you get two or three times where I'm telling you that Antelope puts on the smolder and just like, <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? And she's like, I told you before, Annalise. My heart working. is not free. Then, yeah, it keeps then, going to the point. Well, you know what? And thankfully, she, she starts shows breaking up. down a little. <laughs> she starts to break down because. Then, how are you doing? Uh, I told you, Annalise, it ain't gonna work. And then by the it's end, it's not that I don't find you attractive, Annalise. Hey, hey, Wonder Woman. How are you doing? <laughs> He's oh like, my. oh, well, you know what? Butter. And then Cadmus shows up. I'm like, what is going on here? What, what's going on? Are you supposed to believe that, you know, time, you know, will wear down Wonder Woman? And I, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on here. And it just it, it just pops up. But with that, like I said, throughout this whole issue, you're getting points where Annalise is like, listen, you know what? I'm not the one who does all this. I'm not the one who has caused the problems here. I haven't yes, given them a spell. Yes, you are. I have shown them their way. And, and they have, you know, they, they have done their own deal. They're baking their own Look, cake, baby. Baking, and then uh, until they're god, not. A god came to them and pretty much told them, you're going to start doing this or my vicious kid. Cupid's yeah. will eat you. And at, at points, it's, it's they on you, were worshiping her. Uh, they were worshiping them. And then in this, then, when things are going really bad, uh, put on the smolder to the town. And the, How oh, you doing? We love you. We love you. And, like, uh, you're you're back to square one again. Then this kid shows up, and Wonder Woman's like, close your eyes, little girl. And No, no, no. My magic doesn't work on kids. All right. I'll Thankfully. go with that. Yeah. And then, you know, you have the thing. And this is the thing that it actually did. It was a nice enough moment. I know it would drive some people nuts, but are you a boy or a girl? Yes. And I'm thinking that kid is so confused. But as a kid, it's just like, it's all fine. right, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I want my, my mom, mom and daddy. Dad. Help me out where's here. my mom and dad? And then that's how it ends with just There's this no kid. hate where, or judgment in the eyes of a child. Are, where are the other kids? Uh, they're napping. Where, where, were they all hiding in the basement? Some NyQuil. 
Every time they tried to come out of the house where they, you know, ran into the old guy naked with the guitar. (laughs) Why aren't they all out looking for food? It's this one kid. And this is where this whole run is driven me nuts. You tell me that they have the same kind of parents as John Kent has a mother. Yes. I know. I'm telling you that there are a lot of kids dead. They are starved to death. Who knows what's going on with this, though? They're eating this the chilled fried same chicken thing. that was left for them. They're, yeah, really. They're with the Bradys. <laughs> How do you think the Bradys got so rich? You, so you many children. There, you end up there with the beginning of G. Willow Wilson's run. You had a big political that story. The story they told you at the beginning was wrong. Civil War versus, you know, in a, in a place that we didn't know. You never knew what was going on so you never could get involved in that and then we're going titans that weren't titans they're hiding in the the underground Protecting then you're the in a sword a, you're in a diner with now a sword going to take you where you need to things. be that yeah, happens so, to also be what they're looking for with aphrodite's you child you get to hear and the whole thing has been like I, I don't know what these people did before and just having one kid come out at the end to pretty much be the be all I've eaten end all, all the other oh, kids no. what's for dinner but I'm tonight saying, like what what is this this is just this kid's just waiting for the director to say okay that's your cue go out and end this nonsense she this little girl is basically the the cane thing the, you know the hook that they're pulling him off the stage because it ends that's how they end. And then Wonder Woman's like, yep, our job's done here. Just like every other hero in most of the books we read, they don't solve anything. Well, even Nothing the whole solved. idea of the blackness, which we go back to because Maggie is fighting that colossal minotaur and yeah. Aphrodite is not jumping and in to help. That. But the whole thing is I want to know more about because we have this blackness, which Aphrodite talks about. She recognized it and it, it chilled her to the bones. And it seems like these are the things that are tossing the gods out of Olympus. Like, yeah. Where was this thing for Aphrodite? Yeah, well, because I, I, Wonder I, Woman's worried that not only is this a thing where gods can be tossed out, this but is mortals the, well, this can is wander in and they the can't survive is, in there. I think this is the only problem is is that this is where you have Analadis is the only one that Wonder Woman has talked to. Now she's talked to Cadmus of Pegasi. You, you yeah. talk to a satyr. You, you talk to a, a, like you where, know the, the they, whole thing where all but, those magical animals came from and Aphrodite. But this Where's is the that problem. Hole? This is the only one that re- remembes Analadis. That's what they're playing with. Analadis is the only one who remembers actually going from Olympus into our world. The rest of them did say. I just showed up. Where were we? I, I popped in here. But but with that, why aren't you going to where they were at their little Stonehenge that they st- they came out? Why are you looking through that or whatever? Yeah, but this this is the big deal. Is only that Annalati says. Oh, I, you know, I remember darkness. I was running. I didn't know what's going on. She's like, oh my god. And it's not. I don't think that G Willow plays it out enough. But what I'm getting is this is the first person who actually remembers doing something after Atlantis or Atlantis after Olympus that I was going through a tunnel. I was doing this. All the rest of them I've said, I just showed up here. I didn't know what was going on. This seems to be the only way that, Oh, there's a tunnel. Well, let's go check it out. And when they go to check it out, you do have a, you know, a minotaur, a Titan minotaur type deal where you are Maggie's trying to fight and can't, but doesn't even really get the chance. You don't even get a lot of tension with it because wonder woman, just comes flying over his shoulder and hits it and, you know, ends up hitting this minotaur down. Everybody's happy until the minotaur gets up again. Well, even and the whole we thing, have we have the sword. We, don't, we I, don't know what the sword's going to do. It is the sword of Antiope, and it possesses its own soul, as we're told, like all weapons of Themyscira, which is very odd to me. But 
it's glowing inside this thing. She's supposed to like go into this hole and fight this Minotaur with this glowing yeah. sword. I don't know why. We though. don't know. What, and and the sword didn't lead her. To the, they went to the house to find you know, laddies because of all the things. Like you end up this this freaking sword is to me one of those guys who just claims everything was their plan all along. Like you end up Hannibal? going somewhere. No, nah, I'm saying you go anywhere and something good happens, and this guy and the one of your buddies is like, "I told you that we were going to have good." lock here no you didn't nobody knew and that's how they they playing the sword off but with it that gets me angry and and furious because by the end yeah i want to tunnel to olympus that'd be cool i like to see this minotaur pretty neat but we're doing the same thing over and over you end up with an issue where they're about to fight Ares. they think they've defeated him oh no they didn't. You end up fighting Titans in the next story. Oh, we we defeated them. No, we didn't. And you end up with this next story where you have to fight them again. And seeing that next round, too, I mean, this is a thing that keeps going on and on in this book. And it's just it's just padding, it seems. Like, the next issue, we're just going well, to have to fight the Minotaur. It doesn't seem to know what it wants to do, bit. really. It's yeah, just going through so, the motions. Yeah. And why isn't why don't they have Analatis down with them? Because Analatis and why wouldn't Analatis decide to try to get back to Olympus if this is in fact the tunnel that they came through to try to? Um, they, do they, were, these they were doing fine in Summer Grove without going back to Olympus. No, really? Had all well, these acolytes the and stuff they like were, that. They sheriffs. were doing real fine until something was you know, hey, what's going on? And then they're like, Uh-oh. oh, I don't, I don't know. Was <laughs> that doorway it still open? I'm out. It wasn't me. I think you know, follow the trail of the Cupids. They have gone somewhere i think that they've gone back to atlantis but yeah you end up with <laughs> atlantis, this fight huh? and uh, i keep saying atlantis olympus but uh yeah i don't know i'm telling you it's just nonsense i give it a 5.5 i like the art i, I could even be convinced i'm not the biggest fan of the art i, have, this, I haven't been for this I like it's just the art so it's just so much watercolor look to it everything just kind of seems washed out and there's like nothing really seems you know like defined to me for whatever reason unless, no, unless like you get it. to like the dark areas of like that whole blackness of olympus yeah, I actually think it, it's like almost like Bilquis Evely did on the book when she jumped on, you know, way back yeah. when uh, in this run. So I, like I, I actually like it. Uh, but yeah, what would you give it? I think I'd end up giving this issue because we are at least making some kind of forward momentum with the idea that the sword glows and does stuff and the, mm-hmm. the, the darkness of Olympus, whatever that is. But a 4.8 out of 10 because Jeez. I'm sorry. I, I, was, I think I, I was a four I feel last really issue. positive. Yeah, Whatever. So. I just said there's like I said to you before, the series does not seem like it wants to it take itself seriously or do. know what to do. And like, yeah, that's th- the I'm not getting a good Wonder Woman out of it because she's not doing anything. It's all about these side characters that really just seem they want to put out a it bigger moral message. And, instead and like of actually said, telling a story it really feels like wonder woman is the one in this book that has like things are going on around her and she's just always like a step behind she's she's seems confused at points she seems uh, you know almost like she's about to lose her grip on everything i just said at the one point you're, you're there Pretty much spelling out that this town, whether or not they're awful people or they're controlled to be awful, whatever, ends up just lassoing the one guy and slamming him to the ground and telling him that, you know, you better stop. And it it just – it didn't seem very Wonder Woman-esque. Well, that's the thing. She's between a rock and a hard place too where the idea is, you know, Atlanteans is going to have to clean up their own mess. But you are stuck with these people who may or may not have been controlled. They're angry now and are actually coming as a mob, which makes sense. And the whole idea is I have to – protect Antelladius because it's only one person compared to a mob like 
this this god has really just put the whammy on them. Like, you know, who are you yeah. protecting in this scenario? And I, and it feels I think weird. also even with that, like it's because she wants more info, kind of the deal. But even that, this guy, I love this guy when she's like, he's like, hey, who are you to say our justice, what our justice should look like? And you know what? I kind of agree. You can't just go into a town and say, you know, this is Whole your town justice. town terrorized by a god and, and from so, no, out of nowhere. And she just goes and he's like, huh? Ah, you understand oh. all the sex that this guy and made he, us have? Yeah. And, and then <laughs> this is this is what happened. Do you remember the scene? It's right at the beginning. Everybody who read this. She ends up lassoing this guy and slamming him on the ground. You know why? Because he interrupted them talking. She says, I have no wish to harm you or anyone gathered here. Let us talk to one another. And this guy was just like, whatever. And she's like, I'm not sure he's sensible at this moment. My divine freedom and Tao acts upon the mind. Now you're going with that. You're controlling them again. What is going on? And like, it's a kind of madness. Uh, what's the rules? And, and you know, no that idea. sort of deal. But like I said, by the end, we're a little closer to getting back to Olympus. Agreed. Maybe Themyscira then. Hopefully. That's what I want. And maybe then G. Willow will have to, you know, kind of buckle up. And, and then we and can tell really learn Wonder about how story. all the Themyscarian weapons have souls to yeah, themselves, yeah. huh? Yeah. I don't yeah. know why that has it's to just, be a thing. I, I just – I don't know what's going on. This this seems like a lot of these books now, going all the way to the top with uh, Brian Michael Bendis with the Superman books, they're getting some of these writers in that aren't typically DC writers or whatever, and they're just coming in to tell stories that y- you don't need this to be a Wonder Woman story. There's nothing in the story except the kind of go with the Olympian type angle, but that's all it's going with. This doesn't have to be a Wonder Woman book, and that kind of upsets me. I want Wonder Woman, and we're getting a lot of other things, and it's confusing me, but what's next, Eric? Up next is Batgirl number 35, written by Marguerite Scott, with art by Paul Pelletier, Norm Ratman, Jose Marsden Jr., Jordi Belair, and End World Design. The terrible trio are going to make an example out of Batgirl to show off their supremacy to the crime families of Gotham. This isn't the only thing threatening our hero, though, because unbeknownst to her... She's about to be voted out of her own company, Gordon Clean Energy. Oh dun, my! Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Uh, and Erica, before we before we go on, one last thing about the old Wonders Woman, oh, right? Not enough, uh, for you, huh? What now? What What do we say is one of the biggest things that is Compassion. a gauge <laughs> of how well a book is being received besides the score? And I will answer that for you, Eric, so that you don't mess up my whole point, is the amount of reviews that a book gets. We say that all the time, where, oh, man, if a book is not getting a ton of reviews, Wonder Woman should get a ton, correct? It gets less than the terrifics. Five reviews and one user review on the roundup. That's Hey, awful. look, if you Th- remember when we awful. started the site, that one of the reasons was Wonder yeah. Woman wasn't getting reviewed, and that it's was during Azarello's run. Though. I mean, it, should Wonder Woman be as big as Flash? Should Wonder Woman be as big as Batgirl? Yes. That, I'm answering for everyone. Yes. And those books have 13. I'm going to go make 17. a sandwich. Tell me when you're done. Yeah, really? Where's my soapbox? I, I need to cross... It's five reviews for a book that should be one of the best books out there, or at least the most important of them each week. It's become less and less important, and that's dangerous, Eric. That's a dangerous path to go down. Batgirl is what we're talking about sure now. Is. And I'll tell you right now, I like this book. It's a oh, shame. So this is the penultimate issue, Eric, of Marguerite Scott's run, it seems. And so we're going to finish so this story, her next deal, and she's going to be gone. There's a couple things in this 
boy, I really like. And, well, I'm telling and one you, of the for big things reason, I'll tell you is e- e- even the well, idea that it's a Batgirl book and we have Batgirl in danger this entire issue. I was so intrigued by just the Barbara Gordon day to day Gordon Queen energy stuff and what's going on and with that to try to distance the character as far away from Burnside as you can. I'm like, no. man, that is so good. Yeah, and Tom in the Slack had been talking to me about some things, and he said, when did it become like a big deal where, it, you know, and it, it is something that's always happened, but he's, he thinks that nowadays you're doing a lot of these two-story things, like right. you're going back and forth between, and uh, this one does it well. It and really I well. really like it. I really, really like the back and forth because, yeah, this is a payoff a bit for longtime readers of Batgirl, which we are. It also is pointing towards the idea that this Gordon Clean Energy, which has been a little bit of a problem, you know, continuity wise, well, not I'm even continuity wise, but reality wise, where you we haven't have been doing anything with it. But yet when she needs it to happen, it happened. You know, if she didn't need it, at points she would be jet setting off to France for a weekend and then the next week couldn't pay her rent. It never made sense. You had people dealing with it different ways. And I don't think that you can have a Barbara Gordon the way that they want to present her. It's almost like Jimmy Olsen. Well, is I, a I'm just glad the artist trying goofy. to get away from because they just kept piling on the things where you had Gordon Queen energy, you had the Burnside stuff, you had her going yeah. back to school to become a librarian on top of all this other stuff. My, like, let's just kind of you know figure and, out who and, the and character you know what? is. And, and at you this say point. that you know what I want her to be throughout all that Batgirl. And That's even the I idea need. where she is, this whole story is the idea of volunteering for, you know, Congresswoman Alejo. Yeah. This is, that's the, that's the over like arcing of the story here. You yeah. find out, you know, in the last issue that the terrible trio are the ones behind Cormorant and all the other stuff yeah. to try to, because they have investments in Blackgate. They don't want to see and, it yeah. shut down, but like you need to like, you know, just simplify the character a bit because even that whole, like, you know, uh, like I said before, the uh, uh, volunteering for Alejo yeah. It just kind of seemed odd. It was more of an, a means to the end, but I don't want to see Barbara Gordon end, doing that with also, her time. Yeah, and a means to an end that also seemed to be pushing more towards a message type deal than a story and stuff like that. So yeah, this though, one of the things me and you, you know, we we goof around and talk at work about things, and there's points where we discuss things about like, oh, what what do you do with this character? What would you do with that? And really, for the most part. We have both agreed with a lot of characters that you need their own villains. And that's been Batgirl's biggest oh, yeah. problem in my mind throughout. Batgirl, really, if the other Robins, you know, they get the the cast-offs. Boy, Batgirl, really. The, the At least she has always, James Gordon Jr. <laughs> yeah, and well, even then. But the other villains that she's gotten for the most part since Burnside, you know, started – are people who end up being boyfriends that turn on her. That has usually been the, the big fugue. Thing. Yeah. So with <laughs> this though, I, I really like the terrible trio, well, but I also actually, as well. but I like by the end though, and they are, but they're also in masks and things, but I like by the end where shark even kind of gives like, ends up being a wink wink almost like a blockbuster well, type dude, deal I'm and telling i thought you, that by was the, the end where you know batgirl is you know fighting shark and pretty much all of them but shark is the one really fighting them yeah when she hits him in the the mask eye and it seems that he reacts as almost as if he was hitting his actual i'm like what's going on with this terrible trio yeah. now you got some playing to do but when he ends up injecting that i'm like boy you you have oh, yeah, that, i'm sorry yeah were you saying blockbuster yeah, the idea you have that, he has that connection yeah i'm telling you you have that connection between batgirl and nightwing all along 
I thought that was cool to ha- almost have her own blockbuster right. here. And I thought that was really neat. I thought that up the ante there. I I'm thought it was you, really I, cool. I was so stuck on the idea that he reacted to the, ma- yeah, the eye at his no, mask. Remember and I'm like, I said What's that? Up with this I, guy? I ended up saying that I really wanted them to be animals. <laughs> I still want them. But even then, Is that the twist? I, I like how I like, yeah, I like how Marguerite Scott plays back and forth between the idea that Barbara Gordon is there fighting her villains when, in fact, pretty much being a superhero is a villain to her regular life. She right. can't be at Gordon Clean Energy, and it's putting Alicia in a really, really hard place and that I'm telling she's going to have to really go against I really like that idea, because the side story, the whole idea is we had a, before we saw in the last issue, uh, like, you know, Alicia trying to get a hold of Batgirl, because there's a lot of British investors who are buying up a lot of shares, yeah. and they've called a meeting, and she, like, Alicia's like, Barbara, I need you to be at this meeting. It's going to be tomorrow morning. Like, look, Alicia, I trust you. I put you in charge. Just make sure you have the people who work for the company's best interest in mind, yeah. and and so Barbara doesn't show up. She's dealing with the terrible trio. Yeah, so she's had- captured at that point. Exactly. I mean, she, she's in a, you know, a, a escape chamber. Exactly. Water escape thing. Yeah, But yeah. the whole thing is where we have these British investors and the idea. I love this whole tie around because oh, it makes so such much. a great tie. Well, you and I have talked about the idea of this where we had the Terra Care company before during, I don't know which, uh, whose run that was. That, that was, maybe actually, I think it was the Birds of Prey where we yeah, had the, the whole thing. Yeah, it was the Birds of Prey. Uh, it was Benson, Ivy, the Benson sisters exactly, run of Birds Benson. of Prey. Yep. And the whole idea was that, you know, the Gordon Queen Energy ended up buying this Terra Care and putting Poison Ivy in charge. Well, these British investors, they have found out that Barbara Gordon has a show company, yeah. which is like she's investing to Poison Ivy, a mass murderer. And, and that's the thing. Gordon Queen Energy doesn't so want great. this to get out and just because, to tank yeah. the company. You're gonna you're gonna vote Barbara Gordon out, and we're gonna take control of this whole situation. I'm like this is yep. a, this isn't a merger. This is a takeover, Alicia. Yeah, I'm like, it is. Oh my, it is a takeover. <laughs> and by the end of that Birds of Prey deal. You did have the thing, and me and you even yeah. question it then. Of like, that's weird. How is, how is this going on? You can't like we we said basically, you can't just out in the open fund a poison ivy. You, you can't. You can't. Got, but this shows that she did. Apparently, it you ended can. up being a, sh- <laughs> a shell company, and, and it's really Marguerite Scott where she has jumped on this Batgirl book, and it was. Seem to be put in her lap to finish a lot of people's stories. She well, ended not up only finishing that, the, whole thing the Nightwing actually... story of Ben Percy's yeah. and things like that. This is where she's not finished. She's actually using something else to grab in to make it even better here and make it work and make the reason we think, like we said, eventually Gordon Clean Energy was going to have to go. She can't be a millionaire. Yeah. It's nonsense. And to use a thing that happened in Birds of Prey a year, maybe more ago, that was something that we questioned then and seemed to be pushed aside. It's brilliant. Yeah, you know, and we don't say that a lot on this podcast. This issue isn't perfect, but that thing is it's brilliant it is I so it. good and this is my favorite part we, of the issue this is what we've been begging to have happen not just have you know the wonder twins mentioned in action comics or whatever yeah. you know whatever that yeah I, that's you know whatever i don't need you know names being dropped and you know that sort of thing this makes sense this is using the continuity that we have now something that's out there from another book and wrapping it into yours to make everything better. It's so good. It's the best well, part it's of this It's funny. I, I was actually listening to another podcast earlier in the week, Jim. It was uh, Batgirl oh. to Oracle, where, you know, the Stella, the host of that show, was actually interviewing Marguerite Scott. It was really okay. good. You should go check it out if, you, if you're interested in the Batgirl. It's I heard good she interview. hates our guts. So yeah, I... but it was a very good interview. But um, <laughs> the whole thing was I when Marguerite Scott came on, she was told that, like, the whole idea of her run was to make Batgirl darker. We're going to distance ourselves from Burnside and everything like yeah. that. So I'm like, 
for the stuff that she's done so far, I'm like, you know, you did a really good job in this kind yeah. of, you know, short, better it's run that shame. you had here. It's a shame because it, it's getting better and better. And it seems it's getting better and well, better and as she's been able that, to tell her own story. Well, not not uh, only that, the whole thing, too. She actually changed her writing style with to work with Paul Pelletier better to do with the Marvel. I'm talking this nice. really good interview. And, like, the, the thing is, that as the writing had changed for, the like, the artist to do a lot of works for them to actually work yeah. more cohesively, I'm like, this is something, like, this is one of the best background years. And when you go and then come back and listen to us again, right? Just <laughs> don't leave us. Now. It was a good uh, interview. Yeah, well, that, that's cool. And and we have really enjoyed Marguerite Scott. Like I, I said, some of the things we were like, yeah, but it, it seemed like she was saddled at first with tying up a bunch of other things. And to tie up a Ben Percy story from Nightwing into this book, what other book gets told to do that? Oh, then he also the, you had know, the Batman and Laughs tie-in kind of deal that was put on there with James yeah. Gordon Jr. and dealing with her father and stuff like yeah, that. There's so a lot yeah, of that, weird yeah. little intermissions that we've had while dealing with this whole, you know, Congresswoman Aleo overlark, you know, and to find out at the end it's a terrible trio, which I actually – I was actually disappointed when I first saw this last issue. I think it was when we were revealed the terrible trio because I've always seen these three as a joke kind of villain. Yeah, and yeah. They've actually, for some reason, them here up is up the game for me. You know, with the you shark like. doing the steroid concoction to become the yeah. bigger brute, so he could take on the the scheming of the fox, who's not going with the money woman of the vulture. Like, there's a lot of cool things in here that I really think. Like, you've kind of elevated the terrible trio in my mind, and on top of that, have elevated the Barbara Gordon background story because I find Barbara Gordon boring for a long time now because like all the things we just talked about all the stuff that they kept adding to the character to make her interesting never did but you taking away from the character yeah all right now you're actually doing something that i can get behind because and, and, you're getting rid and, of the nonsense yeah. and that's the thing um i i even you know we are fans of the gail simone run the new yeah. 52 and it's it's a weird thing where it does seem like you know you did have a darker deal you ended up with that. I mean, really, it hit Twitter like a freaking tornado when they took over and made it the Burnside background. And their main goal was to make it a lighter yeah. book. They didn't like the dark deal. Well, we've done that enough. And I like it getting darker. Like you said, that on the, uh, you know, Batgirl, the Oracle, Oracle, the Batgirl, uh, ended up, uh, in the interview saying that it's more of a dark, I like the darker. Take. So do I. I think that we need that a little now. Uh, Cecil Castellucci is taking over the book as in a couple issues. That's the, uh, the lady who does the female furies. And so she's going to take all over the book and who knows what we're going to get then. I, I don't know. I can't, I know and I'm either. not going to, I'm not going to use the female furies as an example no, of, Oh, mind. we're going to get this or that or the other thing. I hope that it continues this trend. I'm worried that it's changing because they don't want this darker deal. Some books can stand to be a little darker. Some books can stand to have a little bit of light and, See, you know, that doesn't humor seem to, to be it. the thing. I think Margaret Scott, she had a contract and is just getting done the whole thing. No. She's going to go do some fan created stuff. I'm not a fan. I mean, owner, like, you know, creator owned yeah, stuff. But, yeah, yeah. And I think the edict is that right now at DC is to make the background darker because you did have enough of that, back, like, burn siding of background and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, because I like, I like e it. Even the whole redemption of Jason Bard here, where no matter what, he is trying to get on Barbara Gordon's good side ever since Batman oh, yeah. Eternal for locking her father up in that. And the whole thing where he's spent the entire night outside yeah. after no, the, the landlord best of his is, new apartment has I tossed really, all her stuff out. I really thought it was going to be the Seinfeld where the chair is there and he's just <laughs> sitting there and then he gets up to do something. And, it, and the local street tops come and take it. It ends up being pretty much a homeless guy. It looks like grabbing some stuff and he wakes up and he goes, hey, that's not yours. This isn't tragic. Hey, it's, it's on, on the, the street. street. Sounds and like it's fair he, game to me. 
And he's like, oh, so might as well be say Alley property. I love to. Yeah, it's Alley property. <laughs> he ends up going like, huh, am I going to be the creep who takes the, uh, the, the stuff to my place? And he's like, no, no, I'm going to. No, he goes, I love it. He's like, no, no, am I kidding? I'm going to be the creep who pays somebody to take it to my house. <laughs> just I hate imagine, no, just imagine you, moving no, no, the stuff. That's the thing is I would pay somebody to do it too because I hate moving so much. The only reason I haven't moved yet because I can't afford to pay movers. But yeah. the thing is. Just the idea. So you're done with the terrible trio. And Bart is going to have to tell, like, Barbara, I have all your things in yeah, my house arranged yep. up by you. I'm and the telling biggest you, creep I ever. know that Marguerite Scott would probably not listen to this podcast, but please, why couldn't you have had some street toughs? It would have been the best thing that ever <laughs> happened. It would have been so good. But yeah, by the end of this, the big thing with Barbara and the Gordon Clean Energy, as she's trying to escape the terrible trio, which she does get out in a cool oh, way. And, and that's Again, the thing it, is it too, works that, the way out. You finally reveal what was in that Batgirl backpack this whole time for this new yep. costume. It is the parachute. parachute. She released to break the top of yeah. this Houdini and water broke it escape. Out. And with that, I like the idea. Yeah, this is, I mean, you can sit there it's desperate times, right? But it is still detective work that she's doing. She, what Marguerite Scott to me that we've kind of not even pointed out, but I think that people have to realize she has made Barbara smart again. She's actually a smart Batgirl. And that's something that we didn't have for a while and really upset us where she's trying. She's, you know, trash talking. She's trying to do that. She's pounding on the side. She gets out of her, you know, restraints. She's she going. She just feels strong. And, yeah, and then she, you know, she shoots the grapple. That doesn't work. She's trying all these things as they're laughing at her. And then she even realizes, boy, th- they planned for all this. She And she uses that because he, you have Fox like, oh, you're blessed. We accounted for that as well. Ding, ding in her in her head. I got a ding sound. Uh, they they planned for all this. Well, I have this new thing. They couldn't possibly plan for this and ended up, you know, the parachute goes up, takes yeah. the top, she jumps out. And we haven't seen that yet. Battle, as the battle's going on, you go to Alicia, who's working with this British company, and the whole deal is legitimately – you know, Alicia and and Barbara, they have the majority. They cannot be taken over yeah. with a vote, but they're being hijacked. And these these Brits are saying, listen, we know uh, about the poison we're gonna ivy. We're going to let this everything. out. Yeah. And then what's going to happen in a reality that makes sense, unlike early Nightwing, the – the stocks are going to plummet. It's all going to go down. Then we're just going to buy it up. And all the people that are counting on you for a job are going to be fired, let go. And, and you're not going to have that. that's the last so, thing that Bab said to Alicia. Just do yeah. what's best for the people yep. who work at the company. So like, oh, if you don't that want sounds like that, Bab's out. Yeah. Gordon Clean yeah. Energy gone. Gotham yeah. Clean Energy it in. It has to be. And in the meantime... I can't see that Barbara, yeah, she might get a little butt hurt, as Brandon says, but I can't see that this is, Alicia is in the worst I'm, predicament right here. That, and I though. think that Barbara was there with her, they'd have to agree to do this anyway. They'd have to say, okay, actually yeah, work very out a deal with I'm this. saying, though, I'm very curious on how this is going to work out and what Cecil is going to bring to the whole table. Because right now, let's say we finish off the terrible trio. We know this is going to happen with Gordon Queen Energy. Right now, Barbara Gordon is at the lowest that she's been in a long time because yeah. right now 
She has no money. She just thought nope. she was going to be independent and have this whole thing. Jason Bard is this blast from the past where she doesn't know if she could trust or not. And she is on the most and if you outs don't with know, her Jason father. Bard, Jason Bard pretty much screwed her father yeah. in the Batman Eternal and was the big villain at one point. Not so that's saying, though, the whole the, thing with that. It's a weird back and forth, too, because she's on the most outs with her father than she's been for, forever, it seems like, for the stuff that he pulled with James but Gordon I saw Jr. Her talking to, I saw her talking to her dad last week in Batman, Eric. Shut that, up over there. She was, she was there with him. But so the whole thing is she has nowhere to go, no money. All her assets are frozen nowhere at this point. Nowhere to go but up is I'm what just saying, I like, say. The whole thing is like she's she hates – she's not getting along with her father. The idea of Jason Bard, the man who put her father in prison before, who she does not like, but who's trying more than anything to make she's her like him. She's starting to like him a little more. I'm just saying, you know, where you do you tell. go from there? Well, she's just going to be – She's is- going to be like taking stuff off the streets. It's on the street. It looks like it's up mm. for grabs to me. I'm Barbara Gordon. <laughs> Three-second rule. Three-day rule. And I think she lives on the couch at Barnes. I, I think that that will be what it goes on. I think that y- you're going to have uh, Cecil come the on and not have to deal with Gordon Clean Energy. It's just going to be Gotham Clean Energy. I think yeah. that Alicia will still continue to run that. Barbara will probably sell her shares to Alicia so that she is still the number one in charge. She has the full majority, 51%. I think that that's how it'll go. And says, listen, you do that. You've always done it. I have let it go. It's yours. Boom, boom, boom. And go off. And I just think it's it needs to happen because you can't have this little thing in the background of anything where Barbara's trying to do it and know that she has a trillion dollars. It just doesn't make sense for the character. And I think that then Cecil, it's pretty, to me, well, who knows? I mean, they end up, we've never really told, but she was supposed to be a millionaire at one point. But uh, with that, I think that this is one of those Cecil goes on and can do whatever she wants because of the idea that you're starting from the bottom. You're starting with this. And I, I actually like Bard a lot. As this has gone on, I thought it was ridiculous for him to come back. But as he's gone on, if he turns into a villain, I'll, I'll slice you. Because I'm now liking him. I love the fact that he's just sitting out there on the curb with her stuff. It's so good. It's so cool. Uh, I like that he fell asleep, though. He's drooling all over himself. Where's his cane? I think that guy stole his cane. That's actually uh, I was wondering where the cane is. Obviously, he's not doing any of the moving himself because he walks no, with the cane. He can't. I like that. But I said I love that deal. He's like, who am I kidding? I'm going to pay somebody to do this. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm that creeper. Uh, but yeah, what what are you giving this? I ended up giving this a seven point eight out of ten. I love the art, and the thing is, I love the Barbara Gordon and the Gordon Queen energy stuff. I thought the Batgirl fight, like you know, it wasn't as strong as I would have liked, even though it was really like a good fight scene. It's just the actual stuff with Batgirl was not as interesting as the stuff dealing with Barbara Gordon in the end, but I could go up to an 8 out of 10 at talking to you for this because I'm going I had a really, I had a really uh, good yeah. time with this go issue. I'm, Let's do it, Eric. I'm do really it. mad that Marguerite Scott is leaving because this has been my favorite Batgirl for a while, I think, since Gail Simone left. What'd you tell him about Willie? Uh, it's all America. Yeah, I'm going 8-5. I'm telling you, that whole tie-in with, with Poison Ivy, we don't get that a lot anymore. No. And that's something we've been really, really wanting. And it that was, was really a breath good. of fresh air to go it back was. to that. It was so cool. It was, <laughs> so something, it was something that we yelled about, that we had such a problem with. So and now it, it ends up tying back to make so much sense. Like you said, that she it's a shell company, but they discovered it. And even with that, it, it makes me... You're 
we're in a superhero comic where she does have a secret identity, but this yeah. show that was kind of a secret identity type thing. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I really do. She's lucky she didn't tie it back to like a Bruce Wayne or something. That yeah. Crazy. But yeah, I'm going eight five. Really, got her really own money. liked it. And I, I'm telling you, I love the idea of the fight going on, and you have Marguerite Scott that does something that I say. That And a lot of writers do it. Scott Snyder does it a lot, where you have one scene go into the other with the continuing narration from the one before, but it makes yeah. sense for both scenes. I, I really like it. And she does it hard and heavy in this. And I thought that it was played out really well. And I, I had fun with it. I'm waiting though, for anybody's mask to come off. I'm like, that shark mask, it better come off. Who's under there? Uh, but yeah, when he blockbusters out, hulks yeah, out, I cool. thought that that was pretty cool. And everybody running. And the, the other deal is these these pieces of crap that are there for everything that, you know, ooh, you can have this and you can have that. I think she sets up the whole idea that when you do have Shark all blockbuster and he's just ripping through, you don't care if these people get killed. There's no reason well, for Well, you Barbara. kind of do because they're kind of strong-arming these people to the idea like you, you're going to give us a third of your earnings. You don't want to kill that. That is true, but they're there because they're pieces of crap. So when Barbara – I like the idea that there's this crowd. Barbara doesn't really have to pay attention to save them as much because of the stuff that – there are dog fights going on and those people are standing around cheering and yeah, stuff. It's so, a bad yeah, place. I'm telling you, it's bad. So she doesn't have to deal with them. She could just fight the guys. I like actually the back and forth with the terrible trio. Where, I told you. I told you Batgirl was a bad idea. I, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> oh, Fox, I you really, dummy. I really, really thought it was Look what you've gone done and did, Fox. Uh, yeah. And, and she and there there you go. You have a darker book. And really, it is really dark. Uh, but there was some humor to it as well, and I thought that was pretty good. So 8-5, Eric, and nice. we're going to go off now to some more mail. Hey, guys, it's Toby calling from the UK. It's been uh, quite some time since my voice has graced the podcast. I apologize to everyone. But, uh, yeah, um, sad times. Um, I was uh, hit up earlier this week by uh, Tonya, Jim's wife. Um, saying, you know, have you heard the news? And uh, Rob Lewis hit me up as well on Twitter and told me what was uh, what was going on. And Jim reached out, and uh, yeah, I'm just absolutely devastated that I can't believe you know Tom King is still on Batman. Um, but yeah, uh, in all seriousness, it fucking sucks about Reggie. Um, long-time listeners all know he uh, came over to the UK. Um, sort of in December of 2017, um, out with Simon, uh, met up with me, and we uh, we we spent a weekend pretty much just hanging out, uh, touring London, showing him around, and just getting to know the guy. And uh, he's uh, since then become uh, one of my uh, very dearest friends. Uh, I believe Americans would say a brother from another mother. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 difficult being um, thousands of miles away from someone that you want to be, you know, uh, you want to just reach out and touch them and you know hold their hand and shit and you know no gay shit, but um, you know what I mean. Like it's just difficult. Um, but yeah, he's he's got like nothing but love and support from everyone here at the GFC. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously his, uh, his friends and family at home as well. Um, and yeah, we all, obviously we all wish him the very best. 
Um, it's definitely put a lot of shit into perspective. Um, it makes me realize that, you know, time is, uh, is a finite thing and, uh, we, we need to make the most of what we have cause we never know when that shit's going to run out. So yeah, um, it's been good being back here with everyone saying hello to everyone. Um, I don't even know why I've been gone for so long. Um, but I have missed everyone and I just wish that, um, I'd been able to get over myself and, um, sort of reunite with everyone under happier circumstances. Um, yeah. What else can I say? Reggie, my brother, my blood, uh, hang in there, man. We miss you. We love you. Jim and Eric. Thank you. Um, you know, thanks for being in touch, for reaching out. Chris as well, Chris Sheehan on the Cosmic Treadmill. I love you guys as well. Um, I love everyone listening to this. I love everyone. I don't want anyone to not know that um, because, you know, we may never get another chance to tell one another what the, what we mean to each other. And uh, everyone hearing this right now means a lot to me. Uh, so, yeah, I wish you all well. Definitely Reggie uh, and Lizzie as well. Um, I love you guys. Hang in there. We're with you. And uh, I'll see you soon. All right, dude. Peace. Welcome to the Orlando Zone. Indeed, it is the Orlando Zone. Uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Um, I feel like I've not done one of these for ages. Uh, I kept on getting the review package uh, through from uh, from Jim and uh, kept on checking. It's like, nope. Nothing for me there. <laughs> and, uh, and then so, and that went on for about three weeks. And then, uh, I looked at last week's package and there it was. Martian Manhunter issue five. Ooh, how I have waited for this. Mm. Martian Manhunter issue number five is written by, as if, as if I need to say this, but I will anyway. It's written by the mighty Steve Orlando. Uh, art is by Riley Rossimo. Colors are by Ivan Placentia. Uh, the letters are by And World Design. I've never heard of them before. Welcome to the show, And World Design. There you go. Uh, the cover price is $3.99. And it is, of course, published by DC Comics. And uh, let's get started. This book remains a difficult one to review. Set in the Martian Manhunter's past, it is a prequel for which very few people were clamoring. Released hot on the heels of DC's other MM title, it is implicitly a thematic sequel to King and Gerard's Mr. Miracle, or at the very least a cynical or desperate attempt to cash in on the popularity and critical acclaim of that title. It is difficult to see how it can successfully do either. 
What we've had so far is a distinctly uneven alien noir tale whose Martian scenes are self-consciously weird, but mostly feature recognisable analogues for human social ills and customs, and whose earthbound detective tale is simply not yet complex enough to be compelling. As we near the halfway point, something needs to change. Perhaps last issue's cliffhanger ending will signal a different direction. Let's find out. All right, we start. Well, do you know what? Before we do anything, let's let's look at the covers. Do you know what? If they put together a reasonably priced but still attractive uh, hardcover book of the cover art uh, for this series, uh, I'd be tempted uh to get hold of it the uh the the Ronnie Rosmo art is is here on the cover uh extraordinary really um it's uh extraordinarily bold and vivid uh it's a picture of charm the big bad guy from last time who's kind of looming over i mean he kind of occupies most of the cover really and he's looming over uh, a Martian manhunter who is kind of stood on the earth and kind of struggling really to to kind of stand up straight as uh, Chan's sort of gigantic kind of skeletal claws are kind of reaching out towards him. It's very good, very good. The the um, the cover is ruined a little bit. I, I, I don't know why they keep on doing this. Uh, they, they put on, um, quotes from random sort of other random kind of comic creators. They, they did this with, with Mr. Miracle. Uh, so you, you had sort of like Mr. Miracle and there's a quote from sort of Brian Michael Bendis about, you know, how amazing Tom King is the writer or whatever. um, and how, you know, the next 23 pages of uh, three by three, you know, grid pages is going to blow you away, despite the fact that sort of like 50% of the panels are identical to one another. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. Um, this, this issue has a similar thing, uh, and it's by Andy Kubert, uh, who is, of course, uh, the artist for Dark Knight 3, The Master Race. Um, you'll notice that he is not a writer. Hmm. <laughs> this is what he says. Martian Manhunter is the perfect example. You see, okay, perfect example. Right. Okay. Of synergy. Oh, no, don't you dare use that word. Ah, that's a, that's a proper review word, that is. Do you know what? I don't think I've ever used that word in a review, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> it's a it's just a horrible word it, it it's it's one of those words that have, have been uh that were cool briefly sort of at some point in the early 1990s but have been so overused by corporate types that it it should now just be excised from the english language and andy kubert is using it here to describe this comic that's not a good thing not good at all example of synergy between story and comic art ah right so right you mean it's the perfect mix the perfect blend of art and story is that what you mean andy wow I've never heard that before, ever. That's amazing. The pacing that Riley injects. 
Sorry, no, that's not what he says. The pacing that Riley interjects. <laughs> oh, Andy. <laughs> uh, interjects is a very different thing to injects. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. It just is. Uh, the pacing that Riley interjects into Steve's spotless scripting. Oh, dear. I'm struggling already. I I'm not even past the cover. I can't do this. Steve's spotless scripting adds immensely to the story beats without skipping one. Uh, I can see what he did there. Uh, it is not an easy thing to do. No, I'm sure it isn't. Um, okay. Thanks for that, Andy. That's great. Josh Middleton's cover is unadorned by crap. <laughs> it's unadorned by specious nonsense from from people who should know better than, than to write such terrible stuff and allow their name to be to be attached to it in public. Uh, the Joshua Middleton cover is pure and uh, and wonderful, and uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a it's a picture of. Uh, of Charn kind of radiating sort of malevolent telepathic power. Uh, and uh, the sort of uh, picture of, of, of John in his human guise, although his eyes are turning red and that's, you know, some of the, or one of the waves of red power uh, sort of emanating from Charn appears to be coming out of his red eye. It's quite clever, actually. Uh, and and there's sort of like a tumbling sort of uh, progression of screaming faces in the uh, on, on the image. It's really good. It's really really good. The, the Middleton stuff. I I, I just think. Uh, I mean, I like the Rosmo stuff, but the Middleton covers, the last, last few Middleton covers have just been astonishing. They've just been really, really good. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to. I'm turning the page. That's, that's what I'm doing. Oh, we're on Mars. <laughs> we're on Mars. And, uh, yeah, that's where we are. We're, we're in, uh, we're in some kind of council meeting uh we're in uh it, it is a punishment basically uh i'm getting sort of very very sort of vibes of the phantom zone really out from the original superman film which is not necessarily a bad thing um you've got four uh martians or maybe five actually it's difficult to tell uh one looks like ah right okay one is right there's one in it who has been transformed uh right that makes sense and uh there are four others uh one of whom is a white martian uh and the other three are green uh who are awaiting their judgment uh and hovering over them is this kind of weird looking thing that sort of looks a little bit i don't know if you ever seen the dune movie by uh by david lynch uh his his kind of depiction of the navigators in that uh, has them sort of bloated sort of heads uh, with on, on kind of shrunken wizened bodies. Uh, it, it, it doesn't look anything. Like, <laughs> it doesn't look anything like that, but it reminds me of that for some weird reason. I don't know. Don't know why uh, it's got sort of like, like a weird kind of flayed wings and it's kind of hovering above Above the, the convicted criminals, 
and he's passing sentence on them. Um, and uh, the, the the first thing that we encounter is uh, is a problem, really, which is which is the name of the person of the Martian who's just been uh transformed into this kind of weird hideous uh he looks a little bit like a a a marionette actually as as if a marionette that has been uh has been carved by uh, an 11 year old me uh it, it it looks that bad um and his name is bud burns and we have a problem here or at least i do which is that okay i get that like john johns uh, you know, John Johns, John Jones, we get that. Um, Bud Burns, I, I don't I'd say, see the thing, <laughs> there's something kind of implicitly, um, comedic about that. Uh, John Jones doesn't quite have that, but Bud Burns does. I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I, I wish I could explain it properly, but, but like the alliteration of the, the plosive B sounds isn't quite as cool as the alliteration of the J sound. I don't know. It's really weird. Bud Burns. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Anyway, Bud Burns. <laughs> The Manhunter Council stands honorably convened on the shores of the hidden sea to cast sentence on you. Okay. Uh, you will thus relinquish your flesh's innate ability of expression, be locked in one shape, frozen for the rest of your existence. Uh, yeah. So, in case you didn't realize, being locked in one shape, that means you, you can't change form. Uh, okay. Fair enough. And now he turns his attention to Chan Ozum. Yep, that's Chan's last name, and I think you can we can all understand now why he ditched it uh, on Earth in the near in the well, say near future in the in the further future. Chan Ozum. Hello, my name is Mister Ozum. No, that's not, that's. That's not quite got the it's not quite got the same ring about over about it, does it? Uh then my name is Chan. That's much better. I like that. My name is Chan. Yeah, okay. But not awesome. No. Anyway, he's uh, he he looks kind of weak and pathetic. Uh and he goes, No, no, wait, you can't, you and he, he looks all uh all upset. Bless him. And then we turn over the page and we've got this amazing dull page spread. And it's, it's one of the most disturbing pieces of artwork I've seen in my life. Um, Rossman does an astonishing job here, really, because what, what he does is, is he kind of shows us, uh, Chan in kind of mid transformation. And it's over the course of the double page spread. One single, am I right in saying that? Yeah. One single image. And you get this kind of, uh, sense of his flesh kind of being sort of melted and reformed. And it, it, it's a, it's a really, it's a really, really disturbing piece of art. And it works. It works really well. As I said in the review on, on the site, there's a kind of weird kind of insectoid quality to, uh, to Chan's face here. His eyes kind of bug out and his, his, uh, his mouth is kind of gaping wide open. It's very, very, very disturbing. Now, here's, here's my problem with this to- double page spread. It, it, it is not the artwork. The, the artwork is, is utterly alien and weird and, and just, 
astonishingly uh, visceral and and disturbing. It, it just it's so good. The, the The problem I have are the words that accompany it, and this is where. You know, I wish, I wish that people like Andy Kubert didn't sell their soul quite so readily. I mean, I assume, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I could be doing the man a grave disservice, but I, I'm assuming that, you know, as, as part of your contract for, for DC, every so often they come along and they kind of ask you to, to write specious nonsense for, uh, for, for random covers and what have you. Here's the problem. He talks about, about, Orlando's spotless scripting. This is what we get. You are guilty of sedition. Well, sedition is a is a political crime, um, and suggests that um, well, it suggests that Chan is is part of some kind of organised group, or at least has kind of political and uh, cultural, you know, sympathies. With a with a cause that is presumably outla- uh, outlawed or banned, uh, we don't get any under- any uh, indication of what that cause might be. We just we just it's just the word is thrown in there. Sedition, okay. Uh, sedition's a, a weighty word, though. Anyway, we we don't have anything else to to kind of to work with. So we're going to have to just leave that to one side. We then get this thought battering. And at that point, I kind of, I want to throw something at something. Um, because, because that's just terrible, isn't it? Thought battering. You see, here's, it reminds me of that joke. It's a really bad joke, but I will tell you about, <laughs> I'll tell you the joke nonetheless. Uh, there was trouble at the fish and chip shop the other day. Oh yes. Yeah. A couple of fish got battered. Uh, and I think the reason, the reason, <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Don't laugh. Don't, don't encourage me. It's not good. Uh, thought battering is, you see, battery, okay, as in assault and battery, that's a thing. Um, that's a, that's a criminal offense. It's a, it's, it's a, you know, something that, uh, that requires the intervention of uh, the justice system. And that's, that's fine. Thought battering, though, is just seems, it's it's that thing that Orlando does where where he aims for something and he doesn't quite get it. It's and you can see what he's aiming for because he's missed it. <laughs> you can you know exactly where he's going for, but he hasn't quite got it. And and it's it's there as well. Count countless acts of wanton shape abuse. And again, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking to myself, right, what does that, what does that mean? You see, here's, here's the problem. And, and this is, this is why I am a terrible person to review Steve Orlando books because I think too much about them. And, and, and I think what happens is, is that Orlando just kind of, uh, flings these cool sounding words out and expects you just to kind of, to go, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of see what you, what you mean with that. Okay, and, and just kind of accept it and move on. And, and unfortunately, I'm one of these people that doesn't do that. Um, and so when he says countless acts of wanton shape, you see, wanton suggests kind of, you know, unrestrained, maybe even sexual in some way. Shape abuse, what does that even mean? What does that mean? It's like, oh my God, you've become a square. Stop. Stop! You you you're just abusing the the the, the shape of squares. 
Is that what it means? I, I don't know. Are, are there certain are there certain uh, shapes that are that are banned on Mars uh, that that are forbidden? Gosh, that's actually quite interesting, isn't it? I, I think that's interesting. It's a, I mean, you could imagine, can't you, that you know, a, a society that evolved around the, this notion of kind of bodily fl- fluidity. I have to be very careful <laughs> what they say there. Uh, this, this notion of sort of you know, you know, kind of being able to to, to change a shape easily. Uh, you could imagine that, yeah, you know, there, there are certain shapes that become, for for very specific cultural reasons, taboo over a period of time. I, I kind of like that idea. I like what this is suggesting, but we just don't get any any real kind of indication of of what all of this means. And as a result of that, it all serves to distance you and push you away. Uh, from being emotionally involved with this, with this character and, and having a proper understanding of what it is that he's done. You see, I, I, okay, sedition, that sounds, I says, as I said, that sounds political. Thought battering, I've no idea what that is. A telepathic violence of some kind? I don't know. Why not just say that? Um, countless acts of wanton shape abuse? Uh, you, you've lost me. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Stop being silly. Memory theft. Yeah, okay. Memory theft. That's bad. I get that. <laughs> For this and an utter lack of repentance, we name you as a high felon. For this, you are to be frozen as your peers, your red static flesh, a symbol of your crimes. That I like. I, I, I like this. This is something that, that, that Orlando, uh, is, it's not something Orlando's come up with, but it's, it's something that he's, he's certainly acknowledging and kind of working with this notion of, uh, color cast system, uh, in Martian society. I, I like that. I like this notion, and I do like the notion actually of, of me, of taking away somebody's, uh, ability to change shape. And making it a part of their punishment. I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Particularly if, if you, as the, uh, as the punisher, as the, as the person responsible for administering the punishment, get to decide what form they're stuck in. That's pretty nasty. I like it. A sign that no matter how far you flee, no one escapes the manhunters. I was with him, really. Uh, up until that last line, no one escapes the manhunters. It's such a small thing, but it's so significant, isn't it? I, I, I kind of, I understand, you know, Orlando's, th- th- there are very good reasons why you should change no man escapes the manhunters to no one escapes the manhunters. Um, but, pfft. It's just not good enough, is it? Really, I, 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 I just think you know when you're using something like a kind of you know an act, you know a. I want to suppose Star Trek Next Generation did it, didn't they? With uh, where no one has gone before. Um, I don't know. I, I, I maybe I'm being too finicky about this. Uh, I prefer No Man Escapes the Manhunters because men are what they're hunting. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Uh, here we next get another double page spread. Uh, this one's sort of divided up into a number of, uh, different panels. There is a kind of circular, it's not a full circle, but it's, uh, sort of semi-circular, 
uh, panel in the top middle uh, of the of the page, and then sort of radiating out from it are other panels. Uh, John's face is the center is the center panel, the circular one, uh, and so he and he looks kind of disturbed. Well, I suppose he, he he's he's meant to be kind of looking a little bit ashamed because 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 Chan when he gets transformed in the process of being transformed he starts to rage against the manhunters who are sort of imprisoning him in this body the, the problem i have with this and and again it's it's to do with precisely what andy kubert says on the front of the book and and it's just not happening here, which is which is that the, the the words are too fluent, the words are too coherent. Um, bearing in mind that this 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 Martian Chan is clearly in utter agony, uh, and in fact, the, the previous page and the top of this page. All he's doing is screaming. And so he goes from screaming, and you see, you know, his body is still kind of being transformed, and it's it's disturbing as anything, you know. Um and, and you kind of get sort of things happening on a on a cellular level as well, and, and there's a kind of uh Rossimo shows the kind of the cells kind of hardening and and, and sort of becoming more angular in outline. Some clever stuff going on here, actually. To be fair, um, but 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 Chan is starting to have a go at the at the council, and he says, "Your council rots from within. A disgrace to your precious Otinaz." What does that mean? Don't know. Does that mean justice, code of honor? Don't know. There are only high felons in this room. Send me to whatever prison world you wish. Work my frozen flesh to the core. I will not be broken by the likes of you. It's all very defiant and uh, interesting, I suppose. I just, I, it, it reminds this bit reminds me a little bit, and actually a lot of Orlando dialogue reminds me of this. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Batman Forty Eight and the opening of Batman Forty Eight with the with the young man reciting the psalm. Or, or actually, do you know what? Actually, that, that, do you know what the young man reciting the psalm in Batman Forty Eight is is as nothing compared to the utter bollocks that we get in Heroes in Crisis. The, 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 there, is, there is so much uh, utter bullshit in, in Heroes in Crisis. In, in terms, I mean, there's a lot of bullshit in Heroes in Crisis, but in, in, in terms of characters just reciting uh, extraordinarily long and extended pieces of poetry or philosophy or... Uh, or you know, quotes from Freud or whatever, and 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 it, and it's it's just here's the thing, right? When when people recite stuff, they recite it because it means something to them, and so and so a skillful writer, a writer that that understands that and knows what they're what they're doing, will actually will actually make make allowances for that there'll, there'll, there'll be pauses there'll be hesitations there'll be ways in which in which the person doing the reciting uh emphasizes and highlights particular things that mean something to them uh the, the thing about the batman 48 thing <laughs> returning to that uh the batman 48 thing is if you remember uh the young 
a man who was the groom at the wedding, then the Joker shoots him on the first page. Uh, actually, no, sorry. Joker shoots him on the, uh, on the, the double page spread after the first page. Um, he's reciting this, this psalm and he recites it. And, and, and Mikhail Janin does this amazing job of kind of showing him sweating and what have you and being incredibly, you know, uh, disturbed by the situation that he's in. And, uh, the script doesn't, doesn't reflect that at all. It's just a straight recitation of the psalm. There's something very similar going on here. Chan should be, surely. I, I don't mind having him defiant. That's fine. I mean, I mean, I do think, you know, if, if, it depends what Orlando wants to do with the character and it depends on what, where he wants to go with the series. But maybe it might have been better to have Chan kind of succumb to his fate here and actually come to this realisation, come to this kind of state of defiance uh, gradually over a period of time. I mean, he's got hundreds of years that he's he's on Earth, as we find out later on. Uh, but he chooses not to do that. He chooses to have the moment of defiance right here. And that's fine. Um, what isn't fine is is to kind of present it in this way where he's speaking in kind of continuous sentences, speaking in kind of this grandiose language, and he's clearly in pain. And not just any pain, but the kind of the, the, the pain of having your your entire cellular structure being remade. Um and it just doesn't it doesn't he doesn't sell it to me. You see, here's the thing. It it you you could you could write it in such a way that it makes it that that the that the the dialogue kind of complements that visceral imagery. And, and and you could do that. You could do that very easily. Um, but but that doesn't happen here, and and it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a missed opportunity. And and as I said, one one of the things that you get with Orlando a lot is you get you get pushed out of the story. You you don't feel that emotional connection with the characters. We're, we're going to talk about this a lot in a moment, but 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 you don't. And, and that is a real problem. And, and the, you know, the annoying thing is I've seen Orlando write, write, you know, moments of emotion incredibly well. The, the, and, and probably the, the best example of that is in the Shadow Batman series. There's some stuff there that actually really hits on an emotional level. This is nothing like that. And, and it's because there's too many bloody words. There's too many words on the page. Uh, and they're, and they're too, uh, anyway, it, it, it kind of, it frustrates me. Sometimes less really is more. Mind you, I should probably pay attention to that with my reviews, shouldn't I? Anyway, we're back to the present, which isn't, of course, the present. It's, it's actually the Martian Manhunter's past. Cause like this is a, kind of prequel stroke origin story I, I don't even never mind John's um, looming over John and uh, we get probably uh, I was just talking to, to, to Simon on the Slack chat about this um, we both found this line of dialogue incredibly, incredibly funny and, 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 and both of us we're finding it difficult to explain why. Uh, it, it's Chan is kind of looming over over John. John's kind of lying on the on the floor, and he's he's covered with some really horrible kind of postular boils, you know. 
And he says, no, the curse boils. And I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's like Bud Burns. I've no idea. No idea why it's funny, but it is. Uh, so no, the curse boils. Maybe my favorite line of the issue. Uh, and he says something really weird, which is get them off, get them off, Chan. And I'm like, well, why are you saying that? Because if, if they're curse boils, then are you suggesting that you think that that he controls from me as curse? Is that what we're saying? It's a bit of a weird thing to say. Um, anyway, basically, the, the rest of the of this section is uh, is Chan kind of taunting and tormenting John, making him appear that uh, he's got this horrible boils on on him. Um. Osprey does a pretty good job here. It is gross. It's gross and disturbing and horrible. Um, and uh, I don't know. It, it, it's w- w- again the, the dialogue is just kind of weird. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's just this dialogue is just a bit odd. So, um, did you think you'd cheat death forever? What makes you so special? Uh, okay. Why? Okay. This really is just. Uh, Chan kind of, well, uh, later we find out it, it's Chan messing with John's head in a, in a kind of very literal sense, but, um, he's just kind of tormenting him here. Um, and the, 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 the problem with, with that is that, um, when you have a villain kind of, kind of menacing somebody and kind of, you know, sort of looming over them in a threatening way, and and they and they talk at them a lot. Eventually, you start to realize they're not doing anything. Okay, they're just talking. I mean, admittedly, John has got the has got the boils on his on his flesh and what have you, and and they do look really gross, and he's very freaked out about it. But Chan actually isn't do isn't doing anything other than looming over him and making him making him uh, terrified. Uh, he's not physically attacking him or anything like that. It, it's it's all kind of uh, look at this. Look, you got boils, boils. Look at the boils. Did you think you'd be free of the boils? You're not, are you? Look at them. They're all over you. Look at the boils. Damn it, John. <laughs> and then he disappears. It's a moons of Mars. Why can't I see you? Which is a weird question to ask. Why does it say where have you gone? <laughs> Why can't I see you? It's actually a really odd question to ask, isn't it? It's it's just just like why can't I see you? It's like uh, maybe it's just because I've moved away. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just I've just nipped out to the loo. I'll be back in a minute. Why can't I see you? I'm not here. Except he is here. I'm not letting you, Johns. Ah, that's why he asked. Why can't I see you? So that charm can explain why can't why you see this is another thing right and and it's 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 yet another uh crap thing that orlando does it is there's no mystery to any of this right this this could be very this could be really kind of disturbing and 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 it is disturbing up to a point but it could could be really disturbing and mysterious you could you could have this this charm guy show up mess about with with john and disappear, do do the whole kind of you know being invisible kind of thing, and re- really play that for um, 
played out for suspense and tension and what have you. And uh, instead, what you what you get is is Char just explains. He explains how he's doing it. He says, says "Ah, well, I've been around here on on Earth for hundreds of years, you know, and uh, my brain has been, uh, you know, continuing to develop and what have you. My telepathic powers, I'm developing them, and uh, you've not done that, so I can do stuff that you can't do. So there you go. And I'm like, why, why tell him?" <laughs> What's the point of telling him, of telling your enemy, you know, what your secret is? It's like, it's like Superman going over to somebody and going, yeah, I can do all this, this, and this. Oh, no, oh, just no, don't touch that green rock over there. Nope. Because uh, that's, no, nah, I'm not good with green rocks. But other than that, I can do anything. Uh, it's kind of weird. I, I, I just, uh, uh, Yes, good old Steve Orlando. Uh, the rest of the issue, uh, basically what happens is, is, uh, Chan, uh, disappears and the assumption is, actually, I'm gonna throw this out here. It's not properly explained. Uh, remember at the end of the last issue, I, I kind of said, look, I, I don't get this. I, I don't get why, uh, why he's, he keeps on saying that he's frozen, his form is frozen. Uh, but, uh, he clearly, or seems to be using this the form of this uh this human sort of drifter kind of uh deadbeat basically uh to kind of trap John uh and kind of have this big confrontation with him at the end. And and it would seem that this is all in John's head. So everything that's happening to him and has been happening to him since the end of last issue right up to about the middle of this is all in his head and you see him come to uh just as it looks like he's kind of on fire and the homie's curse is taking hold and then suddenly he kind of comes to and he's he's just back to his normal john jones self and he's being kind of questioned by another cop who kind of asks if he's okay and he's sweating because he's been through this kind of uh, telepathic trauma and it's all in his head. And there's a part of me that kind of goes, Ugh. I mean, there's a part of me that kind of goes, yeah, okay, that, that's kind of cool. I, I, I kind of like the idea that, that this guy has, has developed these powers. And I like, I also like the idea that, that this, the implicit idea that this John has not yet learned how to go invisible. And I, and I don't think we've seen him go invisible actually in this series so far. So I, I kind of like that idea um the problem is is obviously it it means that that in terms of plot in terms of john finding out uh where ashley is remember her she's he's meant to be the person that he's looking for um this this is now a a, a dead end isn't it really so so we all we've got is kind of charm being charm and kind of playing with john's head which is kind of interesting and and reasonably well done although it could be better done but it doesn't lead the overall plot forward uh very much which would not be a problem were it not for the fact that the rest of the issue also does not move the plot forward very much because the rest of the issue is taken up with detective mead's love life now detective mead um has a lover uh 
who is the cute pathologist uh, who works for the police department. So they have this kind of lesbian relationship, uh, and it's you know Orlando does a good job of of portraying that, and that's all fine, but it adds nothing to the story. And I, I and I'm kind of like I and I I think I know I can kind of see why Orlando has done that, and I can kind of see where where we might end up with that uh, and I don't necessarily disapprove of that but 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 I I just think in terms of this particular issue that's not great and and I, and I I you know the other thing as well is it in a weird way and I hate to say this in a weird way it kind of diminishes me only in the sense that that she's come across so far as being incredibly kind of driven and, and very uh very kind of no nonsense, uh, very professional, a very, very tough, very hard, um, and very likable. And, and it's clear that she cares for, for, for John and she's devastated and horrified to realize that the, the John Jones she's been working with the last few months is not the real John Jones. And, and, and that's, that's good. I, I like all that. How giving her this kind of like cozy kind of romantic home life. Kind of takes away from that in a way. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of ambivalent about it. I, I, I like the idea of her having a significant other who may come into play at some point later on in the series. Uh, but at the same time, there are downsides to that. I think here, the downside is that this whole issue is, is horribly empty in, in terms of, of moving the plot forward. It's not empty in terms of incident. The stuff with, with Martian Manhunter, uh, with John and, uh, and Chan is entertaining and does work reasonably well. But, but as a whole, and because this is the end of the issue. So there's, so you get sort of four or five pages of, uh, of kind of, you know, Mead and the pathologist girl whose name I can't remember at the moment. Um, so it's kind of flirting with one another, you know, being intimate with not sort of sexually intimate, but, but, but being kind of intimate with one another and, and what have you, and that, and that's all nice. But at the same time, it's it's kind of it's not taking us anywhere. If that makes sense. Uh, there is at, at the end, there is an attempt by John to kind of well, there's a moment where John and Mead kind of reconcile begrudgingly. Uh, they're not, I don't think, ever going to be best buds or anything, but they are kind of, they, they both have come to the conclusion that they do need to work together as opposed to separately. Uh, and John is going to tell Mead what, and does what happened on that fateful last day on Mars. And it's part of me that kind of thinks, I'd rather you didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a part of me that thinks, oh, okay, that, that that could be good. I mean, I mean, the, the the last page is good. It's got lots of drama in it. Uh, we find out what happened to the dog. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good for the dog. Uh, that would be the Martian dog. At least he won't have to see any more Martian sex. I suppose there is that small consolation, but you know, you've got to look for these things, haven't you? Um, yeah. So I kind of, we know sort of where we're going with the next issue, which 
which for a series like this is probably not a good thing, really, be- because because I, I feel like we're going to be ending ending up kind of retreading ground that we kind of already know, and or at least can guess. And I don't know that we're going to gain all that much from from seeing it, but we'll have to see. And I guess in in one sense, if you're dealing with a Martian Manhunter origin story, you have to see it. It it, it just, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not looking forward to it. Put it this way, I gave this issue six point three. Uh, I'm beginning to think that might have been a bit a bit generous. I I, I think. Here's the thing. I, I, I do really like Wasmo's art. I, I, I think, I think it takes a dive actually with, with the Mead stuff. Cause Mead has this silly sort of bouffant herdo. Um, and, uh, and Wasmo's, um, Wasmo's, you know, facial features are okay. Uh, but it lets me clear about this. He is better just doing weird stuff like he does with with the Chan and John scenes and certainly with the first five pages on Mars. Um so yeah, I I I six point three. I and I think the big issue for me is um I, I, I like John. I, I, I like uh I more or less like the way Orlando presents him here. Uh but he is kinda weak and um and he's outmatched. And one of the things about John, um, I've always liked as a character is that, is that he is, and has had to be because of, because of who he is and because of the fact that he is the last Martian, as it were. Um, he has always had the, this incredible kind of self-confidence and, and reserves of, of strength and courage and what have you. Um, and it's, uh, I don't really get, much of that here we, we we get the kind of gentle john we get the we get the kind of the considerate john we get the um you know the vulnerable john uh, and those things are good but there's more to the character than that and, I, and I, i'm beginning to want a little bit more if that makes sense uh in terms of seeing john be a bit more kind of demonstrably heroic in that sense if that makes sense. Um, hmm. There are other things I could say, actually, but I suppose I better not. I've just spotted the word atrophied um, on one of the pages, and it's being used somewhat incorrectly. Uh, but never mind. Hooray! Uh, right, enough of that. I will see you next time. There's a wild storm next time. Issue 23, that's going to be good. Um... If you are reading Martian Manhunter, well, let me know what you think. I'm kind of interested. I I I, I made the mistake of checking out CBR um, a, the day after my review on the site went up, and I'm like, whoa, people really like this. Um, there was somebody lower than me. There was somebody gave it a five, and then there was my six point three, and not like then the next one was like eight. And I'm like, ah, maybe I'm just missing something. I don't know. Maybe I am. I mean, if you think I am, then then tell me. God, please do. Maybe there's like a hidden, a hidden key to Martian Manhunter that I'm just not getting. And if, if I just knew what it was, 
then everything would click into place and I would see it for the glorious, wonderful thing it is. Or it could just be that all those tens, nines, and eights are just utter crap. <laughs> and I fear that it is the latter. That's my my concern. If you want to follow me, you can do so. Um, although God knows why you would, but if you do want to follow me, uh, at Door Jeremy on Twitter, that's, that's where you can find me. You can also find me at my blog, jddunsani.wordpress.com, uh, where for the first time in about, ooh, a long time, I've actually put up an original post as opposed to, uh, just sticking up posts of reviews that I've already given, uh, on the Weird Science site. So, uh, check that out, particularly if you like Conan, because it is a review of Conan the Barbarian issue two. Good issue. Issue four is good as well, actually, thinking about it. Right. Enough of that. Uh, I hope you have a great week. Uh, I'm going to have a fantastic week because I'm off work. It's half term, uh, next week. And, uh, I am planning on sitting down and reading comics, which I haven't really had much time to do over the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to catch up on some stuff. I hope you get the chance to do that too. Uh, I hope you enjoy yourself. Hope your comics are good. You take care. Uh, if you haven't done so already, check out the Patreon, um, because there's tons of good stuff on there. Uh, I'm way behind on that stuff as well, but still loving the news podcast and still loving that solicits, uh, that sales and solicits podcast because I'm sad and that stuff interests me. Okay. Uh, although maybe not as much as it interests Simon. He, he does spreadsheets and everything. It's quite, quite impressive. Right. I'm off. I will see you next time. Uh, you take care and I will hand you back to the mighty Jim and Eric in the. Uh, with Science Studios. Take care. Bye-bye. Sup, Weird Science? This is Batman Beyond Mark, and before we go any further, I want to wish Reggie a quick and speedy recovery. Um, but yes, I am here today to bring you a review of Batman Beyond number 32. Um, written by Dan Jurgens, pencils by uh, Rick Leonardi. Uh, Inker is uh, Andy. Parks, uh, colorist is Chris Sotomayor, and letterer is Travis Lanham. And as always, I like to talk about the covers. Uh, the variant, I, I like the variant, which is uh, just, you know, Batman very dramatically, like, flying forward and reaching towards the, uh, as a screen, but I guess it's reader or whatever, um, with just speed lines of buildings behind him. I like it, but... I have to say, I like the normal cover more. Um, it's just very dynamic with Batman flying, you know, across the center, uh, kind of diagonal across the center. Um, and his wings are out and they're overly exaggeratedly big. So, and they, and in the, in the red, you see, uh, Bruce Wayne gambling what it, at what appears to be a casino. And I really, really like that in the cover. Um, so we pick up right where we ended last issue where, uh, you know, Terry's been stuck in a gravity chamber and he's, uh, it, it, it's tearing through his suit, uh, as it's been dialed up. And, uh, I, a thing I immediately picked up and I'll, I'll mention a bit later on is it seems that his, his beyond logo has, has changed drastically. Um, and I looked back over last issue and the first time you see him in the suit, he has more or less the traditional version of the beyond symbol 
Um, it might be a little bit bigger than normal, um, but it, it wasn't too bad. And then by the end of the issue, like as the issue goes on, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but it, but you could still distinctly tell like that the wings were not just part. It wasn't basically just a giant triangle with a a bat head. It, it was you know there, there were some curves to it. And now what we get here is is basically just a triangle that on the you know on part of it you, they've carved out uh you know the head of the bat and i i gotta say i don't really care for it and this is the new basically the new logo that we have throughout this book and i i don't i can't say care for it but um yes it's uh divide and conquer or divide conquer and kill part two um so yeah he's he's trying to figure he's like you know I, i'm not gonna last much longer you can even see the uh like the bottom of the chamber starting to crack underneath him um, and I actually like most of this until you see the suit starting to, starting to tear. Um, and it seems to tear straight through, but the art there is incredibly inconsistent. So for instance, um, the areas around his face where, uh, an armor starts cracking, it almost looks like, uh, there's like little cuts in there. Like it, like it was a cut. Um, but then straight down his chest, it's in a completely <laughs> different coloring and it looks like it, it almost looks like he just like peeled it straight down. There's no damage. There's none of the, uh, w- when you think of Batman beyond getting injured, you think of like the, the red under light lights of the, uh, of the suit, which is honestly a damage thing we haven't really seen since, um, uh, oh, uh, and I feel bad now since, uh, some of the earlier Iris were, um, were on, on the book. Um, so it's, it's always a preference thing of mine for, um, uh, those to be there, but you know, uh, I'm not going to credit. I don't count that against them, at least in this stuff, if it's cutting straight through, cause it's always been, I mean, if you go straight through it, you're obviously going to see skin. It's not always that stuff. Um, so yeah. So Terry's trying to like, he's, he's slowly trying to reach the suit to try to fry it. Um, like to, to, you know, send a shock through his suit to try to fry, um, yeah, to try to fry, uh, the gravity chamber. Um, and he eventually does it and he sets it off and it, and it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> and then we get back to the back cave, uh, as, as Terry's like, oh God, like this isn't working. And Matt's freaking out. Um, and, and we see a very interesting choice. So throughout last, last issue, they did a very, they kept a, a very good job of every time you saw what was going on from the Batcave perspective, they were clearly looking through Terry's eyes, like it was, it was using the video link. Um, and, and that was great. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, so it, it was very strange that here, we see it from the outside. And uh, it's... It's a it's a very strange thing. Bernard Chang is the name, name I was thinking of for the the artist, and I feel really stupid. Um, yes, his stuff would occasionally have the damage lines, uh, but yeah. So it, it's just strange that you, you put so much detail last issue, and it's the same artist uh, into making sure it was like, oh yes, they're clearly you know using the the their you know the visual link from his suit. Um, then to all of a sudden just not be using it anymore. I guess it's more dramatic, but whatever. And, and but in this, it looks like his wings are even bigger than they were before. And, and if I didn't know there were wings, I would say, oh God, he's bled out because it, it, they're, they're frayed completely differently um, than they were before to the point of almost looking like blood. There's no straight lines. Um, and Matt is going up to Bruce and being like, you know, we, like we got to do something. Bruce and our fake Bruce, because it's very, they did a good job or Dan Jurgens did a very good job last issue establishing that something's happened. And this is not Bruce Wayne. Um, and Bruce is like, you know, if I could help, I would, but I can't, if, you know, if you can think of something, just do it. Um, and then we get a, 
if we get a panel where, where uh, Matt is like, oh, I know what to do. Um, and, and his face looks horribly aged and like a mongoloid. And it's, it's, it's legitimately unsettling. And uh, that's the thing I can say about the art is that it's incredibly inconsistent. If there were models for these characters, except for Batman in the Beyond suit, they're never – and I guess maybe Bruce. They're never used – or um, – yeah, Bruce. Um, and then we get a we get a thing here. And, and I know there's people who are going to be like, but Mark, continuity doesn't matter anymore. Um, internal continuity to a story does. Uh, so we're gonna forget every other piece of continuity outside of these two issues, uh, for just, for just a panel. So right here, Matt says, uh, his idea is, uh, Wayne Enterprises and Powers Technology were in business together for a while, right? Uh, before it blew up when, uh, Derek Powers became Blight. They made a point last issue to, to point out the fact that they were competitors until they merged. Yes, Powers was always, you know, he became blight and, and he was dirty, but they merged. They, they weren't in business together and then merged. They merged in more than one entity. Now, this could be him just not knowing the stuff, but it's, it's inconsistencies like that that are infuriating, especially issue to issue. Um, at least to me. Um, but yes. So then we get to the next part. Um, and Bruce is, the fake Bruce is like, what's your point, Matt? Uh, and Matt's like, uh, you know, we know you linked up, uh, tech systems between the two companies, um, since you already got, got us access. Okay. So what, what Matt or what Bruce got them access to last issue wasn't linking up the two. I, I guess once again, that falls to the point of perhaps it's just a Matt or Dan Jurgens or somebody involved in this not catching this that when, when companies merge, they're not, it's two companies, yes, but they're, but they're, they're one. And he's talking as if they were, you know, just partners and not, you know, Wayne Tech or, or Wayne Powers. Um, so what he's referring to here, like, oh, since you're already linked us up, uh, th- that's the thing though, is, is he didn't link them up. Like they, they kind of make a big point of that. Um, so what Terry, last issue, Terry asks, um, he, he wants personal, uh, he wants Bruce's personal authorization. Or person, his access to his personal um, records from you know when the the Powers Tech uh, merger you know happened. Like he basically he wants old files and stuff like that that Bruce uh, you know got um, to to compare against stuff. But it's stuff that only Bruce you know Bruce's DNA, DNA has access to. Um, it, it was just files. It wasn't security systems. They were going through you know. Uh, Matt or Terry's link the entire time they were in the building. It wasn't like they, you know, had, had locked, you know, were in the security stuff. Um, and that's why it's frustrating because it, it's an issue to issue problem. It's, it's like, no, g- getting somebody's, you know, opening up some personal files that you have restricted and log, you know, and hacking into somebody or entering somebody else's like network, completely different. Completely different. But that's that's what happens is he you know, he gains access to the gravity chamber through the access that Bruce opened up for them, but he didn't because <sighs> So even the internal continuity between these two issues is 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 bubkiss and it's kind of infuriating. It's really infuriating. Um but yeah, so 
Matt presses a big green enter button and shuts it down. And we see that uh, Terry's bat suit has ripped straight down the chest to just, I'd say about the belly button. And it's just split open. There's no, it, it's it's very strange because that is the only thing like that in the entire like damage on the suit. Um, everything else, instead of showing the clear color of the skin, it's showing kind of like a, a like purplish color, which only almost kind of like implies that like the suit is starting to heavily stretch. And now this place, I will say, it really, really should have the, uh, like the the little like tech underneath it for the damage because it hasn't gone through. Um, and I will never get over the fact that uh, actually uh, his foot in this panel as he Terry's lying there is a block. It is a block. And it's a, it's a very strange shaped block, and it's weird. And I, I I'll be honest, I hate this single jet on the bottom, but that's whatever. Um, so you know, Terry starts stumbling out, and he's you know like, nice work, Matt. Uh, unfortunately, you know, split is long gone. Um, as far as I can tell, you know, he's a, he's a teleporter who can divide in two to two people, and two people who become one. You know, from the way they're talking, he's he's figured out. You know, they're probably brothers, but other than that, you know, it's a mystery. And I like this. I like seeing detective. You know, Terry, like Terry, who's competent. He's like, he, he was only in this fight for a couple minutes. And, and yeah, he got his butt kicked. But he couldn't have seen some of this stuff coming. And his analysis of it is, is pretty good for the most part. Um, and, you know, he's like, I'm heading back. The suit needs some work. Um, and then Matt asks fake Bruce, or, you know, like, do you think the suit can be fixed? And Bruce is like, sure, it can. You know, and he's like, I'm going to bed. Like, I'm, you know, I'm pretty wiped. I'm calling it a night. Um, and Matt's like, you know, like, what, what about split? And then Bruce is like, you know what? That's something for tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep. So then we cut over to uh, a yacht in the harbor. And it's, it's split. And as a reminder, the uh, the silver one is named Adam, and the gold one is named Caden. Um, and they're uh, they're basically like, oh, we're, you know, we're lucky to have made it. Um, Adam Adam's really upset because he thinks Caden has killed Batman, and Caden's uh, like, you know, whatever. Then then he shouldn't have gotten in her way. Besides, you know, if he's as good as you know everybody says he is, he got out. Like, there's nothing to worry about. Um, but and just then, uh, Adam starts getting kind of weak as they're going down some stairs. And it, it almost looks like it's like sad eyes or something, but I can't tell if it's just bad art or not. Um, Caden, you know, tells him, like, you know, you're weakening, weakening, which means we have to get back to work. And they're both like, so we can finish this before it's too late. And they're standing in front of a lot of equipment. And as far as I can tell, it's probably to stabilize them or whatever. It, it, it's kind of a cool scene, and it's probably two of the better pages um in this book and then we get to uh um we get to what was mentioned on the other page the uh rehab tank i believe it was called um oh, what was that called was it called the rehab tank yeah the rehab tube um to fix the suit and and the suit has apparently been sitting in there and it's getting fixed and there and, and matt and terry are talking and that's like you know it's it's lucky you didn't end up in the hospital uh and you know, Terry's like, or worse. And before we introduce the next character who's walking in, who I'm actually happy to see, we see that the, the Beyond logo is now huge and covering most of the chest. And I, I really don't like having the Beyond logo just that absolutely huge, especially because it kind of deforms almost out of the bat. And it looks more like um, kind of 
Bruce when he's jumping, like some very famous, like in his traditional suit, kind of like using the the cape to make kind of like a bat. It almost looks kind of like that, and and I don't think it works. It's as slick. Um, also, it's just it, it reads weird, and it's very inconsistent to draw as this issue kind of shows. Um, but also, it's the the fact that we have the rehab tank and. Uh, Kind of going back to my jab at continuity. So Dan Jurgens did a very, very good job of throughout both series up to this point. Um, pointing out that whenever the Beyond suit is damaged, it has to be physically repaired by somebody. Whether it was Tim, you know, using all the equipment to fix it, Terry using all the equipment to fix it. Um, I believe Max helped out at one point or more of what it's been is, especially this run, Bruce having to painstakingly fix the suit. And then now all of a sudden, because of plot convenience, we have this tube that you just put the suit in and it just f- gets fixed. And it's it's something where it would be fine if you established something like that way long ago or even at the beginning of a run. But you've established how you do this so many times now that this, this was just weird. Just really weird. Um, and then, but yeah, somebody comes in and is like, sounds like, uh, Batman's lucky to be alive. And we see that it's Melanie. And I'm, I'm happy to see Melanie. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, she wasn't completely just written out of the story. Uh, but there's some problems with her in this. Um, and maybe I'm misremembering, and I don't have all the older issues in front of me at the moment, but it was a pretty big deal when, you know, the others were kind of introduced to the cave. Now, she might have been, uh, at at the end of like the payback arc, and I'm just not remember or the uh, scarecrow, scarecrow, scarecrow arc, uh, and I'm just not remembering off the top of my head. But it just it felt weird to her, for her just to be casually walking in. Just it, it, we have not made her that familiar with the team. Like at this point, she's visited Bain, Wayne Manor one, no, twice. Once was as a thief, and then once actually being invited. And it feels just very, very strange. But yeah, they're all casual, and they're like, you know, she's like, anything I can do to help? Um, and he's like, yeah, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine. And then we get a panel of Melanie where we find out two things. One is that the, this is, the, I really hate the art because she just looks like a, she just has dead eyes, and she's just like staring off to the side, and it's really, it, it's an art problem. It, it, it's an art problem. There's no life to this character. She's just, she almost reminds me of like a plastic, like a, a plastic doll. Um, just in this panel. Um, when she says, you know, after the Joker, uh, I, I thought you might take a break. So continuity does matter. Just throw it out there. Apparently it does. Um, so from there, uh, Terry's like, you know, Matt kind of jabs at him. He's like, you, you know, like you, you might need the help. And Terry's like, you know, he caught me by surprise once. It won't happen again. Um, and, and, you know, Melanie offers again, he's like, you know, help from an ex-Royal Flush member uh, might be in order. Want me to grab my card and costume? Um, and Terry's, and I legitimately like this because this, this panel has, uh, Matt is completely in, um, uh, he's completely in profile. Um, and it's, there's just something odd with the nose and the forehead. Um, as he seems to lose hair every issue, um, or just look super skinny, like a, like a wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube band, like their head. Um, and Melanie just kind of looks like a, a plastic robot doll thing. Um, and Terry has some life and he's like, you know, it's like, I, I can handle him. Like, 
you know, I, I'll, I'll call 10 if I need her. He's, he's not sarcastic about it. He's not insulting, to be fair. She's like, I think I got this, but you know what? I, I'll definitely call 10 if I need her. Um, and then we find, then the suit is done. And he's, you know, he, he kind of seems like, he points out, it's like, you know, Split seemed to have, like, you know, really detailed knowledge of, of these secret, you know, powers technology projects. Um, you know, collecting specific items. Um, he, he clearly, it's clearly for something. Um, and, uh, Melanie asks if he's going to be able to handle him, Matt, and I find this amusing. He's like, them. She's like, whatever. Like, can you do it this time? And he's like, you know, I faced them once. Um, there shouldn't be a- any surprises as he flies off. And, and Melanie, you know, offers, is leaning over Matt, which is weird. Um, and is offering, you know, like, if you need a hand, 10 is ready to fly. And, and Matt, who's, who's just, it's, it's either a bad perspective or he's, he's leaning very weird, like leaning over the side into the back left uh, like really strange or his leg is just like has mutated out and like hooked out and it's really un it's not great he's like you know you know just because you know say that you figured split out is like you know that could jinx it and i, I do find that amusing um as terry flies out um he, he matt's like you know remember to keep your eyes peeled and he's like i always do as he has this dramatic you know panel in front of the moon where if you took out his wings and you had him like jumping or something like that this panel could work, but he's, he's flying, he's going one direction. Um, but his legs are going one direction with the jets, but his back, uh, his arms, his back and his wings are going a completely other direction. And it almost looks like he's trying to like turn to the side, like dramatically. It, it just, it looks weird. And I, I, it, it, it there, there's some anatomy problems there. Um, and Melanie asks, you know, where, where's the boss? Where's Bruce? Um, and then Matt's like, you know, he's sleeping. Um, uh, but, you know, he, he would want us to monitor his stuff. He's like, Alfred, talking to their, you know, one of the computer systems, um, the one with the cursive writing. Um, and he's like, you know, please wake up, uh, Mr. Wayne. And it's like, you know, then this system's like, I, I'm unable to comply. You know, he left uh, an hour and 47 minutes ago. Um, so this is all implied to have been in, like, a fairly close period of time to each other, uh, you know, because of that. Um, so... That part's kind of weird. Uh, the timeline here is weird. Not Melanie showing up, but hey, the suit got fixed pretty quick. I guess it wasn't, you know, that damaged. Um, but whatever. Um, and then we get to a terrible panel where Melanie kind of looks okay, if not way too her head way too skinny. But Matt just looks like a, a noodly a noodle. He he look he looks like a noodle. His head is so scrunched. It's it's really bad to the point where I found myself questioning: Did did Dan Jurgens actually review this before it was done? Like did, did he? I mean, I know he doesn't seem to care much about the book. Um, to the point where I, I'm not sure if he's just running it until if everything like Jim thinks it will reset towards the end of the year, or this book will be done at in September when it's the last issue of this art comes out or if he's trying to go to 50 I, I couldn't tell you but this art is just so bad um but you know the way or the Alf- this Alfred AI little system thing um you know says he he's been forbidden from telling him and then we cut to uh Bruce Wayne's uh the outside of Bruce Wayne's um uh car flying car outside um, and I can't tell if it's over water. I think it's supposed to be over water, but there's like steam lines coming up from like two spots. It's very strange. And we don't know where he's flying. And we do not find out if he's flying just like the scenic route, like out back and around, um, uh, uh, to, to Neo Gotham. Uh, cause there is, you know, part of the, part of the, 
uh, ocean or there's a body of water in between. Um, so we don't know if he's doing that or, or what. We don't know. I, I, it's, it's weird. Um, but he's like, you know, how long till we get there? Like, you know, we'll, we'll be there in a minute. Um, the AI says, he's like, great. So he gets out in front of a casino. And as he's getting out, like the, the, you know, one of the, uh, valets is like, you know, right this way, please. You're Bruce Wayne. Like, please come right in. And then they basically say, you know, tell the boss that, you know, Bruce Wayne is here for the first time ever. Um, and then, um, apparently, uh, Matt and Melanie have told, Terry, you know, he, he's, he's, he left. Bruce left. And to Terry's credit here, he's like, you know, Bruce wouldn't leave unless he had a good reason. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, so yes, he flies, he flies over to another facility thinking, you know, uh, he, he had, you know, a couple of these off the book sites. We are, you know, we already went to one of them. Uh, I'm going, you know, the second one on the list. Uh, and it's a ba- an abandoned dry cleaning factory. Or dry cleaners. Um, he goes inside, um, pretty much like Matt is like, why, why would this, like, what would this be? And he's like, it, it, it's a front. It, it's a mask. He goes inside and, and he starts looking around. And here we once again see that, um, in the back cave, instead of using the, the visual link like it's implied they were or like they did last issue, they're just somehow randomly getting cameras in places where there's no cameras. Um, and he pretty much says, you know, he's switching to infrareds, uh, to look deeper in. Um, and then Melanie, is now running a GPS tracker on Wayne's limo. And this is the moment where it hit me, why her character feels weird here. Um, some of her interactions with Terry are fine, but other than that, she's the new Max. Like, that's that's what it feels like here, because she's doing all the tech stuff. I mean, Melanie had some electrical uh, experience, or in the sense that she was, she was you know, the, the Royal Flush Gang's, basically the one who disabled the security systems, but it was a physical disabling, like knowing which wires to cut, how to rewire things, that kind of stuff. It wasn't some of this, this other stuff. Now, that might be a fairly basic, like running a GPS tracking, but that's the moment where I realized, oh, she's, she's the new Max. She, she's just this new, the, and I don't like that because I miss Max. Um, and, you know, he, she gets, you know, a, a visual feed somehow. Um, but, you know, realizes, like, he's, he's at a casino. Um, but Terry doesn't really hear this because, like, I got, because he's, he's found something. Um, and, and pretty much he's realized that there's, there's a lab under the floor. So he starts trying to burn through part of the ground or part of the, um, yeah, I guess part of the floor with his, with his boots. And it appears to be working. And it's actually, uh, I'll admit this, kind of a cool idea that I never would have thought of. Um, but then, as he's burning through it, then, uh, then split attacks. Um, and, and he knocks Terry, you know, the, the floor gives way, the very thick floor, or I guess, it, I guess it's not that thick. It's just a bad art, um, falls and they start falling through. Um, notice, I will say that before the fall starts, Terry does not have his wings out. Once it does, he, he's extended the wings, but he's also looking like he's about to punch. Um, he manages to kind of avoid uh, you know, splits kind of first attack, like he tackled through the floor. Yes, but he didn't, doesn't get a punch. And then Terry double kicks split. And, and I quite liked that. Even if some of the physics didn't quite make sense for where they were panel to panel, but whatever. Um, then they both end up on the ground. And this is where I have a problem because Terry has his wings out still, but instead of coming out of his back, they're, they're, they're coming out from the tops of his arm, not even tops of his arms. I guess, uh, Pretty much they're coming out from like his, 
like bicep or like the the basically the the joint of the elbow, like the inner part of the elbow. It's very strange. Um, but this is where he realizes, uh, like Terry points out, is like you know, like uh, you, you beat me before by teleporting all the time. Like I'm wise to that now. You won't, you know, it won't work this time. And, and split, like both parts of split, realize. Did he say teleporter? And then they realize he did. And, and Terry immediately picks up that like something's wrong. He he's acting like he's already won. What am I missing? And I I legitimately like that that he's picking up on things. He's being not an idiot. Um, <laughs> and then and splits like yeah, let's, uh, see, that's what you're thinking. They're never not ready for this. And then we find out. Um, and Terry picks up on this too immediately. Uh, that it, it's not a teleporter. He splits a speedster. Um, and, and he's, t- he's getting hit just a ton. Um, and, and eventually, you know, Split's basically like, as Terry's hit, hit and he's grog and he's getting up, he's like, uh, Split's like, you know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm hundreds, thousands of times faster than you. Uh, like, if not for your armor, you'd be dead. And, uh, it, it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of interesting because it was, how to put it like it's actually a well-done fight um for the most part uh i don't i know i hate when terry just gets his butt kicked but this was a legitimately because i know split comes from uh i think it was the second round of the comics like some of the like second you know tier continuity stuff from uh i think yeah the second round of the comics and it's one i haven't actually read so I was like, is he a teleporter? Is it he's just, he can combine and split so fast that like, so like one person can basically combine the other one into them. And so it seems like they're teleporting what? Speedster. That's interesting. That's not something Terry prepared for. Um, I'm actually fine with this, that he, you know, used what he could think of, you know, all the stuff to make an educated guess. Uh, but it, it is Dan Jurgen's way to have Terry just get the, or the Batman get the, you know, snot beat out of him and then, you know, somehow wins later. Uh, but we have an art problem again. So, uh, now I'll admit that, yes, okay, it's great that the, um, when, when Split starts, you know, running around and hitting Terry, uh, the wings are now coming out of his back instead of, you know, the arms. Um, but then we see Terry, you know, on the ground trying to cover up, you know, trying to keep from getting hit as much as he can. And the wings have been retracted. And then we see, um, Melanie and um, uh, Matt watching from some camera somewhere. I don't know. They're supposed to be watching through the visual link, but whatever, of Terry getting hit and there's no wings. And then as Terry's starting to get up, um, the Beyond Wings are now off and they're on the ground and Terry is standing over them. Um, and it's just... <sighs> It's very strange because in every other time we've ever seen the wings, you know, knocked off, which is almost never, I think in Dan Jurgen, I think it's once in Dan Jurgen's run and a couple times towards the end of the show. Basically, if you, if the wings get ripped off, they're part of the suit. To rip them off, you have to rip part of the back off of the suit, um, or at least the top layer of it. Um, but it's just, it's just weird that he's now standing over them. Like, what the heck? Did they just like, you know, get touched and then they fell off? what and then terry's now unconscious but now one of the wings is sticking up you know perpendicular to the ground next to his butt it's just really bad um and then we cut back to the cave where they're still watching you know terry falling unconscious um and matt is like timoney have you found you know mr wayne yet um 
I guess it's kind of an interesting thing that for the basically the entire time that those two, Matt and Melanie, are together, um, at least just face to face, they're at the same height, even though Melanie's taller, like like a good head or two, like head head and a half taller. But they're what, and she's not leaning over. Whatever, it's more up to bad art. In fact, there's even a panel here where Matt's taller for some reason. Um, but she's like, you know, I. Now she's basically finally hacked into the the casino's cameras, which once again, that's not really her specialty, but whatever. Even though it's still a problem. Um, and uh, she's like, oh, they, they see Bruce gambling at a casino. And then we go into the casino and Bruce has like, you know, two two women around him. And he, he's apparently won, uh, won some money. And he's like, I'll be even richer by the end of the night. Um, and it's only just begun. And then two panels I like is you have both Melanie and Matt looking at the straight at the, you know, the reader, but it's at the screen. And they both turn to each other like, what the heck is wrong with Mr. Wayne? I, I legitimately like that. And now we go back to Arkham Asylum where um, two guards are coming in to wake a guy up and, uh, you know, saying it's, 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 it's the guy's 20 minute outside time. Um, and the guy in the like the face mask and like the straight jacket is like, you know, it's like I, I don't I don't belong here. And he, he starts kicking the butt of the guards. Um, but one of them is able to get, uh, like a clamp thing that they have with them around the back part of the head, uh, mask of the suit, uh, and, and shocks him. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're like, dude, you know better than this. Like, if you do that again, you don't get to go outside for another week. False face. And I'll be honest, I like that it's false face. He was a, uh, he had, he was only in one episode of Batman Beyond, um, Plague, which I believe he dies in. Um, and it's a Cobra episode, which means Jim will never watch it. Uh, but no, uh, it, it's, it's really kind of frustrating because despite, except for the continuity problems, which I consider to be major problems, especially when it's an issue to issue continuity problem. Um, like literally last issue established something and then this issue establishes, says, nope, it was a different thing without any explanation. And it's just like, but that's not how that works. Still have that problem. But overall, this was a much better written issue than, than last one. Problem is, is that the art was much worse. There are many inconsistencies, um, with the art and I'm, I'm debating if I will put them on Twitter or not, but it's, uh, it's kind of a problem and it was really distracting. Um, I will respectfully disagree with Eric's comment. I believe I'm remembering this correctly of him saying that he, he, he enjoyed the art. Um, I actually, for the most part, split and most of the time that Terry's in the Beyond suit is okay, most of it. But other than that, I really can't stand this art. It's not great. Um, and because of that, I, I'm giving this a, a 6-5. Uh, most of that has to do with the writing. Almost none of it has to do with the art. It's, uh, the writing was okay. The art was just kind of just dreadful. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Um, I will talk to you guys next month and, uh, back to the show. Hey, Jim, Eric, uh, Chris, and especially Reggie and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Doop, doopy doop, scooby doo doop, bop, boop. I wanted to, this, well, this is Chris, by the way, or, or Rimmer, as the fellas call me, um, cause it is my last name. So I just wanted to, send in a little message of uh, support and just just put my heart out there for Reggie. Uh, he, he is someone that has, has uh, 
along with the rest of Weird Science, but with his uh, wonderful, wonderful podcast with Chris, uh, Cosmic Treadmill, along with the different segments that he's done uh, on Weird Science. Uh, he, he's brought me, along with so many others, so much joy and entertainment um, alongside Jim and Eric and and also, of course, Chris um, and the work that they do, which, I mean, the research they do for Cosmic Treadmill is unparalleled, and the work they put into that is is absolutely amazing. And I'm just saying all this just to say it really has brought all of us so much joy, and I wish I knew him better than I do. We've had a little bit of correspondence on Twitter back and forth. Uh, he's always been super nice, super cordial, and I want just... You know, one of my favorite people to listen to, and I want to just send love and support out there to Reggie and his family and to all of his friends. And you know, you got to get back on that cosmic treadmill and start running because I need some more, some more weird comics history. I need some more. I need some more uh, Sandman universe, uh, young animal, whatever it is. Um, I can't wait to have him back. I can't wait to hear. What he has to say about comics, again, like I say, alongside the rest of you that that pair up with him and um, bring us such wonderful content. So, uh, Reggie, come on back, buddy. Come on back. We need you, man. Anyway, Rest Get Fresh crew, you're all awesome. Thank you for having the show. Thank you for thank you for taking <laughs> recordings or uh, rant and raves like this, even if you can't play them live. Whatever. I just wanted to give a little tribute to Reggie. Uh, we're all thinking about you, buddy. We're all we're all pulling for you, and all the best. We'll hear from you soon. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and. Listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. I want to hear Eric Shea is what I say after every time I hear that song, and I not do not mean time. it. I don't mean it. I just say it to make you feel better. Do you feel better now? Are you I ready don't. to end this I podcast? I feel worse now that you told me oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm not faking the funk. Today, uh, I ended up not going to work. I stayed home. I wanted a four-day weekend. I would have mm-hmm. told you that yesterday, but you didn't go to work yesterday. You had yeah. the weirdest deal. I'm like, this guy doesn't show up on a Thursday when we have off Monday. We could have had a whole bunch of recordings going on and stuff like that. But I, I also I have remind me, remind me when uh, we're done. And I'm telling you, this, remind me to tell you something that I think is going on. But I, I won't go into Weird. that now. Eric. Yeah. Right. But no, uh, I, what, oh, today about faking the funk. So or there, uh, Bella or Bella, Mia is sick. She has a bladder infection. And Tanya's, oh, Bella and Mia. Uh, I keep thinking it's our dead dog. Uh, and I'm it like, I, I, she's like, don't do what? You act like you don't care. I'm like, I don't. It's not my dog. That dog snaps at me at any freaking opportunity. <laughs> you know, whatever. You take it to the vet. You do your deal. 
I'm not going to just pretend. I said, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm crying because of this dog. The dog literally, it, it tries to bite me every time it sees me and I'm not mean to it. So it's not like you're like, oh, he doesn't like anything. I go and I put my hand on Tanya's shoulder. The dog attacks me. And I said, that just shows you how much affection you show me because everybody else can do it. But me freaking goes nuts. Snapping at me. It's stuck in the piano wire. Snapping at me. Arrogant. What? I got to call the piano tuner. We're going to start this section. Hold we have on. two more actually, books going on. Before we do that, I actually have a, a dog story today, too, because oh. I was walking home today, and I had different you, legs you to my journey. You didn't get a ride today? You walked home? No, I don't oh like asking my. people for rides. It yeah. makes me feel weird. So I'm walking home, and there's a, different legs. You know, There's actually some parts that are actually kind of perilous, where there's no real shoulder, and it's the road yeah. is crumbling off to the side while people oh, yeah. are rushing past. But my easiest part should be when I hit this neighborhood to cut through to get to around to like uh, you know the last leg of my yeah. journey, as I put it. And the thing is, I'm just thinking to myself, looking around at all the nice homes in this neighborhood, looking at the clouds in the sky, then all of a sudden- oh, Eric thinking dog, time. This dog comes out of nowhere and rushes me really? at this freaking property it line. Rushed the show, did but it? the thing is, there's a kid playing basketball. And it's funny too because I saw this kid and I thought to myself, "There's so many basketball nets in this neighborhood. I've never once seen anybody play basketball." So really? when I noticed this kid playing basketball, I'm like, "Look at you! I actually really appreciate that you're out here shooting the hoops, yeah, young yeah. lad." And I didn't see this <laughs> dog lad. out of nowhere. This dog rushes me, starts, and the thing is. I thought this is kid is there nuts? the whole time. No, no. It came right at the property line, right at the grass line to hit the uh-huh. sidewalk, starts barking. And I go, ah! <laughs> and I realized, like, really? uh, and then the kid's like, it's going to be okay. Like, he's not going to, it's okay. He just caught me off guard. I'm like, that was completely the least uh, macho thing I could have done. How old was the kid? How old I don't know. He's kid? probably like 17 years old. <laughs> okay. I was hoping that the kid was like six and he's the one telling you <laughs> to calm down. Just be quiet, you, you baby. I was so embarrassed. Uh, this, did, did you join him for some hoops? Did, absolutely did you not. Did you yell skyhook and smash the ball out right into the kid's front window? Oh my! Ah, uh, yes, but yeah. And there then as I'm walking, dog though, I get stories. to the end of that neighborhood. There's a guy with a dog. The dog is just barking across the street. There's just a dog standing in the yard. Nothing around it. No leash. <laughs> just barking you know, at all me. All the dogs are coming out after you. The like, word got dogs out. Dogs hate me all of a sudden. The word got out, and then you went home <laughs> to Jess, Eric. There you go. Dial H for Hero Number 3, written by (laughs) Sam Humphreys, art by Joe Quiones, Aristide Dean, Jordan Gibson, and Dave Sharp. The book looks fantastic, but when I'm done reading, I'm just puzzled why it even exists. Sam Humphreys is using the dial to just make things seemingly on a whim, and I like the main characters less and less as the series progresses. This is, to me art over story it, it wasn't that the dcyou didn't they say that art no, over story i don't think they said that that's what they're saying that with this book someone tell sam humphreys is not as funny and clever as he thinks he is eric you like this more than me i do so take it away because i'm telling you away. i want them to take it away i don't like this book i think that there's no reason for it it is out with the whole idea hey dial h dial h At least I can see Naomi kind of melding into the young justice. That would make sense. You have the Wonder Twins. That's Wonder Twins. This Dial H book doesn't seem right from the beginning. I don't know why it's there except to just have another book on the shelf. And in a a landscape where we have Dan DiDio saying, hey, we can't have all these books going on. Boy, this, this is a miss for me and a misfire when you have a lot of other books that can happen. And... As a Dial H fan, at least of the new 52 run, that was clever. 
that was a story that made sense in the insanity of the H dial. I mean, so a dial H book is going to be insane. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. It's to get that insanity to make sense in a story and go, this book ends up in my mind of this scene, this scene, use H dial, do that, go on. There, there's no real reason, rhyme or reason of what happens with the H dial. There's less rules in this than there should be. If you're just jumping on with this with the H dial, you really don't get the idea except, oh, man, people dial it and they turn into heroes. But you have Miguel who can't, you know, think straight when he's in and then they can. And all That's the this biggest stuff problem. I need on. to know what the rules are because everybody else who seems to use the dial, yes, they get overtaken by the superhero persona that you might never see again, as they like to tell you yeah, yeah this, whatever really. this superhero persona is he gets completely taken over to the point where he comes to he has no idea what happened there's like you know we saw that with monster truck in the first issue but everybody yeah. else while they are taking on the superhero persona they seem to be able to snap in and out i'm like oh yes this is who i am and i want to do this with the power that i have and have a complete consciousness with it it's such a weird idea though because you have the in my mind the dial h premises you want to showcase some crazy characters you can do and like yeah. you know, a wacky adventure but for what we have here starting out with this issue number three, it seems to be more about the idea of the mystery of who the operator is and yeah, tying well, the original the Robbie thing, Reed though, into it. After issue one, the cliffhanger issue one, Simon was in the Slack chat and he's like, I, I did a little research. Uh, it's it's Robbie Reed. And he said yeah. it right there. And then in this – and it's – each issue, you're kind of getting more of an idea. Okay, it's Robbie Reed, the original deal, the H dial welder. And, and in this, it pretty much tells you at the beginning. I mean, really, if you're oh, going to yeah, go we, back, we saw the then, whole idea when we have you know Central City back in the day or whatever. Yeah. When Robbie Reed was a kid going on a you know a class field trip to find out, which I actually don't like the Speed Force tachyons. I'm like, I mean, you shouldn't be able to look at that. Yeah, stuff that's in a museum, what I'm but. saying, and that's kind of thrown in with that. Yeah, they want to see the tachyons, and with that, I actually thought to myself, boy, the whole idea of the Speed Force, it's pretty pretty much a rule that you cannot study it and you yeah. can't go and say it really threw me off i don't think many people know that rule uh, that seems to be set so whatever but you're spelling out who the uh, i mean if you don't know after this first page that the operator is indeed going to be robbie reed you, you haven't read comics a lot so by the end when you see this whole deal of it's robbie reed i'm like yeah Okay, and it's supposed to be this big shocker, but it, it, you're shocking people with something, number one, that hardly anybody knows anyway. So yeah. it's not a real shock. And, and so while, like I said, this book just seems like it's written very, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say generically because it's not written generically. It's just written in a way that it looks like, okay, this is the outline of how I'm going to do each issue. I'm going to do it. So when you get the Dial H characters that pop up, that's supposed to be the fun of the book. By now, I'm just like, okay, I, I don't really need this. And that's not what you should have for this book. When you get Bluebird come out because it's this cop, the cop who ended up, you know, stealing the dial and going and then the operator like, hey, you know, you should use it one last time. Oh, she's like, hey, I, I, the first time I used it, it was great. I, I'm addicted to this because I was I don't know if you're going to laugh at me, but I was the unknown babysitter. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, invisible. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I just that. I'm, you're laughing. I didn't I laugh am. at all. I'm like, 
I, I don't care. I don't care about this cop that by the end of it, you don't have to care because she's gone. You end up going to Central City in this where half of the issue is them outside of, you know, not half, but a bit where they're outside of the Flash Museum trying to get the Flash's attention by doing things that That's, never ends up being anything. That was the weirdest part of this whole issue for me is the idea that at the end of the last issue, this cop has taken the age down and it's kind of left Miguel and Summer not knowing what to do. I don't know. They're trying to get the Flash's attention by doing outrageous stuff like going to the Flash Museum, by doing, you know, online videos of him saying like, oh no, here's the Having deal. videos, just- I'm stealing beer and we're yeah. underage, Flash. But nothing is working because the Flash, he's not around at this point, but the whole idea is I don't know what they want to do. Like, say the Flash got there. Do we say, hey, Flash, this cop has stolen this H down yeah. that you may or may not know about. And, Please and help so, us get it back and, because yeah, for some yeah. reason we're the, like, it's, I don't know. Even the idea, like, after this all doesn't work and like, okay, the Flash ain't coming. This is weird. They're just kind of hanging out outside of a high school, yeah, you know, like, that's you what know, I'm saying. game, it seems like, this out on the bleachers. This is my biggest problem they're just waiting with the for book. somebody to use the H down to see that lightning bolt come down to turn them and into whatever and hero. Luckily, luckily, the, it was still the, in the cop area. does, yeah. and it's in the area. But even with that, though, and you have that four come up that we're still not really I have no convinced idea of what it it's is. Just... But with that, though, and, and you do Summer and Miguel are the big characters here. You so do just get a backstory. You get a backstory with Summer. But what I'm saying is we're halfway through this series, right? It's a six-issue deal. We're halfway through. We're not getting the second season of Dial H? We may, but this first season, I don't even know what the overall story is supposed to be. I mean, besides Miguel trying to get the dial back – on that and the what, Thunderbolt what are we Club doing? trying to take yeah. it, but I don't but, know anything about the Thunderbolt Miguel, Club at this point. I'm saying through Miguel's eyes and the main character, the main characters of Summer and Miguel, they're just sitting around for a lot of these issues, and we're halfway through, and I don't get the full concept. Especially for a kid of who's supposed to be this weird daredevil, you know, you have to expect him to go and do some more stuff because of all the setup they did in that first issue. To say after Superman saved him, he became a bit of a daredevil and was always looking for that high that and, and, uh, that. Yeah. Uh, edge again and he's just kind of sitting around doing nothing this no. entire time like i don't know who you really are miguel and you're yeah. not helping and that's me my out problem. You're this out is what i'm more. saying about it yes you do see summer's backstory you like it more than me i don't care I do. because i don't care about the character yet I don't know what they're doing. They're just driving around. In this issue, they go to Central City trying to get the dial and then just try to get Flash's attention with videos. And then they're sitting at a football game or a track meet. I don't – I want to know the overall deal. I want to get a glimpse of what's going to go on when this series is done. What are we going to do with Summer and Miguel? What are we going to do with the H-Dial? Are they – are all these Wonder Comics just here to then at the very end shove them on Young Justice? In my mind. What I be, want out of this but, entire thing is somehow to get Robbie Reed back, make him the person with the dial so I can have that tie into that doomsday clock uh, issue where they're all going yeah. to Mars and you I see mean, Robbie yeah. Reed in the yeah, background. And Robbie Reed, they're, with you know, starfish old guy man. deal. But look, that's what I'm saying, though, is, yes, you can sit there. And where I'm getting at the whole deal is because of that. And I see a lot of people loving this book, giving it perfect scores. Uh, I need something. So if I'm just going to go into this as, well, I'm not getting much. You're not getting much story. Yes, you get a backstory of Summer here, which is almost the entire issue. We're halfway through the series. We don't even know about Miguel, the H. So I need 
something. I and think he something feels like he did be, enough with Miguel in that first yeah, issue. It's I just think that we're he not does. seeing any of that Miguel thinks, going I forward. I think that Sam Mumphries, who, when I saw an interview, said he had no idea what the Style H was all oh, about no. beforehand. I think that what he thinks is his cleverness of these characters that he's making win the day. And you don't need story because of that. And that's what's getting well, me. Well, not is, only that, the idea where the h style is their kind of, you know, their MacGuffin that they need to go after just because they were the ones who found yeah. it. Some are like, thing is, Miguel's life isn't great. He works for his, you know, his uncle's mayo food truck yeah. in summer. Has again, an abusive that, that mother and stuff like that. Just getting when we away. Had that, yeah, when we had that first issue, though, the mayo truck, that was funny. We had monster truck. That was funny. <laughs> that it's was not funny, funny anymore. I, I'm just, but I'm waiting for. it doesn't add up for, to what we have now. No, I'm waiting for this idea of this bluebird of, of love to be something that that the is the main thing. Yeah, of happiness. This is the main thing that Sam Humphreys is giving you this issue. And it's it's and nothing I, to me. John, it's my least favorite of all of these and different the you know, heroes that have come up. The Bluebird of Happiness, where it just becomes this whole idea where you have this character who kind of mesmerizes the people of Central City here, where they actually end up going back in their thoughts and get stuck on the nostalgia of you know thinking back to better times and like we're yeah. just going around saying nonsense, you know, burn confusion yeah. in the sun of bliss and just floating around. But thankfully, Summer is our hero in this issue because. Because she has had such a crappy childhood where her mother is forcing her to go into debutante balls and stuff, stuff like that, you know, beauty pageants, I mean, and, you know, when she's not too busy popping pills and being disappointed, she's locking Summer in a closet so she doesn't have yeah. to deal with her. I'm like, she doesn't have any good memories to be sucked into this whole mesmerization again. So she's able to grab the H dial while this cop is the bluebird of happiness yeah. and dial H herself, dial hero, and become a hero herself to try to combat that, get Miguel and get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. And and while this is going on again, I start to wonder what rules Sam Humphrey is playing with. And again, you know, because, you know, it doesn't end up, you know, she's a hero. Now you could just have an army of Dial H heroes going on and things like that. Which might be for that Thunderbolt Club coming up for all those people that want to get their hands back on that H-style again. And the the idea that we have the operator being Robbie Reed in this. And who is the Thunderbolt? You know, the man, is it like another part of, you know, Robbie Reed himself? Like he dialed V for villain at the same time dialed H for hero. Like, you know, they separated into two big where they both are obsessed with the know. idea of the dial. I don't know. And, and yeah, I, I don't know. And so I, I need a story. I, this isn't going to mesmerize me anymore of, hey, look at the bluebird of happiness. I, I don't think that's it's funny at all. It's the worst part of this. It's the worst part, and that's where the fun should be. And it's it not. It so then when, when Summer grabs and on that's and best, becomes. That's, that's how bad is that, though? That is the worst part of the book. And the other half, yeah. we just have our heroes sitting around waiting yeah. for something this to happen. This is what I'm saying. This is what angers me about it. Then you end up where Summer does become low, 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 kick, low you. kick you. And, and again, with that, and I want kick low, Chad low, is what I need. <laughs> in here but you don't get that no. what uh with that going on it, it's still the art is what's going to be the thing that's going to get you you know what i mean yeah, you get a go, completely oh, different now art we get style two when things. you get, you get an things, art yeah. style you're having some fun it looks like you know a punk rock type indie comic deal uh that's okay but again it ends up just being a long fight that then adds up to you having Miguel in the truck being driven by Lolo kick you and just says, hey, I'm Lolo kick you until it wears off and let's go. We're off to uh, Detroit and see if we can get a hold of Metropolis and Superman. And there you go. But our uh, next just stop like, on the way to Metropolis is Detroit. Detroit. And I'm just like, okay, well, what are we doing here? Why, you know, yes, they were trying to get the dial and they 
they did get it. But yeah. it just hanging out in Central City for half the guy, hey, we've got to get a hold of the flesh. Oh, he's not here. All right. Well, let's go watch that high school track meet. Oh, no, the dial's activated. Let's go. And, and then it, a fight and then off to Detroit. We're just going city to city. To, to do these things with these H-Dial heroes it's such a that weird I'm not idea, that enthralled though, by. That we had this whole beginning with Robbie Reed where we just saw him, you know, in Central City being a kid and doing the H-Dial stuff like he should have been, yeah. you know. And then when we have this end at the hero verse where we have the operator sitting there waiting for the phone to ring and stuff like that. We're talking about you better make haste, you know, Summer and Miguel. The speed force is so close. I can hear the tachyons buzzing more yeah. beautiful than I ever met. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I, I don't know understand you, what you're you, getting you wanted at. to see that. Maybe something happened at this museum to make mm. this happen. But I'm like, you, you just happened to say that one time at the beginning of this issue. You say no. something about it now it makes no sense to me for the yeah. speed force and the H dial. And I, I actually think that what they should have done, that Bluebird of Happiness, I know you have the classic, you know, star uh, banner, the badge DC yeah. deal. I actually would have made it a young animal steal. Just to kind of, because it does look it. It, it right. actually looks like that. I would have had that little, Sock you know, wink, wink. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, overall, I, I just don't like it. I just don't like this book. I wanted to like it. I it's really the liked the fir- I really liked the first issue. I was into it. I thought that this was going to be something that would be fun. But by now, I need a story. And it, it is what we always say that it's we don't like. Hunt. It's a scavenger hunt. And a scavenger hunt with each time this dial is used, it seems to be less and less fun it to me. It almost feels a lot like fun. that Bizarro 6-issue mini that we, or the Batmite one that we had in the DCYOU yeah. because yeah. it's pretty yeah, goofy and it's just it, yeah. going from one place to the other. But I, I think that he thinks it's more fun than it is. I'm not having that much fun anymore. And, you know, it's always fun to see a girl locked in a closet by her pill-popping mother. I, I mean, that, that's she got out. She, she ain't get. never going back, Jim. Yeah, really. She ain't never she, going back. She ain't going back. Uh, <laughs> I gave it a four on the site. I actually think that was a little too harsh because of the art. I'm going to go to a five, just a standard five. I can't go higher than that, though. I'm not enjoying it. It's not a book for me. And... This is one of those that is tailor-made for me. For me. I, I mean, I it really so, is. Yeah. I'm, I'm not liking it, but what would you give it? I'd end up giving it a 6 out of 10 for the art. I do enjoy that. I I want to know the rules, though, because it seems like when Miguel uses it, things happen differently than when anybody else uses it. I don't but think I, at he this has point, rules. I don't know. I, I, really I, just, don't. The thing is, I do need rules for a story like this. I'm not a fan of the scavenger hunt angle or the idea that most of this issue saw our heroes just kind of sitting around waiting for something to happen. But this whole kind of thing, I actually didn't see it coming with Robbie Reed and the operator because I wasn't thinking too much about we, it. Because we've been talking about this for now four months in the Slack. Every time an issue comes out, everybody's like, it's Robbie Reed. It's Robbie. We've all, I guess, you just weren't knowing in that, that going chat. in, Sam Humphreys not knowing about and seemed to be doing his yeah, but own that's thing. Because wrote- that, well, that's the thing, though. I think that's why it, it's pretty much pointed out to me robbie he just looked on you know whatever oh robbie reed okay i'll make it that it's, so I, did, just, I didn't see that turn coming until this issue so i'm like okay because operator i'm like i'm not familiar with this i want to know more about it and the whole thing with thunderbolt i'd like to know more about that but i mean it's, yeah. it's not doing as much as it can at this point i wish it was doing more and the big deal sakamaji that was his catchphrase and he yeah. said it right away early and that was the whole deal everybody's like yep robbie reed that's oh, what I don't it rec- is i didn't recall him saying sakamaji before oh, yeah. this yeah he okay. said it he said it i guess whatever issue was when he was driving past in the car he was yelling it then and yelled it another time he's been yelling it throughout the whole deal that's how simon was like oh huh, that's weird and yeah yeah looked it up and and saw him yell it and saw a bunch of people yelling it and then said mm. that that's who it would be i'd have to look back but yeah it's been since the first issue simon was like i said the first one who said, 
it's Robbie Reed, the original, you know, dial deal. Yeah. And we've been talking about So we got to get since. him out of the hero verse and get his dial back so mm. we can go in the doomsday clock, right? Yeah, yeah. The Terrific's number 16. Written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Steven Segovia, Dexter Vines, Proto Bunker, and Tom Napolitano. Gene Luen Yang uh, continues the Terrific's. And so far, it's one of those books that's not bad enough for me to hate, but not good enough for me to fall in love with fully. Plastic Man is the main draw here, but there just isn't enough overall for me to recommend it yet. Uh, it is better than it had been uh, Gene Agreed. Yang I think has made it better I, I I'm will telling you now that. that we got rid of all the nonsense making it have to be well, this Fantastic a, Four rip yeah, off with Doc Dredd and, and the Dreadfuls and it's doing it's own thing now like yep. I'm telling you I am not completely on board with the idea of this virtual video game thing that's going on. Cause I always, yeah, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan is, of no. stories like that, but for what he's doing with it, with these characters, he's actually made the characters in my mind, not more relatable, but just more entertaining. I think I would like to say for that. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, uh, the one thing that <laughs> it's funny that I want to get rid of is Paula. And I think that this is getting towards that possibly with these orbs and things. Uh, it's, she's just there. And I, I don't think, that she serves as much of a purpose as she should. You, you don't want to, her and Michael to walk like you know down no, in the sunset. At the no, end? because every time it's like my Michael did this. Oh well, my well, Paula did, did that. that. And too. I'm like, I don't. Maybe need we that. have I more in common that. than we I thought. I don't need that. I need to end up where you're going to have sad sack, Mister. I want. I don't want sad sack, Mister. Terrific. I well, want I him think to be that happy. Basically, finally. he's going to be happy because he's going to say, "Well, you know what? We had our time." I think she just gets sent back to her own deal, her own earth, and stuff like that. I Where don't know. We, we may not. Maybe. I don't know. But I just. <laughs> the it, it ends up, Mr. I, I end up thinking like, why? What are we benefiting there? And all we're benefiting is each issue. We have a couple times where we're like, you know, my Michael did that. Yeah, your Michael's a well, jerk. My Paul I, that's did what this. I want. I just want to. Your Michael's a real jerk. Where did that get him? He dead. Yeah, oh well, your Paul is dead. You know what? Let's fight. That's what I need. But yeah. <laughs> I don't like your stories. Man, Plastic Man's the best here. Plastic Man is so funny because as this has continued, he does think that this whole thing is set up. This him, who I was really hoping was Captain Chaos. I even put his picture in my <laughs> him. review. Him. Uh, ends up like this godlike figure in this world. And Plastic Man is convinced that everything that's going on is the plagues. I'm telling and you, it's Plastic all based Man on is, him, his is past. so good in my mind. Just yeah. the idea of going back, talking about him growing up in Catholic school and the sisters yeah. always telling him he's a bad seed and all this stuff about God. And, stuff. and not only that, but the idea that he paid such close attention in Sunday school or, the, or the, uh, in the, uh, the Catholic school because they would hand out taffy, yeah, saltwater taffy, you if you, if like, you knew the answers to taffy. It's like cannibalism. like a cannibal now. And that made me laugh. You that, are what you eat, did. Plastic Man. That made me laugh. And but plastic also, I'm telling the whole the EO O'Brien being the bad guy, he's like, look, I was a bad dude. Oh, this like plagues of God. This is coming down because of me. I'm sorry, everybody, but this is what yeah. happened. And we yeah. have gnats now. Next is going to be flies. I don't yeah, like and flies. I love it because they're, they're fighting these, you know, computerized, digitized Nats. So he's yeah. the nats. Ah, they're going with it. And uh, they end up fighting him. Did, him. At did one you point, know that Plastic Man was Optimus Prime? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he that, becomes that, the big rig plastic. Yeah, he makes big rig plastic. <laughs> I, I, I actually. You, I'm not getting inside big rig plastic. I, I would get in, but I would also say, are we talking to big rig plastic right now? Can we talk to Detective yeah. Plastic? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> Made me laugh. <laughs> That's uh, what so, I was thinking. Uh, as you go on there, uh, I miss Butters. Butters should be in this. But yeah, as you, as no, you go on. It's so funny because they end up defeating 
the you know the the, the nets. nets and yeah. in that it's even with the whole deal we oh, break no. into the whole we're server the room or we're able to, yeah, yeah we're able to still like, shut things down with a t-sphere to blow up the whole main thing that's supposed to stop all this virtual you know simulation yes. arcade game that's going on and it's, it's cool because out, it, Jim. it ha- a dozen and it has Stinky. you know the health meter and stuff so we're it's going cast <laughs> oh no it's now it's it's using tools <laughs> but yeah they go in and i love it because they're like okay we got don't do that mats. david and that's where that's where plastic like wait a minute this is what god i have to figure out what god's gonna do next oh no it's gonna be flies he freaks out and he's just screaming it's flies every time no it's actually vomit that's not better Ah, he's all upset and he's like i know what's this it was from my sunday school oh no i got taffies yeah and you have that lady show up again and she's like, you know, and she's like, you know, him, he wants oh, you to do this. What it's, her name is a Pixelix. It's Pixelix. Yeah. yeah, it's Mr. Pix. It's Mrs. Pixelix. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she shows up and she's like, I'm Miss, you know, I'm Pixelix. And you have to do, I'm his I, Harold. I, I'm telling you, this whole thing with this God computer, it's a very strange story that I don't think it's all coming well, together just yet. Because I'm telling you, I don't like stories like this where you and bring in, the video in the games meantime, to life before or you vice go versa. That, I, I just want to point something out, Eric, that it continues the Fantastic Four. That's Silver Surfer. Yeah. She is even saying, I'm Miss well, Harold. She's thing, on a surfboard. I know, I know what it, it is. Like at one point. So, don't, don't so bring yeah, you're still getting a little bit that's going, a little more clever right i'm going for this idea because i actually didn't put that together because i was so focused on this new story yeah. where you have the herald this pixelix talking about god which at some point seems to be the inner workings of this thing called the yeah. new sphere but by the end of this issue we also have who seems to be running the place king stag which is not yeah. the actual you know stag because he's Looks outside like of him i'm just there's so much going on with who the big bad of this is like i said with the new sphere yeah. pixelix here and the like you know king stag my what are we doing? Is he just the, the boss of this level? Is that what we're yeah, doing I don't with? Know. And is it something weird. that's going because it's after Mr. Terrific kind of goes? I will Did tell they kind you this. of get something out of him? No matter you know, I don't what know. happens in life, if a fly person asks you for something, don't give them so- that thing. No, no. I, and and because, you know that it's trouble. This is basically – I mean Paula I've seen – It's supposed I haven't to be seen, a genius. Yeah. I haven't seen as many movies as you, Eric, but I even know that if if, if a fly person desperately wants something, that is an orb give that to seems to be following you around. And I'm they're talking you, about freedom please, with that. Stop yeah, it. Please think that it might be your soul or your your life and en- you know energy. Please, because Look, that's what I, I it seems to me. Any of that? No. The whole thing is the idea where we have these flies show up because Plas told us that's the next plague. Flies are going to show up, but these are fly merchants who because in because a video game an in, adventure they're in they gauntlet. It's what exactly. they're in then. They yeah. want to equip you with stuff for your next journey. They're in dungeon and crawl is what exactly. they call it. Exactly. And the whole thing is that they give you all these helmets, swords, shields, but now yeah. you have to pay for the thing. And all they want is one of your baubles, either your sphere or your cube, because Paula has T cubes. Yeah. And then when they, they grab a hold of these things and talk about, oh, I can I can feel it. The freedom. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. The whole thing where these T-spheres are connected to the internet, connected to pretty much everything, you know, even, you know, <laughs> Mr. Terrific's mind. Yeah. Don't give them these things because this whole thing is right now encapsulated with a force field to make sure that it can't leave Stag yeah. Industries. Yeah. Why would you give it something to get out yeah, about? They just want to get out. You and- are supposed to be geniuses, Paula and Michael. 
Don't do it. Yeah, they're doing it. But yeah, as this goes on, they do end up fighting. They get equipped because they're in the dungeon crawl. It's pretty much Gauntlet. They even make yeah. the joke. Oh, we used to love Gauntlet. You know, that's I, the I game actually that... hate that they said the old game. Like, oh, I know. don't say it's no, old because you know, I loved playing Gauntlet. It doesn't mean it's new. <laughs> I mean, you know what I, I mean? I think about I liked, it as old. I liked eating that sandwich I did this morning. I made that months ago, Eric. Just because I loved don't, it doesn't mean I'm it's sorry, new. I'm sorry, don't do it. <laughs> or not rotten. You, you, you need know? to make better life choices. Me, me and Tanya uh, playing Gauntlet. Gauntlet was the game that ended up making Tanya never play video games. Gauntlet Legacy. Yeah, it was so Legacy. Yeah, it was great. And uh, yeah, she ended up. Uh, she took not all the food me. and treasure. Yeah, she, she didn't did. Need it. She didn't need food. You don't eat the food when you got 100% health. There's just, you don't do it. I'm dying over here. I have 40% health. She has 100. She's running over. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'll kill you. I will sorry kill happened you. about 90 times that night. And, like Tanya needs. Like, yeah, Jim needs to calm down now is what Doug Gauntlet should have said immediately. But yeah, with that, they're talking about the dungeon crawl, the flies there, because the flies don't end up being the enemy. Or are they, Eric? Because Until they, they pop up in the steel and fl- the flies, I told you. He's so upset. They start and vomiting goo over Mr. Them. Terrific. Yeah, and so then they just start fighting. They start fighting the flies and going through this, and Mr. Terrific. Dies, dies in the yeah. game and yeah. ends up so going to... Would you to, like to consider this one of those weird internet things where you talk about, you know, um, I'm going to put this, Mr. Terrific died in this issue of the Terrifics, you know, yes. like is that a thing where he yeah, actually dies? Yeah, you'll think that that'll be on there, the that'll be Mr. on Terrific. a fandom page. Yeah. He ends up going to this no-sphere uh, and I must be free. It's trying to break free, obviously. That's part of the, you know, the baubles and stuff like that. But the flies end up saying, you know, you want them back? You give us one of those things. You give us one of your things. And they're like, okay, here's an a bobble. Yeah, basically, yeah. They're buying an extra life and it goes. And yeah, Mr. Terrific comes back. But in What'd the meantime, you do? you do have Stag and Sapphire. They're trying to get a hold of everyone. They can't. And then you go off to Gateway City Park where you do have Plastic Man's son off. Awesome. Spring. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Element Dog running. And this was something that you were worried that we weren't going to get any more of them because they kind of seem like maybe Gene Luen Yang's like, off, eh, yeah. I don't want them. We're going to go. I'm glad that we do have them. Well, and I even do the like, whole talk where we have Offspring talking to Element Dog, who does not talk back. He's just a dog he until he does. Stuff, but yeah. the whole thing is like, what do you think that Phantom Girl thinks about me? You know, yeah. I thought, I thought, you know, dad told me the name Offspring was cool. I don't know if it works that well. I, I think she likes me. I kind of like her too. What do you think? And then all of a sudden, the most terrifying thing in the world happens. A mouth, a mouth opens on the side of the dog. Like it's like John Carpenter's thing over here. And just starts yeah. talking about the predator's gonna come loose and come out. I'm like, what are you the talking predator. about, dog? Oh no, it's the predator. Run, put put some mud on you. Get out of there. But yeah, you go back. They do bring uh Mr. Terrific back, and then as they go through the steel and I don't know throw, how that works with the metamorpho and the element talk. Why well, is at the happening? I know. At the end they end up there with did someone ask for King Stag, and it looks so much like Conan to me. He's going to be asked what's good in life coming up, I hope. But it even says Stag the Conqueror at the end. Um, but even I before actually, that, before they go to the next level to see the big boss, man, Metamorpho has a mouth grow on his chest there, yeah, and he starts talking about it going as well. wrong. Like, I think that is this happening? is one of those is that, that a it ends up... Well, and again, Mouths because it chest? happens with Metamorpho and Element Dog, Element it obviously Dog, yeah. has something with them. Um, maybe this is how they're getting free. I don't know. Something I, I'm saying just there. for the 
idea, though, at this point where everything is like kind of force field off to make sure that this thing cannot escape Stag Industries until they hook it up to this T-Sphere, mm-hmm. I don't know why it would be able to in, like interact, do anything with what we're doing in this virtual world outside of yeah. the park with Offspring and I Element know. Dog. I know. Uh, at one point, it does have outside. They end up, you know, T-42, destroy that T-Cube. They shoot the cube that they're trying to get that the and they seem to have. shut down, yeah. And there is a thing there, the Vlorp outside of the thing. That seems to be something. I don't know. Well, that's the and force that's field even, going back up. Yeah, and I'm saying that I think when the force field goes down, you get that warning, it goes back up, and then you you know, you don't I we'll have to see what it means. I'm telling you. I such a weird I, thing. I have to tell you too, I actually have this weird uh, you know, like of stag because when we see him now, he's just screaming his head off every time, just <laughs> that's, yelling. That's <laughs> he hates Metamorpho. I, I'm telling you, I love it. Where he's ah, get you know, a hold he of that guy. He's, it it. he's just screaming. So I, I think that he's pretty funny and. Yeah, Gene Luan Yang has made this book better because, I agree. like you said, you have Silver Surfer in here. That's nonsense, but it is Didn't a think about it's it. It's now <laughs> a terrific story, not a let's see what we can do to ape the Fantastic Four story. They're in their own thing. Oh, yes. Not only that, Silver Surfer is the, still there, but that was kind of the Fantastic funny. Four stuff. The stuff that we're dealing with, Tom Strong well, yeah, was not have, very yeah. strong in my and mind. It, well, yeah, really. <laughs> where where is? What'd you say there? <laughs> uh, with that too, though. It, it seemed like uh, – and Jeff Lemire, I love. He's one of my yeah. favorite writers. But on the book, it just seemed like things were just thrown in together and let's do this and eh, let's throw that. This actually – even though this is a scavenger hunt again, kind of going through levels and things like that, th- there's more of something going on. I can follow Way it. More. Not even just follow it better, but I'm more invested in it. So am I. Uh, I'm telling you, I think that Paula is the weak link. I don't need that that back and forth with the, oh, my Michael and you're, you're Paula. I, that They're I going to walk without. off into but the sunset together, I ended Jim. Up giving, I ended happy. up again. Yeah, yeah, really. I'm going to walk off. It, really, but how can somebody who has T-Spheres ever Fair get play along? and with, love and war. However, could they get along with somebody who has a block and a sphere? What is this? Let's Zillia Zox back in the day. I'm telling you, that's all it reminds me of every time I see it, which that was great. But uh, I gave it a 6.8 like on the this. site. I'm actually going to go up. I'm actually going to go up to a 6.83. No, I'm going to go up to a 7. I'm going to go up to a 7 because I ended up having some fun. Because you knew that's what mine is. <laughs> I ended up having fun talking to you about it. And I'm telling you, even though I, I really enjoyed that I pointed out the Silver Surfer thing to ruin your part, that's <laughs> it really, really what did. This, it's really what this is all, all about. I'm going what up to seven. What are, Thank what are you, you talking Gino about, Yang. Silver Thank Surfer? You. That's Pixel X, Jim. Oh, Pixel yeah, yeah. X. You mean the Herald t- does ya? <laughs> even when she's I'm like, a dummy. Hey, I, I'm, I'm laughing too because as you even look at that, or suffer. I'm telling you, if you look at that squinty, it says surfer. You know, it's really there to kind of. Let, you know, I'm like, there you go, there you go, Eric. But yeah, I, I seven out of ten is me for me as well. Yeah, I, I like the art a I'm lot. I'm, you. I'm more invested in the characters, even though I'm not as big on the story yeah. right now because and, of what it's dealing with. And we have. This is the only book that's going to continue. We have one more issue of yeah. Silencer of these New Age of Heroes, obviously. They've gotten rid of that. You mean the freaking, old Age of Heroes? Yeah, really. And they're not really – yeah, really, it's old to you. Are you upset about that too? Like you're upset about Gauntlet being old? I mean, it is something. You use a calendar too sometimes soon, Jim. to say things are new or old. Yeah, I love that Pong, that new game. Just because you like it, it's new. Which interlay? 
What, what is this? I'm telling you. What is this? Is, is we it can make this new it's every new time. I, I got like seven interlays. We're going to make it new every time like, we play, baby. Hey, baby, I got this new thing. I'm listening to Jack Benny. Just brand new it is. There you go. Vaudeville. It's, it's coming back. I'm going to call it new. You know it is. Because Eric likes it. Uh, yeah, vaudeville's never coming back. I Twitter would explode for no. if vaudeville not, came back. I'm just asking not to say old beforehand. I don't need that ask It just upsets you. It's just, just because you're an old man. Shut you're up. sitting there, you know. I'm telling you, what are you, Rip Van Winkle? You just woke up. I'm Gauntlet? sitting here talking about comic books. I can't God, be that old. Yeah, hell, what's going on? I was just at the pit stop in the Richland Mall playing the gauntlet. <laughs> what happened? What happened to my life? I'm going to go uh, across there and get some Zodos pizza. Yeah, yeah. Really? Get a slice. Oh, man, I can't wait till that new Return of the Jedi comes out. I hope that they go to Kashyyyk. You know, if Return of the Jedi came out again, it would never hit this town. <laughs> it, it never hit has. This town. I'd have to read the book again. I'd have to read the book. So we I know that's not happening. And and this is the thing that we're. This is all going on in our minds. Next thing I know, I'm getting arrested because I'm trying to talk to people about Return of the Jedi at the schoolyard. I'm an old man. They think I'm up to no good. I think you're. Oh fitted. my goodness! I, I'm at the schoolyard. What is this horseless carriage you Look, speak you're wearing, of? You're wearing shorts and you're four foot nothing. You're fit and fine, just fine. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and I just shaved today. <laughs> and they'd be like, "Man, what's going That's on?" A that haggard looking child. <laughs> He's being abused child, at home. But boy, boy, he he is pretty athletic. That guy. I think and his mom who takes up. pills has been locking him in a closet. Yeah, really. You show up and they're like, "All right, like look at this big kid. Boy, he should be on the basketball." Oh. Who he just took us. He just yelled Skyhook. I I'm don't Jack. know what that means when he yells Skyhook and throws it on the roof of the school. And then it's basically now we're the Simpsons. No one wants to play That's with the me. only basketball we had, kids. Game's Aww. over. Yeah, there you go. You you stinker. You ended up ruining it for all of us showing up. There you go. Finally you get to hit the schoolyard and you're not a big fatty. Kind of, you know, we're both there. <laughs> I could just see the like that kid is either being beaten at home. This is me again, or <laughs> of he course. has not. He has not slept for a month. <laughs> Look both. at him. You going somewhere, buddy? You packing those bags under your eyes? Yeah, I am. I'm also packing this fist that I'm going to punch you. They're like, this is too aggressive. We don't do these things on the schoolyard. I'm like, I don't care. Schoolyard rules, baby. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that's how it works anymore. I'm telling you, I am going with a vengeance. I was not treated as well as you Don't punch a lot of kids. Just don't hit kids. I was not treated as well as you might think that I was back in the day because of my height. From all your stories? I'm telling you, I'm still probably mad because I'm there. I'm still not the tallest one there. I'm going. I'm hey, you want to go in the teeter-totter, does ya? And then I jump off. Boom! You get that. I'm telling you, I am doing things. I'm not going to physically harm, but I'm going to do schoolyard things, Eric. <laughs> hey, anybody want to play dodgeball? All of a sudden, pulling Billy oh, I want to play dodgeball. I don't like dodgeball. They're like, they're, we're not they allowed don't play to play anymore. anymore. No. We have Gaga ball where we, we push balls around at each other. I'm like, no, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what's going Gaga on in this schoolyard. Yeah, gun gun ball. And like, are we playing kickball? Because I'm telling you, I know that you're not supposed to throw it at somebody's head. Yeah, you know, rules are rules, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Really. Stop throwing <laughs> you're, your kids heads. you're in big trouble. I'm telling you, I would be Adam Sandler. You now. aim for the feet. I would be. And the, the freaking, uh, I'd go to town. All right. Finally get my revenge on kids who had, did nothing wrong to me. But possibly Sounds because we right. do live in the same town. They may have parents, maybe grandparents at yeah, this I say point grandparents. That, that may have been mean to me back in the day. 
they'll, they they'll might have it. parents who decided to wait way too long before they had their kid there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That does happen, you know. It does. You, people, like me. People people have those careers they have to think of. Careers like they me. call them. DC Comics yeah. Podcast. <laughs> As soon as we get this off the ground, I can start my family Jess, up. Jess was like, when are we going to have kids, Eric? I really, the, the time, you know, my clock is ticking. Oh, baby. We still got When I win my first case. What? <laughs> You're not even in law school, I know. (laughs) Like, like, really? That's what's happening. Now get off my case, two in the face. Boom, get out of here. She's cute too, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yes, she is. I still don't believe that that should have been allowed in court. But it worked. Great movie. Now I don't want want to watch my cousin Vinny again. (sighs) I do too. We were talking about it the other day, and legitimately, me and you were laughing. We were (laughs) LOLing, as the kids say on the schoolyard, before they get hit with that dodgeball. Before they get pegged in the face. (laughs) That's when I start yelling, LOL, and just start yelling it. I don't think kids use the word pegged anymore. I think that means something else. Yeah, it does. And I'm telling you, that ain't happening on the schoolyard. (laughs) Stop pegging children. to do that now i'm in jail how dare you you, you set my whole thing off i was just going for pure revenge now you you take it into a real dark place. it's not my fault it's society i remember the first time that i heard that that phrase i'm like so what's going I. on so, somebody, somebody with the oh yeah they are yeah and somebody oh my goodness it's going back to her now i don't understand this Oh my, things have really changed. What's going on there? Now all of a sudden you got a conversation and took <laughs> off. <laughs> got the heck out. It's Fast and Furious out the window. Off in a slow-mo oh. space hog. They're like, what? Peg and kids? Oh, I'm out. I don't even want to hear this. I could get arrested. Oh, yes. This is why people hate us. This is we had a good get... podcast up to this, right? We did. We did. Our... We really, really did. Oh, it was on point. My. It was fun at times. It was. Informers, entertainers, now it's just as nonsense. you say. Now awful. Awful. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're awful. You are awful. Oh, yes. But uh, we're going to take this off on us. Did you give a score yet? Did you, did you give a score? Seven out of seven. seven. Yeah. yeah, you did yeah, say yeah, the I same did. as me. It's good. Ah, terrific. That's right. It's good, though. Good times, <laughs> good times. But we're going to go off now to talk about our book of the week. <laughs> All right, Eric, and what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Freedom Fighters number six. Shout out, poop poop. Yes. Shout out, poop poop. <laughs> that, is, that is mine as well. I'm hitting a sound that you, know, you love. Uh, yeah, mine is as well. I love that book. I really uh, think that everybody should go out and buy it. And totally. I give it my seal of approval. For and what we that's worth. I'm Sammy the seal. I bark for my meal is what they say. I don't uh, know why. I end up, I don't know either. I feel like I'm like Diamond David Lee Roth, just spitting out nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> right here on Dave TV. Uh, we don't often say like you have to go buy this book. This you is totally one of should, those though. that this is one of those that I, I really give my full endorsement for. So do I. Uh, so, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we are going to be doing a Patreon only show next week because it's Annuals Week, and like we and said, that's usually. What we do. Yeah, and we we've said this. This is something. It's not just out of the blue. We do it every pretty time. Low, this Jim. Is it is pretty low, uh, but it will be something that we will always do. So you can rest assured that every annual week, that week, you can either take a break from my nonsense, Eric. Or, I can. 
No, not you. Uh, I'm talking to people listening. They're like, God, uh, this guy, what's going on with this guy and his medicine? (laughs) Holy moly. But but if you want more of this nonsense, you can go over. I know I had one guy quit the Patreon one time and said I was a goof. And that ended up up hurting me for a month. A month. Yeah, really. It's been since. I think of it almost every day. Almost every day. Here's the thing, though. I end up doing. No, why would I? This morning, I'm doing the newscast deal, the news podcast on Patreon. I get done and I'm thinking like, somebody's going to think I'm a goof. I got so upset because I like to have fun. I like to, you know, joke around and it got me sad again. So, yeah, if you if you want to make me happy, not be sad, go over and join up on the Patreon. You'll get to hear us talk about all these books next week. Batman, Last Night on Earth, number one. That one snuck up on me. Sure I did. did not realize it was coming out. I'm excited to read it. Catwoman Annual number one. Eh. Detective yeah. Comics Annual number two. Yeah. Dog Days of Summer number one. That's another thing. You know what? I didn't even think of that. Maybe that includes that i don't know you know that may include more of the art nope it does not (laughs) i just loaded it up it's not it's the book that was in uh the detective 1000 that that case files book that he was looking in so that's kind of cool though right that's kind of the thing that we look for in an annual i just wanted to make sure that i I knew it was something different because i saw that he had gotten his comps in early at that point and realized that it was a different story than the uh, arkham knight yeah i i just wanted to make sure that yeah that it wasn't the arkham knight we have which we may be talking about we'll see dog days of summer number one i i think i may just uh record it uh or put it on the site as a review we may not talk about it this is what kills me me and reggie this would be one of the things me and him would have done so that kind of gets me a little bit sad we have doomsday clock number 10 uh, big issue. uh yeah big issue i i will tell you right now eric likes it so that that's a positive note heroes in crisis number Spoilers nine that ends damn. that series superman leviathan rising number one <laughs> yeah no no i'm not gonna spoil heroes in crisis eric it spoils itself you also have superman leviathan rising which a funny thing if you want to have a little bit behind the scenes eric realized how long this issue was he's like really like i have to review that too he has (laughs) heroes in crisis doomsday clock and superman leviathan rise (laughs) (laughs) uh yes it is i it was so funny when you came up you're like hey Get this. That Superman <laughs> Leviathan Rising is like 80 pages. I just started laughing. Oh, yes. So not and, cool. And Jeremy will have the Wild Storm yes. at number 23. Uh, so, yeah, that that's it. But that's that's a lot of books, a lot of big books, at least. And uh, books that I'm looking forward to talking about with one Eric Shea. And, you know, hopefully Reggie pretty soon. So I, I didn't get an update on Reggie today, but the last update I got was really positive. So Good. Uh, I'm just going to go with that. And because of that, I have to think that I'm a goof again and get myself sad that oh, way. Geez. I always have to have I, I'm a man of emotions, Eric. Uh, you know, we're up, talking about down, Reggie now. What's this have to do around. with you? Everything has to do with me is what happens now. Everybody, you know, cross your fingers, say some prayers, whatever you do for good luck and to think about somebody. Just please do that for Reggie. He deserves it. Uh, sure he's one of the good guys. If it was me or you, I wouldn't say the same. But Absolutely Reggie's a good guy. So what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everyone have a great week. Keep it weird. Week. And we'll see weird. you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!